time to get weird, wild, and sexy as your dynamic duo of dummies brings you all the DC goodness that this week had to offer. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Chip Warner. Sometimes <laughs> this is, you have to unmute the mic. And this what is you episode need to do, people. <laughs> number 225 of the Weird Science DC Comics uh, Podcast. Yes. Anniversary I, I, episode, bitches. I will be. Yes, I will be editing that. So that will make no sense. But hey, no. welcome to episode Could just 225. Do it again, <laughs> no, no. Anniversary, baby. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what, what is he? He doesn't like the way I said that. Or I something? don't. Maybe, maybe I'll just leave that. And people will be like, yeah, time to tune out this. 225 this episodes. No, I'm telling you, this is just the beginning of what ends up being a crap show of an episode. I don't like to curse right off the bat here. Oh. But boy, they come plenty Wait later. Wait comics. Yes, this would be like the X-Men. Eric, the X-Men. Uh, yeah, episode 225. Welcome, everyone, to the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com, the podcast and site that deals with all things DC, especially X-Men. reviews and X-Men and, and all sorts of other things. Uh, but if you do like what you hear, uh, you can go over to the Patreon account and support us for even more shows. I, I mean, would have already would unsubscribed at this point. Who would like what more of this? I mean, really, uh, you know, uh, but that would be over at patreon.com slash weird science. And I will throw it out there. If you do like the show as well, another way you can support us is to go on iTunes. Bitch, I already Whatever it is, I'm saying you can give us a review as well. Oh, on don't those. do that. We never push that. Oh, who cares? Uh, is this peanut gallery time again? Is that what oh, it I'm is? Sorry. That I'm sorry. Is it's just gym time. Doing? My bad. What's also going on here? I'm going to have to talk to you later about this because I do not see anything going on on your part of the recording though i hear you yeah. so we're gonna have to check I out see it on you, my end. i do not see anything so who knows if this is gonna work but oh, if you go over to the patreon uh, account you will get to you know listen to a bunch of shows on the dc side of things indie side of things and uh marvel side of things as well and we have a weekly spotlight this week's spotlight was Detective Comics number 1002, and I believe what was uh, the silencer number 16, was it? I don't have it right up here, but I think that was the number of the episode, or issue, uh, which we really did enjoy. Are you checking now, or are you have you disconnected? Because oh, I'm no, me, I, I don't want to interrupt. Uh, I can't. I can't I, I'm telling you, I don't <laughs> think this is actually recording on my side of things. But, well, my hey, side is. No, we'll see. We yeah. will see. It's a little bet. So if, if you hear me the talking number to nobody, I figured it was. I, I thought it was. But yeah, you can go and uh, listen to that. You're going to hear by the end how much we did enjoy both of those, but especially Detective Comics. But Silencer is one of the books now uh, that we get a kick out of. Every time we do listen to it, we we have a lot of fun with it. So that was one of the things. And I I thought we were going to get more talk like, boy, you guys, I love hearing you guys have fun. I don't think that's the case anymore. I don't think that people actually you want guys us ain't miserable. I don't give a shit. What's going on? You you having funs over there? What what's going down? But yeah, go over there Not and listen to that. Watch. But uh, part of being on the Patreon, if you do select the level, you can become a badass of the Get Fresh Group. Beep, boop, 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 and pick all the shows we do, including all the spotlights, the indie, Marvel, and DC spotlights, and all the other little side things as well. But what you also get, I mean. I know that everybody in their right mind would everybody. love to hear me fumble through their name <laughs> as I desperately yell and scream and try to rush my way through the badass roll call. But Eric, 
It's time for the Badass Roll Call. Let's dance. Oh, uh, yeah. Dance it up. And we're going to start off right here with Double A-Ron, who is on vacation right now and is not even on the Marvel podcast with me and Brandon while he's on vacation. Brandon said, hey, where did he go? I, I don't know. Yeah. Aldrin Stoja, Andrew in and Belfast, who's doing uh, most of the Star Wars reviews on the Marvel side as well. Anthony G. Bobby Bain, Brandy Murray. You know him, right? He's on the Marvel thing. I'm just everybody's on the Marvel side of things anymore. Brian King, Carlos, Cellar Dweller, Chester McJerk, Comic Boom Rocky. You should go to his YouTube channel and check things out from his side of things. D-Man 3000, Danny the Street, Dave J, All New Dave, David Fink, Eric G, Hakeem, Ian, John Jack, who's on the Comic Watch side of things as well. Jolly Drew who we love, we know and love. Josh Vermillion, Lady Abby, Lone Wolf Marv, Luis, Mark Jager, uh, Batman Beyond Mark, Matches Ballon, Missy T, Monty, Nick Adams, Paulie P, My Man Pete from NYC, Reggie, Right Said Fred, Our Man Rob Lewis, Ruben, Ryan Reading, Manship, Manship, Simon, Speedy Saunders, T-Funk, Taylor, Swanee, why did I say Taylor? He hates that, Swanee. And Ulysses Jones and the Ulysses Jones show. I finished at the end. It's because I said Taylor. He hates that. And I, I, he's probably sitting there like, why do you keep saying it? <laughs> I hate it so much. But Swan, uh, thanks all of you. Thanks everyone and everybody else who supports us on the Patreon. We really, really do appreciate and try Love to make it, it worth your while. Uh, just as we say this, the uh, end of the month is coming up. We're going to have a bunch of shows drop before the end of the month. But next month, just to let everybody know, I, I don't want to be called, you know, names. I don't want to be said that it's pretty right, low, sure Jim. But, yeah, May uh, is a What you doing uh, over annual. Pizza Face? There's an annual um, month. How dare you? I- I'm telling you, now it's – I sit there, and if I get, like, even a little blemish, I laugh at it. I'm like, you really think you're going to bother me, that one little pimple? <laughs> Look at the rest Please. of the face. Please. How could that little Look thing that. bother yeah. me? Look at this. Look at this uh, tapestry of loveliness that I call my face. <laughs> this tapestry uh, of life. I-, I sit there. I see. I come into work. I see your eyes light up when I come into the room, Eric. You, you can't deny that. <laughs> All of a sudden, I come in, and I just – I, I pass you and you're humming wonderful tonight as I walk by with this glint in your eye every time I see you. I, I do get excited yeah, when I see you. And you interrupt that. I realize, oh, shit, Jim's here now. Yeah. Yeah, really. And you're like, oh, man, he just interrupted uh, while I was thinking of wrong turn. Uh, yeah, I, I like when you come into work because when you're not at work, it, it is the worst. I just sit there and I have, I am to, the deal life with, the party. I have to deal with myself. <laughs> And then I get angry. I don't have anybody to yell at is what happens. Is why I like you at work. I just like to imagine you're sitting there on Twitter. Hey, listen to what Tom King says. Oh, I'm alone. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man. what? Oh, Eric isn't here for me to yell. <laughs> hey, guess who's yelling at me in the slide? Oh, I tell Eric's you, every time here. you feel lonely, just come up to my office. I'll be there for you. Yeah, your office. All right. that That's become the code for everyone. I just get on. Usually around 9 o'clock, I'll get on Slack and go, yep, Eric must be in his office. And then everybody gets a hoot out of it, Eric. <laughs> Not Actually, me. it's it's me and Pete from MYC. Yeah, I know what it is. Yeah, that's, who, that's who gets to hoop me and him laugh. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah, thanks everybody who supports us. Uh, check it out. Don't listen to my fumbling and rumbling. Uh, go out over to the Patreon in May when you start out May 1st. If you join up, then you will not be charged Mayday. until June. And May is an annuals month. So at the end of the month, we will have the podcast strictly on the Patreon for at least that last week. And I will tell you, here's how low we are. How low 
low can you go here? We're going to play a little limbo. There's another annuals month, I believe, in July. So we're going to have, uh, you know, two out of three months, we'll have an annuals week. So that's pretty cool. Hey, like damn uh, apples. Damn right. I like them apples. But uh, we're going to go off now to uh, the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, here what up there what, what up baby uh, what up fresh cup pro i i realized that as we were coming back i unmuted your mic like i yeah. have to do it I, I that's what i do with realized, brandon i looked at this yeah. mic why is my mic i'm you know that, that's, clear what, my I do to, that's <laughs> what i do with brandon right? so i have to you know i thought that i had to do that with you i, I actually hey. thought i had fucked up really bad for a second i really no no, no everybody's against not. me everybody's out to yep. get me Ah, uh, yes, here we are. We're here for the meat and cheese of the podcast, the books. Hello, motherfucker. Oh, my. Oh here my. we are. We have a bunch of books tonight. Uh, a very big section with Reggie, which will be the middle deal. So me and you are going to have two sections of two books to pretty much start off the extravaganza that we call the Weird Science so we call DC it. Comics Podcast. Oosh. Yeah, we do. You know, Eric. There you go. All right. Here we go. I I'm trying to happening. fire myself up. Uh, yeah, I'm not that hip on a lot of books again this week. It's a, it's a rough uh, at week. least the Hopefully ones that Reggie's we've section already started. Be better. My, well, the the problem is we already talked two books on the Patreon Spotlight that we actually Detective liked. Detective Comics and uh, the Silencer, yeah, yeah. Detective Comics and Silencer and Silencer. Boy, we had a hoot talking about that That's one. a fun time. Uh, yeah, it was. I think that we'll have some fun tonight. It, it, you know, not even just accentuating the positive. But having a awful. little bit of fun. You mean even if I give you that? Oh, my God. That's, That's old hat. Oh, how, yeah. Char- charge. Charge. Is that is that right? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> if you like want to read, uh, charge, 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 open a charge account under my husband's name, and then have to pay it three years later, and then bitch and moan because your husband's wow. Mad. There you go. There's a little <laughs> you narrative. Deep seated anger going on there for you. Yeah, I got, I got yelled at tonight um, because Tanya's babysitting. You know, babysitting for free. Yeah, chunky monkey. And she calls chunky monkeys in the house, uh, and she goes out to get cat food. Then calls and says, "Hey." I'm going to get Chunky Monkey, me, you, and Logan some Chick-fil-A. I said, no, no you're not. No, no. We, we're trying to save money. And she's like, well, Chunky Monkey really wants that. I'm like, well, Chunky Monkey's Chunky mom Monkey should really want to pay job. Us. <laughs> Yeah, really. Chunky, Chunky Monkey, I, she may be four. She better get her ass a job. 
is what's going to happen. No, I, and then she started screaming at me. Oh, you're always st- causing problems. I'm like, yep, I guess that's <laughs> yeah. me. Proud, proud that. causing Jimmy. Making sure we have money in the bank. How dare I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, really. There's the problem, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, if you want to see all the reviews of the uh, things, what are they called? Comics? Comic books? Is yes, that what they're called? Yes, the, the comic books that we're going to be reading. The, the comic books that we're going to be talking, reviewing, and discussing ad nauseum tonight, you can go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and we'll have all those reviews. And really, I kind of... Yeah, I did, okay. and it's not it's kicked sure. in yet. I'm tired. Can you tell I'm tired? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Been hauling glass all day. That's right. I have been, and then I just imagine I wasn't even going to get into you stinker <laughs> all day for for five stinker, hours. Okay. For five hours, I'm lifting stuff that each one I I was told was about 500 pounds. Me and this other guy were lifting this stuff. Some of the stuff we're using this crane to get off, but we're lifting a lot. And then we take a break because things are being kind of you know taken away to store by the boss's son. And then I hear it all break. And, and the worst part of it is, is immediately Hilarious. all I thought of was, okay, there you go. You just broke all of this glass. one job. Uh, Yeah, one job. That's it. And I told the guy who was unloading the glass with me from this company that we bought it from that this kid will screw up everything. You just never know how. I said, you'll never know how. He will figure out weird ways to do it. He'll go out of his way to do it. Twice it happened. Yeah, so I, I'm sitting there and I hear the thing crash. And I, I, I have to admit, I chuckled a little so I. until I realized, yep, I'm going to have to unload that shit again when it comes <laughs> in to replace it. And I was so, so tired. Then I came home. I was going to take a nap. Also, before that, I was called a toxic male. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they, By your they, wife? They, the, uh, yeah, well, that too. She says that. She ends up saying that. I said, toxic male. Well, what's that? When you send the anthrax? Uh, there you go, toxic male. You get it, Eric? Not, These are the jokes. You're not allowed to These joke like that in America jokes, anymore. <laughs> ah, you want to hear impressions? Uh, but yeah, uh, going into that. So I come home and I was going to take a nap. And I'm like, no, no, you know, I'm not that old. But uh, we had some stuff to do. We had some stuff to do. I had to get uh, ready for this and read some books. Plus then Tanya said that I had to then, because we weren't going to get Chick-fil-A, then I was forced to make mac and cheese. And that she, I know that she's not allowed to, you know, she doesn't like to make it. The last time I made it, she got sick. So she thinks I poisoned her, all this nonsense. Of course you did. So then I go to read these books. And again, this is my whole point of this. And yes, I do have a point oh, we there, have a point. Uh, to this. Sometimes I do. Look at the this. point is, is then I get that to these books where I wanted the books to be where, okay, now it's my sanctuary. It's And now the dog's barking. I mean, really, what, what else can go it's wrong? It's a madhouse. I'm telling you, I'm going to kill you. I'm living in a cuckoo clock. Uh, yeah, I want these books to be my fortress of solitude. I want yes. these books to be uh, pretty much the sage force making me happy, even if it's it's not so real. It does? I don't care. It does in my mind. Gremlins, uh, you know, Nightmare bubbles. on Elm Street, happy bubbles. I don't care. And if you talk bubbles and you're not meaning the chimpanzee that hung with Michael Jackson, you, you get know out of town. I always yeah. mean the chimpanzee. Ah, <laughs> oh, that chimpanzee, he got to ride those rides, Eric. That's what he got to do. I heard that's another thing. Allegedly, Bubbles was not treated See, well. See, why do you always have to bring me down? We talk about bubbles. Here we talk go. about chips. It's a fun time. Then because you again, have to go I'm to not going to fake views. the funk again. I told you, I saw a picture. Let's take the funk. Just don't uh, tell it, me about it. 
Man, I'm telling you the whole deal. I, I saw a picture. It was like, it, it seemed like clickbait. It was like, see what Bubbles is up to now. I'm like, really? I um, thought Bubbles um, would be at least six, six feet under. Bubbles? No, Bubbles. Bubbles gained a lot of weight after he left Michael Jackson. <laughs> and, and is there and is just an old ape. You has been, fat. chimp. Yeah, really. Yeah, and you you wonder there because he's on a you know he's on a, a preserve type thing for apes. And I sat there thinking to myself, does he sit there and think to himself like, it used Boy, to, I, I used to made. have everything. Yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you, does he sit there? <laughs> I used to have it all. It's Is like those people does? that they're sitting contemplate after they win the lottery, but now they're broke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're broke. And like, boy, I made some wrong decisions. <laughs> is, is that what, what Bubbles is saying now? Like, you know, right now, this this lady comes out and throws a banana at me. I used to ride on the rides at Neverland Ranch. I used God to damn look it. at the elephant man's bones. Not only that, Bubbles legitimately has met more world leaders than a lot of world leaders. He was being <laughs> taken around. I, I think it was in Japan. He was treated like a freaking god. Oh, he was gorilla god, Eric. Bubbles. He's not a gorilla. Wish I was Bubbles. Wish I was Bubbles just sitting there. And he, they said he gets a little frisky at times. Obviously. Uh, Come I, on. I, it's a chip. Yeah, you can get away you, with it. You have to. You have to uh, monkey see, monkey do, huh? Yeah, monkey see, monkey do, do. You, you have to look no, up no, the I, story I'm, of Bubbles. I'm saying Michael Jackson was handsy. <laughs> allegedly allegedly <laughs> ah see you're making me laugh Eric. you make me laugh but we're gonna get onto the books you know that's what most people have come for not talk about bubbles and we sit here and we're, we're talking before and we're, we're going over books and we're like all right this isn't gonna take us that long we don't have a lot to say or this and that how does bubbles pop I up i you. mean really you said bubbles yeah. I just went with him. I just went with him. I was him. talking about That's the Sage all Force. That you goddamn wandering mind, yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah, That's what happens. I, I need more medicine. Anybody gets the medicines? What was the medicine? That is my new character. That's piece of shit Johnny. You Can get you the Jim? drugs. That's all. <laughs> piece of shit Jim. Where's the drugs? That's all he says. He doesn't have a lot of catchphrases. He no, because once he gets I drugs, he uses them. I haven't developed him quite yet. Yeah, I need the jokes. That's what he says, Eric. He's not a very good character. He he is uh, pretty not much a, a morality. He's a morality tale in himself. You know, kids, don't be. It's like, you know, piece of shit Jimmy. He does the drugs. Don't be piece of shit Jimmy. Don't do go. it, kids. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Can we get over? Get this over? We done? All right, what do you give Action Comics 1010? I give Action Comics 1010 a five point. Ah. Oh, my. No spoilers. Uh, Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Action Comics number 1000. I want to say 1010, but 1010, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Steve Epting, Brad Anderson, and Josh Reed. It's the adventure of Chaz and Andy, super spies, as they try to reach Spyro to get some answers about what's going on with the Leviathan. Too bad it doesn't last very long at all. And by the end of the issue, we have Superman hug Leviathan into space, and then Lois gets kidnapped. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Uh, 5.5 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, that you went a little more positive than me only because i really like I'm, steve epting's art though i do too i, I will tell you that the is a thing for you it's nonsense that's a you, thing for this you. whole idea it's like man this big brian michael bendis story leviathan you mean the organization no i mean the thing the thing leviathan what's yeah. that we'll find out over the course of 15 months yeah what? hey just wait 
we have 12 issues for like, you to uh, everything just I'm looking goes at it right now leviathan rises part four what do we know about leviathan except for it's Nothing. doing what's called a royal flush where it's taking out other organizations which he can't yeah. even get right a here. royal flush and, and so as this goes on Brian Michael Bendis, I guess that if you're going to enjoy Brian Michael Bendis, and I think that you're going to have a lot of people that not even just joined in on Rebirth. If you're enjoying this book or whatnot, maybe you came over with Brian Michael Bendis. And and really, if you came over with Brian Michael Bendis from Marvel, uh, you know, I'll go out and say it. From Marvel, you came over (laughs) and you said to yourself, man, I don't know much about this Superman. Well, don't worry, because it seems like he doesn't either. And it's not even just that. It's just the idea of him changing everything that he can get his hands on. And to wrap it around, quite like the son of the boss that we work with, he seems to have things that are okay, okay, okay. And then at the last second does something so ridiculously weird that it throws it off, including like this one where you start and find out that Kate Kane is the director of Spiral. Kate Ah. Kane is Batwoman. Kate Kane has just been in the books doing stuff and was not, she's not the director of Spiral. That's the thing. Why would she be? It's not even the worst part. Because I'm telling you, when you even come into the whole idea, for some reason we are really focusing on what Leviathan did to the DEO in this whole story, even though he's gone after Argus, Manoa, all this. It's just about Mr. Bones and the DEO, it seems like. And just off the bat with that, the director Bones of the DEO, Last time we saw him in Supergirl before the series, he was disgraced. And this is le- less than a year was, ago. Exactly. You know, he was kicked yeah. out. Even before that, though, before Rebirth started, he was the director of the DO. And at the end of that, he was kicked disgraced out. Disgraced and kicked out. People keep forgetting about this whole thing, but they well, keep making him the director. Yeah, and here we are again. That's what happens. And it seems as if Brian Michael Bendis came in first off. They must have said, whatever makes a good story for you. Go with it. Now, I don't Uh, see the good story here, but this is what he's thinking, you know. And so they're like, hey, you know, he wants director Bones. And they're just like, don't worry about it. Just do what you have to do. Just go with it. I want some good stories, though. And, And the pacing of not getting enough each issue and kind of dragging on. It, it it's really making me care more about this stuff like director bones or Kate Kane and stuff. If well, you're going to give when me Kate Spencer showed up to be his lawyer, when he like director bones, lawyer, I'm like, I got mad at first. Thankfully it's rectified because it's not actually Kate Spencer. Yeah. It's Talia Al Ghul and like, you know, one of those digital mass disguises, yeah. but for some reason, Kate Spencer showing up when we last saw her being the personal lawyer of Oliver Queen in Seattle coming to Metropolis now to do this whole thing. I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? Brian Michael Bendis. Thankfully, for some reason, he yeah. just picked Kate Kane, who really, I mean, Kate Spencer, Kate but for Spencer. some reason, like she shouldn't be but this it, big it a just, deal I'm, at this point in time for like, her, the progression of her character I, in this universe. I just imagine that what happens a lot of times he sits in, you know, and I imagine they have one big office, you know, I know that that's not true, but if the, it was true, he'd be in this DC office and he, he'd have a cup against the wall listening in to hear character names that he can throw in but he always seems to only research pretty much the last time they've been seen you know so he's like what so you think they've What's been listening with- i think he just has a bunch of names on the board he throws fucking darts no, at. I, no i'm saying he's like oh man what's up with uh bones i i think he looks neat and he types in you know director bones and what comes up is head of deo and he stops that's yeah, all he needs okay end. i'll go that oh what's up with kate spencer oh she was a lawyer in the green arrow book recently all right that's enough for me let's go Good. and now it's it, it's the deal and then oh man Who's that Kane that that might be, you know, considered the head of a spiral? Like maybe, oh, 
Kate Kane came up in my, okay, I'll do that. Not even realizing who she is or what. It's and Kathy this, Kane, not yeah, it's Kate Kathy Kane. It's Kathy Kane. That, that's all you need to know. Why is it Kate Kane? Even if and you want to go this, Catherine Kane, just don't yeah. call it Kate Kane. Why are you doing this? This is why I said it's like the guy at work. She's not in the issue. You just have her in this, you know, head there to think that you're smart and show these things. You better show a lot of what happened and why, why Batman and all this. What, what's going on? What's going on with this? I, I just, uh, it just doesn't make sense the way he just throw things out there and then just eh, whatever. And, and you go and ask him, and he'll go, "Yup, there's seventeen, fifteen questions that I have that will be answered in by the year 2050." I just, I, I had enough. Where, where is my, I need theme music. What is going on, Eric? I Why are you yelling? Gonna, because. It's the first book. You're going to blow your goddamn throat out right away. First book? We haven't even started. <sighs> yeah, here we go. Right. I, I love it, too, that you have it and you're starting out with Bones, and Bones is there. And you, you have him. He's in trouble. All these people died in the D.O. He seems to be shivering, even though he's, you know, fucking skeleton. And the thing is, and, I don't um, even understand why he's alive. It seems this whole royal flush was him, but it seems that Leviathan is not killing anybody important that he seems to be going after. Just the organization I think that he just crumbling. needs you to have these people around to just spout nonsense. Well, that's so the they thing is, I imagine the story. Like, like we saw before, though, like it seems like Director Bones was the only one, besides for maybe Adam Strange, who just mysteriously disappeared after the building came down. But Director Bones is the only one who survived this whole thing. Before the, the next thing we saw then was Amanda Waller getting pushed out of a window before the building that she was in is destroyed. So, like, are we actually keeping the people in charge alive and destroying the foundation of stuff around them? I don't know what we're playing no. with right now. I, I don't. I've, I, I'm tired now, Eric. I, I blew my brain out, I think, as we went on. I love, too, that Kate shows up. I'm like, hey, hey, Bonesy, I, I need to help you here. Why, why? Why do you need to help me? Uh, yeah, because the uh, you know there's a narrative forming in the press. It's not kind to you. Yeah, usually a walking skeleton man. The, the narrative will never be good. He's part what are of you a talking DO. about? Have you seen Director Bones? This, he's already ready for bathing suit season. That's a good yes. narrative. I mean, yeah. That, uh, here's the thing to me, though, is that Director Bones, uh, he should look at what he believes to be Kate Spencer and says, you know, fuck the narrative. I, he, this is not a guy. Who cares about a narrative? He doesn't no. care what the press says. He doesn't care. What Bones would be doing right now is figuring out, number one, how to save his bony ass and also try to figure out how he can get back to who did this. Not I don't sit think there. he really cares at this point because he already realizes this is not Kate Spencer. He knows this Talia Al Ghul and the whole thing is like, well, I, I'm sitting yeah, here. I know he does, but die. still, this is him just in this, you know, th- this thing trying to, you know, he has a bone to pick with him. <laughs> there you go. And you have Talia go off and it, it does morph into Talia that we see Talia's involved so we thought she Talia gives, might have been kidnapped before. I, I want to know before. how you give Director Bones an attack as she says as she's walking out of the thing like help he's having an attack I think it's a, a heart, heart attack, attack. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, now, he don't Director have no Bones, heart not, not only like the whole thing is he, he has these things he can live but the problem is like what do you do with somebody with a, poison, a cyanide touch yeah. what do you do to make him have a heart attack I, I don't know 
I don't know. It's just I think she's just fooling so that they go and grab him. I, I don't even know that he legitimately is. I think that it's so that she can get away and he can't follow now that as they go in and kind of block off the way and she skedaddles. I will have to say. I just like to um, imagine there's a lot of like rookie police like, you know, around this whole thing. They go into the back of this van where Director Bones is. They just see a, a skeleton man waving. Ah, just start shooting at him because they're not used to a skeleton man walking ah, around. He, he lost his skin. He's just yelling. <laughs> it's a skeletons. Yeah, and then we go and have a weird deal where it looks like Lois is flying Superman, but it's the opposite, and they're it going really around. Is oh, odd. we're Peter everything. Pan. Everything that we see in this whole thing, where they're Chaz and Andy flying into Lo- a sweet old London town, where it really yeah. does look like Lois is carrying Superman for the way the yeah. flying is done in this. Like, it's portrayed. fine. They're going like to Steve land. Epizar, I think, but it's and weird. yeah. And I love the thing. She must be I'm really Pete- stiff arming that, like his holding yeah. onto his yeah. head. I love it. I'm Peter Pan and I'm having the fun. Is my dad dead? No. I mean, <laughs> no, that's, that's what you get here. Should I have gone the over whole... there? No, you're good. Okay. Yeah. And then you just, this is classic, classic Brian Michael Bendis. And if, if you don't like it, and here's the thing is like, we get mad at other writers and things like that. I don't, I, you know, and I was yelling, but I, by the end of this, I'm not really mad at Brian Michael Bendis because I don't know. I, this is kind of what we come to expect anyway. I'm never expecting that he's going to, you know, wow me because no issue itself wows me. But I do get annoyed as you have things that are just thrown out. Hey, we're going to go to Spiral. We're going to figure out who's doing this Royal Flush. We'll do that. Hey, uh, I have IDs. IDs? IDs. How'd you get the ideas? Nemesis. Oh, yeah. Nemesis. And then we I'm get like, to a really? full page deal to try yeah. to go back and say like even like DC Comics presents Checkmate in the nemesis of my nemesis is my nemesis where it has like yeah. little heads and tells you know the whole thing like Checkmate on one side spiral yeah, like on the it's other a, like it's a and classic it, it's like it's a callback to a classic comic and for some reason me being me I always go about things the wrong way I start pouring in the research I'm like oh my god is this actually something he's calling back on is he being clever I look through all these things I started my way through Nemesis looking at the council because that's Nemesis big you know threat yeah. this this political Illuminati group and then like I somehow going- you thought that uh, over the deal and you know back beyond the deal that at some point Brian Michael Bendis knew that there was some weird Chaz character and he's using that exactly. to kind of be something clever crazy to do like this. that. So I start pouring through different things trying to find this and then I'm like okay I can't figure this out. Michael Hoto he's the White King. Well he wasn't the White King until the 2006 Checkmate series so I start yeah. going through that. Nothing and dummy me until we're getting ready tonight I realize – I am a dummy because there's no reason for me to do any of this because just on the spiral side, I see Tiger, agent of spiral. I'm like, fuck. Tom yeah. King and Tim Seeley freaking created Tiger for the Grayson yeah, yeah. series. So, so it's just yeah, all bullshit. There you go. It's all bullcrap. And I, I don't even get the idea that you're like, okay, I'm Chaz. You're my wife. No, why isn't she? I just, it, it all gets all Even this whole thing where it's me. Chaz and Andy, spies of like agents of Spiral, and you have Supergirl going up to the head of the council, who's the penguin in this scenario. But we have this, we figured out who the head of the council was, but it looks like Nemesis is below them, lying dead. I'm like, why is Nemesis yeah, dead, dead in this picture? I don't know. That, that's, you, they, you have to they wait for Tom his, King to kill off they, Nemesis, and here's a crisis. St- yeah, they stole his ID. 
there you go. And so they're going off and, and in a real force way. It's See, like, that would have been a cool thing. The whole idea, too, where they actually learn to put on instead of that gold kryptonite turning Superman into Chaz for whatever reason. Like, yeah. you know, Nemesis is a master of disguise. If they would have gone along those lines, like, yeah. you know, they learned this but from he, Nemesis. That yeah, would have been cool. But he's just doing that, that. Like you said, when when we're doing these things like that gold kryptonite, these are the things that just get thrown in that he throws in as flavor but ends up not needing to be in the book, but ends up screwing things off. I just, I just look why? at that, though, that when she exposed him to that gold kryptonite, which somehow made him grow his hair and a beard out kind of thing. I'm like, yeah. without any context, they're just me looking, well, you got some gold kryptonite, and Lois Lane just took away Superman's powers forever. Good job. Yeah, yeah because that's, that's what, what it was supposed, supposed to, to be. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. They're walking. They're going to go find out. They're going to care. They're going to go and talk. Pretty much they're going to end up talking with Tiger. But before that, they have to kind of talk to each other. And with the classic, like, we probably shouldn't tell them that we left the award-winning photographer Jimmy Olsen alone in your new Fortress of Solitude with top super spy Amanda Waller. (gasps) I'm I'm waiting for this big breath when she's like, why? Who would say this? Why would you even bring this up? Well, of course we're not going to say this to Tiger. What is wrong with you, Why would you say that? And all it is, and then that's not enough. I think that's a conversation. So I want to say it again so I know you heard it. Amanda Waller is in the Fortress of Solitude unattended. Uh, really? You know what? Do I do have prefer to editor's note, much? I think, at this point. Yes. Do you See have, last issue. This was last issue. I, I've said it before on this podcast. If you have to force that or have an editor's note of see last issue, number one, you're thinking nobody's reading your series and somehow they're jumping on in this issue. Why would that be? We're at, you know, 10-10 right now. And it's not like this issue is something, anything special uh, over last issue. You have to trust the reader and the art in your issue to know that when you switch the scene and Amanda Waller is in what appears to be straight up the Fortress of Solitude with with Kalex and and Amanda Waller's first thing is you're the Kryptonian AI that runs the Fortress of Solitude that you have to realize that, yes, we're not that dumb. We Maybe will I did figure go it out. High on this. The art Just, is angry. okay. For, I'm not the art I like, but the art is okay to tell the story too, Brian. B man, you can use the art to tell. You don't have to have a out of nowhere description of exactly where you're heading to, and then do it again. And then you know what his you know idea of Amanda Waller is. You're Kalex, right? Yes, respect. All right. Get, Thank you, get Amanda. Out of town. Get out of town. And then, yeah, she's I, like, I, I, I actually leave? have no time for you or Jimmy Olsen and, this because you do and, nothing and, here. And this is the thing, too. And then Amanda Waller, because now Brian Michael Bendis does not think that we understand or remember last issue. She is there for protection. And may I leave? No, you are under protection. Am I a prisoner? No, you're in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. I, I have to hit the things of what he's trying to, I'm sure, you know, he's got to make sure you know every. God, I, I can't take it. It's just, this is why you'll these take it issues. And you'll like it. This is why these, the pacing's so bad. We just had two full pages. We got nothing. We got nothing except Amanda Waller's in the Fortress of Solitude unattended. Let me repeat myself. She's in the Fortress of Solitude unattended. Then Amanda Waller, I'm here unattended. 
Can hey, I hey, leave? Hey. Hey. Look, Jim, that, that's one and Jimmy's thing. Jimmy's taking we, her picture. We have a recap then. Now, in case you wanted to move forward in the story, you got to wait a little bit longer because now that we have Tiger <laughs> or Chazadan, we have to have the lowdown on what Spiral and Leviathan yeah. are. Yeah, now they were created Spiral by the Leviathan same man are. in order to, like, you know, Spiral was created to investigate superhero identities. But we also created Leviathan in case we always needed something to fight when we, during our downtime. I'm like, what is this doing for our story? No, oh, and nothing, then it's nothing. I thought that Leviathan was the Talia Al Ghul. No, she inherited like everything else. All right, now you're changing right. things up again, and you know, and you're not even mentioning Auto Nets, who should be the yeah. one. So I'm assuming I'm that saying, that's they not don't what even you're say going Auto with. Nets or Dr. I don't think Dedalus he's going to go with oh, that. I don't created uh, yeah. by the same guy. This yeah. thing guy. I'm like, you're I telling th- me I don't even else. know why not have yeah, this. Why? And, and I don't know. That that's how he's going to go. I'm telling you, who knows who he's going to say what's going on. Leviathan then, is Dr. Auto and, Nets. And then, you know, you know that Leviathan was, or Spiral was, you know, in charge of going after superheroes. This character, this big, you know, individual threat being called Leviathan, but also dealing with the organization Leviathan. I'm like, and that, that's just bad decision making right there. Why would yeah. you do that? And then we're here. You have all this. You have Chaz. He said, oh, my God, gold kryptonite, do ba do ba do to go talk to, uh, you know, Tiger, who at, at points where we last saw a lot of things with Spiral, he's the only one left, if yeah. even he's left. Well, he even and, says, look, I'm Tiger, agent of Spiral, your boss. I'm like, no, you're, you're Tiger, the director of Spiral. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And, and with that, then, all the stuff, gold kryptonite, Chaz, all that. Didn't it's matter over. because he exposes himself as Superman. Leviathan shows and flies up. Off. He freaking does the whole dun da da da. Tells her a job for Superman. Like pulls the ass out. Tells like, Lois get Tiger and you Superman into this the whole yeah. time. Oh yeah. my! And this is this is something that isn't just Tiger. In, in my mind, the idea, and who knows, Spiral may not live past this whole Leviathan rises stuff. So whatever. But the idea that. Chaz Superman now was in Spiral all this time. This this would infuriate Tiger. This would not be something that he would just, as an aside, oh, man, Superman was Chaz? Oh, oh well. I mean, the, it was a nice organization we had once <laughs> because it, it's nonsense. He does go because all of a sudden you get the idea of Leviathan. And, and so all of this is about this character Leviathan, which yes. you did make the call that it would be a guy, at least as we see it now. All the So why did we have 16 pages to just lead to this monstrosity that looks like a doomsday clone to show up in a street for Superman to become Superman and fly out and just, just grab, grab Leviathan and pretty him, much throw him into fly space. Fly up into space while Leviathan charges up with his blue energy, which we see implode yeah. things previously, and just throws him into space. Then the energy hits Superman. And then Superman, the energy hits And Superman. it looks like, I don't know, is Superman really just like still glowing from the energy? Is he is. Like a, and a and thing all now? it reminds me of is, is the you know solar flare. It reminds yeah. me of now you're going to have him do some crazy deal but and I, things like that. Now he can't find Lois back, because Lois they're is gone. gone. Tiger has taken her, it seems like. And while the, when they walk into this bookstore, which is a hideout for the spiral so they can meet up with Tiger. Oh, which the, is very, the, uh, you know, first Avenger Captain yeah. America where they had his uh, deal. But the thing to is, me. like they're saying, the bookcases, the stacks in this in this book, like, you know, uh, this uh, bookstore, they're all lead lined. I can't see through. But then he rips the wall off to see that they're not there. And now yeah. they're just missing. Like, you just five minutes ago looked across the world to see Sam Wayne's hospital room. Yeah. You just, just fly up a little bit, look around. Now, because and this is I, the I don't thing, think though. you're still in the bookstore. 
Yeah, and if this is the thing and the Leviathan residual energy is affecting us powers, please tell us that right please. now. Say something like, I mean, I do see the Kirby crackle all around them and stuff like that in the smoke. Say something like, whoa, whoa, my powers, my powers, something. Not just the, you know, the cliffhanger of Lois, uh, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, not to be catty. It, we know that Lois has a book coming up. We know Lois isn't dead. So, you know, give me something. I don't care of the, oh, Lois, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. I think that he might find her eventually. Yeah. What I want to know is what's going on with him. You know, I would love to. He rips the wall off, flies up and says Lois and then passes out and falls out in the street. Then I'm like, okay, what happened? What is this power that happened? This, again, we just went this whole thing for really, in my mind, two pages, two pages where we find Leviathan, but I want more, and we're not getting anything here. And we're that's not going to be the anything. whole big thing at the end of last issue. Even Brian, oh, look, we have Chaz and Andy, Clark and Lois, a super spies for Spiral. We did that for the last issue. We had this issue where they just kind of flew to a bookstore, and it was all over. Like, yeah. why did was this, all this build up for Chaz and Andy talk all over the internet for this whole crazy idea when it and was boy, nothing? You, like, this book coming out once a month, right? we're, we're getting nothing for, for months upon months. It just, it's starting to get, me and you where it wasn't getting to us as much as a lot of other people i mean and right. here's the deal we, we can yell and scream all you want uh, when issue 10 30 comes out we will be on our podcast reviewing it and you'll be on the site review unless we switch things up whether even brian michael bendis is on there so me getting angry and saying oh man i'm done with this we know that's nonsense we're not done that's just in the heat no. of the moment saying we're done but i will I tell you right books. now if i was buying this i would not be buying it anymore oh this not. might be the last issue I and like, i would have been done well i guess i'm done with superman for yeah, a while and i think that this would have been it this one issue i have tried to remain as positive as we can be i i have tried to think okay well th- maybe the pacing isn't off it's just it only comes out once a month no. so we get you know no 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 it, it's just by now in this issue i i just feel dead inside about everything that happens i don't care about a character leviathan i don't care that you're trying to be clever with the nemesis is the nemesis of my nemesis of the nemesis i i don't care i don't care Jim Jimmy Olsen snapping pictures of Amanda Waller. I, I mean, really, I, I don't care about Bones. I, I, I'm dead inside with this. The and TV I'm show go, Bones? How dare you? No. Oh. Hey, Bones, you looking for the Bones? <laughs> bones? I, I, I am going to do this right now, and I'm going to give my score first, and I'm going to get back to the How deal where I even explained it on the Marvel podcast. This is, in my mind now... Just the full out. Wrong turn gives this a fuck you five. A fuck you five. This is a fuck you five because the fuck you five never originated as a, hey, that's worse than the worst. No, hey, it's that's a book a bullshit, that just yeah. makes you dead and say that you don't care. And that's basically by the end of this. Yeah, I yelled and screamed, but whatever. But uh, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care to continue. I don't care. about. And what happens with this then is you really need to you know, get me back on the trolley. And I know that Brian Michael Bendis is not his job to get me back on the trolley, but I'm hoping that there's a lot of people that feel the same way. But his writing style, this is the worst. His writing style is never made to get me back on the trolley because what I need is something really big and really good and really fast and really, you know, that. And that's not his style. And so when I'm out, 
I may have to just sit around and be out for seven months before I actually get something that and, and then, I, you know, I get worn down. I'm like, all right, well, that cliffhanger was cool. But, yeah, at this point done i'm back to superman being my book i guess of the super because i i refuse actually i'm like a lot of i need at least one superman book and i need a batman book and so this is now not my superman book and at points it has been right uh speaking of has been what are you gonna give it eric oh that oh. was a transition right <laughs> no, no like i said to you before the whole thing is i love steve epting's art i think this whole thing looks phenomenal even though i, th- I have some problems with the way the flying looks between lois and clark but other than that this was a big nothing of an issue like you said you you build up all the stuff you know for Chaz and Andy. It's going to be the big turning point to get us to the bottom of Leviathan. We do nothing with it. The cover is blown, and we don't accomplish anything in this issue oh. at all. But a five point five out of ten for this, and that yeah. was majorly for the art and yeah. for the idea. I'm telling you, yeah, I like the art, but again, it's is, all wrapped up into nothing. When I thought for a second though that that whole callback to Chaz and Andy was a real thing that Brian Michael Bendis that was playing re- with, that would have that would have thought been... the idea was cool. And I'm like, am you know, I, I right that if you would have found out it was something, your score would have at least went up to a six five? It would have jumped at least a point because you would have no, thought, no, okay, no, was he was point. clever. Because there's still a lot of nothing it here. It might and have also for me. in this whole thing we had the penguin going, wape. What is this wape? wape? He has I don't the penguin know. do. I don't I get don't, it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Wait. Uh, okay. I'm done. I'm done. Hello, done. motherfucker. Hello, motherfucker. <laughs> Let's go to the next book because we like this one, and this is Come one on. that we can get Live behind. I, I don't have. I don't have the leprechaun. I'd put right now is is prime time for leprechaun, Eric. I, I just I don't. Yeah, just have for it. you to put your game face on, motherfucker. What, Come on, you're that? professional. I, I don't have a game face. What are you talking about? And I don't have the leprechaun, so stop it, Eric. Don't think that I have the leprechaun, okay? You don't. Don't How much more time do you need? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) I don't have it, Eric. I don't have the leprechauns. What are we talking about, Mac? Freedom Fighters, number five. Yeah! I don't have the leprechauns, Eric. I I don't have it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have the leprechauns. What's next, Eric? See, this is why. This is when things go wrong because I have to amuse myself. All yeah. right, here we go. Freedom here we go. Number five, written by Robert Venditti with I'm art by Eddie Barrows, Ever Ferreira, Adriana Lucas, and and World Design and World Designs. Uncle Sam is back, and now the Freedom Fighters have to get him before the Ratsies take down their biggest foe. While that's going on, we have a little background to the old spirit of 76, and by the end, we see that Overman is up and ready to start kicking ass and taking names for Adolf Hitler Jr. Yeah, and this is a book that, uh, you know, we've been behind. We've been trying to enjoy. Yeah, we have. Just like LeBron James, Eric. I don't know about that. And uh, so when we go to this, this is what – it's one of those things that if you are depressed with a lot of the books and if you are depressed – uh, with a continuity that seems to be awry and, and everything out of jo- disjoint and things like that. I think that an Elseworld story actually does kind of reset my battery. So I can go into something yeah. and say, all right, well, You're whatever you give me, you can do whatever. the new continuity of these characters, do it up, baby. And, and I'm enjoying it enough. Now, this issue I do like. I do need this book to start moving forward at a, at a brisker pace once we get past the first six issues. I'm worried about the idea with Robert Van Diddy. I'm actually surprised we saw to, Overman before issue six. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that it's for the big battle on six. But it, what, what he ends up doing a lot, though, is then I don't want to end up having this next six issues be five issues of just set up for a grander you know, finale 
hopefully that's not the case, but right now I'm enjoying it. I, I am really enjoying this. We wanted well, to see it's Uncle gonna Sam. It's going to take a lot of setup to win America and the world. That back. is true. But yeah, that's the setup. The setup is to go off and, and free the, you know, Europe and, and, and the rest of the world. And in order to do that, we have spent the first five issues trying to wake up old Uncle Sam with the idea that freedom, the ideals of America are still alive and well. So, we're, you know, getting the people's hopes and dreams back up there by saying, look, the freedom fighters, they're fighting the Ratsy Menace. Look, you can believe again. You can dream the American dream. Yep. And that awoke the idea of Uncle Sam. Now he's back in action and is punching the Ratsies in the face, left and right in Philadelphia, while he tries to talk about where the idea of, you know. <laughs> I'm the- telling you, that does get me a little off. I, I And it's just, it's a, it's a nice deal. It's an deal. idea, and, Jim. And you can end up, well, you know that the day the spirit of 76 was conceived was the Minutemen, but the day pen was put to paper was the day it was born. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't mind that. And I, I love the idea of <laughs> Hitler Jr., Hitler II. He's freaking out. They're trying to grab him because this is their worst sir, nightmare. Sir, we got to get you to a confined space. We cannot have you out and about here. Yeah. Uncle Sam and, is and, back. How did we let this happen? Oh, my goodness. I, I really <laughs> thought one of the funniest things in my mind is where you think a story's going to go one way and then it doesn't. And it was that I thought that you know Adolf Hitler II was going to say, no, this is the moment almost like what you know you have a uh, grand moff tarkin what you know evacuating our moment of triumph and i really thought that's where it was gonna go and then no 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 he's such a baby get me the hell out of here he's like whatever man oh my goodness why didn't you ask me before i wanted to go there uh, get Luftwaffe number one let's get the hell out of here i just and imagine I, it made though, me for laugh. all the stuff is like you know okay look i'm adolf hitler jr i'm the fuhrer now but i have my son adolf hitler the third who i put specifically in charge of taking care yeah. of the freedom fighters and now uncle sam's back there kind of Come beating down my front door. Oh, God damn, yeah. my son is a useless piece of shit. Oh, yeah. I knew he was useless now. He's just stuffing that goddamn I just love it eagle too. they had in the last issue. Yeah, What's that, I Daddy? Love, you want me to and, do something? And here's the fun things about it. Okay, they're going to the bunker, Eric. Well, the last time in reality when a Hitler went to the bunker, stuff, somebody lost their head, Eric. What, you know, they, they lost their mind. I'm talking the real reality. When, nah, when Hitler went down that. to his bunker, he shot himself. He he's committed a real suicide. Person? So I love this idea that this is where he's heading off, you know, when the, <laughs> the, the whole deal looks to be lost. And he, I'm telling you, though, at this point, it's just Uncle Sam's back. He's, he's skedaddling. I mean, he can't get to this bunker quick enough. But I like that idea. I like that idea. It almost that comes kind of like one of those same. wrestling things where all of a sudden you have the, like, the wrestler in the ring giving this whole big speech, and then you hear the music of somebody else, their opponent coming yeah. up, and they, they start getting freaked out, and they run away as the guy comes running. That's you what it reminds don't know me of. Me. You hear the glass and now shatter. We have Uncle Sam versus Adolf Hitler Jr. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm telling you, it's a goddamn Stone Cold Steve Austin glass oh, I'm smash. Telling you, I just want him to come up the glass smash. Like, Drinking a you, beer. You, you think that you're in charge of everything there? He starts yelling. It's people, Hulk people, Hogan. There's people out there in the streets holding up freaking signs. Uncle Sam 316. Oh, it'd be, oh, it'd be so great. <laughs> I just want it to be Hulk Hogan. What are you going to do when Uncle Sam's biceps are coming down on you, brother? He's just yelling. <laughs> it'd be the best. It'd be so good. Yeah, look at these 16 years, Python's brother. Oh, no. There you Here go. comes the freedom forearm. <laughs> 
be so good. Oh no, it's the atomic leg drop. We just use that anyway. Yeah. The worst finish, worst finishing move ever. The American leg drop. Yeah, really, worst ever. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, you have this going on. And so with that, you do get this background of, you know, when the Spirit of 76, I almost freaking threw up there, the Spirit of 76, you know, going, then you go back to the whole war that was going on where they were going around the world. Yeah. You actually see Overman there uh, because he fell from the sky. And it was so actually at this point, I got a little sad because while we do have these reimagining, like these new versions of old heroes coming together now to try to awaken Uncle Sam, I realized at this point, like, Fuck, we don't have the Ray because we see the original Freedom Fighters team and there's the Ray flying off. Yeah. I'm like, I wish we had a counterpoint for the Ray in this world now yep, in, the, in the present time. Well, maybe that's a little hint, hint that, you know, they're going to expand. Maybe the Ray, they're going to reimagine him as, as one of these other heroes from around the uh, Europe and things because it is even when we joined the fight in other nations where they didn't right. call it the Spirit of 76. Maybe that's what they're getting at. Maybe we're going to see that the Ray is reimagined as, you know, Mexico's hero or, you know, look, look, that's, that's all fine and good. We got a whole American problem to deal with right well, now. I'm, in saying, this 12 I'm talking issues. after the six. I'm right. saying if, if they end up because you, you think and we both think they're going to have a worldwide team by the end i think that maybe we will see the ray and hopefully some those things do happen I, I just want to think though that like we have overman coming out the nazi superman i think that can contain six more issues coming like we don't have a lot of time to deal with canada and mexico yeah, we'll and all this see. other stuff i think know? that i think when overman steps up because we've seen here in this flashback that overman was there fighting the world? Right. I think that that's where it steps up and the world gets involved as well. And then you get those 22-inch pythons coming down at you, brother. <laughs> but yeah, you have that in the, just out of out of nowhere. And I thought the art and the Overman art when he's there and it's like Overman and he's smashing the ground. Oh, and all the, you know, all the doughboys there are flying up oh, in the, the air. You know, boys. the doughboys. Uh, I thought that that was great. But I, I really- Were they doughboys in World War II? I, I think that was World War One, but we'll go with it, Eric. This right. is a alternate timeline that they that were also make it different. Yeah, so, yes, it does. We have, I just wanted to bring that up because it was in on the Dick Patreon Tracy. in yeah. our Dick Tracy deal. But I really do like not even just the art. Talk the about the deal. war wheels. Come on. These yeah, are awesome. When the war wheel, that's what I'm saying. When that pops up, the colors really like this is something that it, it when people do say hey you know i like to have the print and i like to feel the print and smell them comics and you know rub myself with them all over sexy i actually this people i i i don't know who this guy was he was in the alley and i said please sir leave me alone and then i'm like wait daddy please, sir, can i have another please sir and then i realized i was actually looking in a mirror uh no when i'm reading this I'm i was reading it on my tablet and mirror. on the tablet oh how dare you Get woke, Eric. The, the get woke. Allegedly. The, the, the whole deal, it popped off the page, Eric. It popped. It smacked me right in the face, especially that war wheel. I'm like, oh, that looks so cool, though. Eh, I don't understand it. It just shows up. It's a war it's wheel. It's a big I'm war in. wheel. And the yeah, thing I'm is, in. we got freaking the, those big old war robots coming in this world. Yeah. We got war wheels. And the thing is, it's at this point we realize while the Freedom Fighters do need to collect Uncle Sam and get the hell out of there, they yeah. do realize that – it's been a long time since Uncle Sam's been it's awake, been and, the, and the idea of freedom in America isn't throughout there. I mean, like, it's not a big concept right now. So Uncle Sam, he ain't what he used to be. He pretty much no. at this point, while well, he can kick up some he's ass tired. and take some He's I tired. like when he he's says that. Man, I feel like I'm they tired, pick up, man. Oh, what are we <laughs> doing with this geriatric guy? <laughs> Did we want to do all thing. this for nothing? 
I saw him. He was leaning against the post the other day. But yeah, they get him. They so save him. They, they they rip him out of there. And then yeah, we stuck we stuck our asses up with this it. geezer. And the best thing that I thought in this is basically for me to say, listen, I, I know that you want to throw shade at the old Uncle Sam, right? He's there. He, he's Just old people looked, in general. He's never looked different. Uncle no. Sam has never looked. Young. He's always so, scared the shit out of me is what we, he has done. We we stuck our asses out for this old geezer. It, please, look at the poster of anything. I don't think there ever is a young – I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I, there was never a young – you know, Uncle Sam, I do like when he gets there and just takes a nap in mid-sentence. That's, that is classic old man, Eric. That's me. They're like, now, hey, Dad, what are we having for dinner? I'm like, well, we're having my- That's I'm called just- narcolepsy, my friend. And, and it might be. That's what uh, the melding man at work, he's trying to claim he is. He's trying to get disability no, no, on that. He has Eric. too many chromosomes. Yes, he does. Uh, but yeah, and then you end in the doomsday Well, the bunker. thing is, before we get to the – we've been, okay. we've been talking a whole lot of fun stuff we talk about. You know, how much we Ooh. love the Freedom Fighters. To get to a little bit of a negativity part that I have a problem with. How dare that, you? I don't I know, have I'm, any. Oh, it's a 10 out of 10, is it? <laughs> yes. You know, the thing is, when we had the Freedom Fighters actually show up and we see the Uncle the Sam is getting sevens. bombarded by war wheels, we got to get him the hell out of there. And the yeah. idea became – it actually really confused me for a second. We have the human bomb ejected out of the blue tracer jet, right? And he has to go down there. And what he's going to do is that he's going to blow up the, uh, the war wheel Whoa. while Phantom Lady opens up a portal and also pulls – him and Uncle Sam threw back onto the blue tracer. This seems so convoluted to me for some reason. I know like, it does, but I guess it's because so of how – It is it odd. I guess it's only because of the fact that they're right at that. So I don't know why he couldn't have just had somebody, even if it was him or whatever, go down, just scoop up Uncle Sam and get out of there. I guess they wanted to also destroy the war wheel, but because they were so close, you had to portal out that – Well, I'm telling you, this whole progression here is it like was we convoluted. have the human bomb strap himself into this – you know ejection seat which i don't know the blue tracer i don't know what it can do but the whole thing is like you oh know, you uh, don't do you no it's like doll woman's <laughs> right i'll go saying black on you don't have the firepower featherhead what do you suggest human mom you're gonna port me there i'm like and then he shoots off mike but she didn't port you there she ported you back here yeah 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 I, so, it, it was convoluted i'll give you that so yeah when you get to your score it, it is gonna affect that but really that's the only thing. There, there's a, you know, overall, I have some issues, but we do go to the bunker, the doomsday bunker. You see that Overman has been pretty much kept on ice, kind yeah. of, you know, with a phrase to be, uh, you know, kept aside. He's in it's this so weird. Thing. It's like, they, right, he, he's been on ice for a while. He's been doing stuff. So since we brought him back, we have to constantly freaking keep reprogramming his mind for like his brainwashing yeah. type of yep. thing. Like, I give you the Rex greatest Overman. You know, your name is Overman. Overman says a fear. I am Overman, Overman, says the Fuhrer. Yeah, and, and it reminded me of even like the um, the Flashpoint Superman, even right. the way that kind of was, especially that he's down way below and oh, things skinny. like that. Oh, skinny, I got but you, right? Yeah, 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 no, no. He's, he's pretty buff. I'm just Not saying the way they zero. have him down there, Subject Zero kind of have him down there by himself doing, now, do you, you know, just being brainwashed. Right now, that, that whole like kind of room he's in, you think it's just hitting him with red like sun energy yeah, like that like to red. keep him yeah. down? Yeah, okay. Yep, that's what it looks like. And uh, but he is glowing eyes. But we'll see. But also, it gives you the idea. It's like I'm saying red uh, whether sun or energy. Not, dip, dip, yeah, dip. Red, yeah. Whether or not you need him, it's the red sun, Eric. But you, you have the idea that they could hide out in this bunker for a long, long time as well. I don't know why you had to push that. Where you have you know farmlands in there. You got the pigs. You got the deal. And it looks like llamas. Look, in he the ain't back gonna make there, his daddy's mistake. 
Yeah, really. So Which never happened there. in this universe. Yes, no, no. His dad died a different way. But yeah, you have Little Man. That looks awesome. And looks I love great. the series. I really like the series. This and while is we have that cool I look things like to. giant war robots, war wheels going on, it's the whole idea of this futuristic, you know, Third Reich going on. You have a lot of cool concepts. Now you throw a Nazi Superman on top of him. I'm like, yeah. all right, we actually feel like we have a legitimate threat against these heroes that you've built up now. I'm like, this actually, the whole thing is once you throw a Nazi Superman in there, I'm like, all right, this is going to last actually one more issue where he goes and kills everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see <laughs> well, how it goes. But yeah, what'd you give this? I gave this an eight out of 10. I love the art and I love these characters. And so, like you said before about the idea of the Elseworlds feel like it's out, like where it's at right now because the continuity has been so weird. I have yep. a good time and I know I can have a good time every time I go into Earth X right now, even though it's dealing with Nazis and stuff like that. It's still the best time around for me besides for yeah. Shazam and Doomsday Clock. Yep. I'm going 8-5. And that's the thing. You know what this has on them? It comes out on time. Yeah, it's got a schedule. Right? So at least we could sit there and say, well, at least once a month we get this book and I'll be, it'll be a shame when it's over uh, because I'm having a good time. But we're not anywhere near that. We still have you know a while. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I actually like it. I think it's a book that, you know, like I said, I don't look forward to a lot of books and that, that's kind of the the whole or mo of, of what we life. do as well well just that we, you know half the time you know we want to enjoy or these books going but home. half the time it's work yeah you yeah. know or going to work or you know or anything. wiping i i don't like anything taking showers you know i'm not exactly a sanitary man a hygienic man <laughs> yeah you know i there's things in life i hate soap yeah you know my kids uh, you know, dignity stuff like that stuff like that that i i don't know what that means and things like that but we're gonna go off now to some mail and then come back with some books yo it's mail call it's mail with jim With Jim and Eric, right? So you, I'm out. That what we <laughs> you might be out a little later. I, I, I may end up ditching your lanky ass. I don't my, know what I was going to say. Lanky I don't know ass. what I was going to say. I was going to say your broke ass, but you know, I don't want to get your personal issues <laughs> on the podcast that people would know you broke ass. And the only reason they're like, oh man, Look is at Eric, that broke ass is Eric having it. dire straits? Is he having – I'm like, no, no. He's more having the police. And I, I don't know. What's going I was, on with I was, Eric? I was, I was going to make up some things. <laughs> you know, the, what, what's I'm very fearful. What do you know that Eric, I don't? Eric's having problems. I'm like, no, no. It's because he keeps ordering these headmasters off of the freaking YouTube. <laughs> I just love that. I <laughs> said headmaster to you one week and you keep using it. <laughs> I said you bought them off the YouTube. <laughs> Where else are you going to buy them? The YouTubes. <laughs> Uh, I, I would love to man. see some of your searches would be for you want to get the headmasters was like when I wanted to get one of those head cams <laughs> that I wanted to end up getting one because I was going to do reviews on YouTube where I have the cam on, on my hat. And I'm yeah. looking at the comic and reviewing it as he turned it. So I look up thinking that you could buy them at BJ's and search out <laughs> head cam <And> BJ's. BJ's. <laughs> head cam BJ's. Well, like, time to delete like, that search history. You're like, <laughs> I, 
had to go tell Tanya right away because I thought that she probably has some fucking link right to my well, search. Well, it's like my buddy probably, Jay when we were yeah. kids and the internet started becoming a thing. We didn't have the internet yet. We used to have to go to the library yeah, for the internet. Yeah, that was when Al Girl, he, Al Gore made it. I mean, yeah, Al Girl. Yeah. Al Girl. What's going on? I don't know. But no, he, he the first thing he types in with one of his first internet search histories kind of thing yeah. was typing up X-Men. And that's the thing. is It's before there was a search engine, really. So he's typing in X-Men at a library computer. He got he a bunch got of triple X Men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were the special X Men. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. He, he did that. He. Got, I, I'm trying desperately to think of some X Men that would be in like a porno now, and I can't think of it. I, I couldn't think of any. There you go, Professor yeah. to Professor Triple X. Yeah, there I was you go. Trying to think of some good ones. Cyclops. Is that one? Is that one? Wolverine's, Wolverine's penis. Is that what they would have? Oh, yeah. I, I don't this know. This just went awry. Weapon triple X. See, they all just lead yeah, back to the end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Gene Pink. Would that be okay? <laughs> Male section number one. <laughs> Beast in bed. What? What? A bestiality? That's Whoa. Just him. Oh, my. Well, why, why did it take that turn? Uh, you know. Uh, Who is laughing? I no, hate them. Nobody is, Eric. Nobody's Nobody. laughing drunk, Eric. Nobody. I, I couldn't think of any sort of triple X. I don't type even know of why a, you bring it up. Miss, you thought you were more clever than you were. Miss Deke? I, I don't know. I Miss don't know. Deke. It's, it, <laughs> it's getting late. It's getting later. Mail section number one. It's not late in the podcast. It's 950. Like, yeah. When you're old, that means late. 950, you say, does you? That sounds like a triple X movie, right? 950. How dare you get all, you know, Just write naughty. it down with 69. Dude, 950. 950, dude. Is that like, I, I'd love to. They have the 420. I want 950 to now be like a holiday for people who are gluttons. I don't know. Like, because, uh, because at 950, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know. A holiday. You know, September 50th. Holiday. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. September 50th is a day I'll remember. It'll day that lives in infamy. Sure. What happened? We're ready to, to record here. I'm ready to. Now I feel drunk. I don't know what's going on. Mail section number one. It's with Jim got? and Eric. Uh, we have a couple of mails. Eric, it's a mail section, you know. That, that Don't look up mail section either in any search engine. You might come up <laughs> across a couple of things see you my may mail or may section? not like. Yeah, really. I do. Yeah, what is your man? That uh, is a wallet, Eric. A wallet. No, it's my dick. Oh, okay. Uh, I was making a joke, like you know, the the that so time I. you just relies on me uh, for the monies, Eric. Oh. As I was, so de- that, as women I was always rely on men that. for monies. What you're telling? No, me. I didn't say women. <laughs> I said Tanya. Tanya, no, I Jeff go upstairs. <laughs> I go up to her, really. Uh, her, her best form of uh, uh, foreplay is, can I borrow your credit card? There you go. I, I ended up going upstairs so after we right recorded now. with Reggie at one point. And I, I said, I says to Tanya, I does, hey, uh, hey, baby. What's going on there, ball and chain? I went and I'm like, hey, because she came down at one point. We were like in the middle of recording and she she's coming with her goddamn notes. You know, oh. her notes that she tries shoving in my face as I'm talking. So I got to mute the mic and tell her, ask, you know, the, you know, the age old question. You know, I can't is, read. Tell me what you want. Doing? No, what the fuck are you doing? 
And then she got mad, but I just went like, what, what I'm recording. She stormed off slams the, luckily oh, I muted it. That, please so tell she, me what she, this note was about she that she was off, very no, important was, about. Are you going to pick up Ethan? It's the same thing every time. So I go upstairs. I'm like, listen, I wasn't necessarily mad at you. I'm just in the middle of recording. I, I can't just stop to read these stupid notes. And then she got mad that I called it stupid. But then she, this is the same every time we do our podcast that you make me do. And Ed, you're yelling at me and stuff. I'm like, listen, baby, that's what people like. That's what they came <laughs> See, to, to hear. Just next time, right? look, I can't stop the podcast to read your brilliant notes. Yeah, to read your brilliant notes of the same thing over She's and over. Mail section number one. She don't like adjectives. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She's against them. She, she thinks that's fancy talk. Uh, mail section number one. If you want to be involved in the mail, you can mail us and be part of these mail sections. That would be. The first one is Jay, and Jay right now is off to uh, – he's watching, as we speak, the Raptors versus the 76ers in oh, the playoffs. And the last I looked – This is the, the Raptors, Jurassic Park? Raptors were Raptors were killing the Sixers. But he sent me a picture of him and his girlfriend, and I immediately sent it off to his landlord, who told me that he <laughs> would buy each picture for $5, Eric. Yeah, right? $5. <laughs> I hope that he laughs at that. What up, Jim and Eric? Jay from Canada here. And yes, I am a Tom King fan, as Jim likes to remind everyone. Is he? You know what? You know who he said is his favorite writer? Tom King. (laughs) Thank you for (laughs) reminding me. But even I can admit, H-I-C-8, that's Heroes of Crisis, was pretty disappointing. Maybe nine will resolve. Kind of really hoping he was having some high C or something. And uh, maybe nine will resolve everything. But I'm not too optimistic. There, are you happy? Are no. you not entertained? This is Sparta. I'm actually wondering if this is Jay or you. I disliked a Tom King book, he says, but I did loves the Batman. Uh, did he think Batman came out also this week? I don't know. <laughs> so I guess everything is right in the world. No. I like Detective. No, it's not right. You're right. I don't have too much this week. Today, my girlfriend and I have been together for 10 months. Gross. <laughs> Now, what is this? And we'll that's celebrate, not, a, that's but, not an anniversary. Get the hell out of town. Wait know, for the really. fucking year. That's like you. That's like you with these anniversary nonsense. It's like episode 73. Anniversary, bitches. And we'll celebrate by going to Jurassic Park. Oh, my. You know what that is, Eric? You know Raptors what Jurassic versus Park 76ers? is? A big tailgate party for the Raptors. They call it Jurassic Park. I really, was right because, really because in Toronto, they don't have much of an imagination. <laughs> Is what happens. It should be a ton of fun. I love the Sixers, but I hope we crush them. Obviously. I didn't ask if you guys have a good week because you're always having shit weeks. Yeah. But I hope they were okay. My they week weren't. sucked. My week was terrible and ended uh, with a bang. I'm, the whole I'm thing, too. You, the, this, the second time this has happened in the last six months, but I remember, like, this is the second time I remember it happened. It probably happened tons more, but Friday after work, you know, I got through the work week where I was unscathed for the most part. Usually I had something hurt or something like that. I get yeah. home, I take a small nap. And I wake up from that. This happened to me twice now. My <laughs> wrist is fucking aching. Really? It has not stopped Your ever wrist since. Hurts? It hurts so bad. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I will admit. I, I was doing. I mean, even you would have to say oh, I yeah, did yeah. do some heavy lifting on Friday. I mean, I lifted a ton. It's not of, even on the podcast. Yeah, really. I lifted a ton of shit. Right. And uh, so waking up this morning, I was really, really worried. You know what hurt the most? You know, the only thing that hurts. There's one thing that hurts. What is it, Eric? Tell Your me mouth. what. No, 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 my ears listening to you and you goddamn nonsense. 
No, it's my we'll ass. No, it's my ass. Because if, if you would have noticed when I was lifting this stuff, I had to really di- have to dip down low with this stuff. And pretty You're pushing much, those carts around here. Tell lifting. me how bad your ass hurt. I, was, I think yeah, your yeah. ass hurt. Yeah. Oh, it hurt so bad this morning. I woke up. I said, Jesus it's Christ. It's like yesterday's leg day. Did Eric slip in at 3 a.m. is what I said. <laughs> in both ways. It, it was. <laughs> You're really a two-entry two man, I am. Uh, I really, really am sore right now. And then I had to go today. I ended up having to go to see Rafe. I didn't have to go. I wanted to go see Rafe play football. That's cool. He started a uh, NFL football deal uh, type thing that they have in town. Uh, he is on the Broncos. He ended up having to play Eric the Eagles. Now, do and, they have uh, positions or do they switch around? No, they, he has positions. The, the guy, the coach is kind of a dick, oh, but okay. uh, they ended up kind of under the gun. They were supposed to start last week, and it was canceled last week. So to actually get things going, they had to arrive for 15 minutes. They ran drills. This is what I told them was going to happen. I said, you're going to get there. The coach is going to run you through these crazy-ass drills, and then they're just going. he's just going to have to pick positions. Is there any practice? Just from seeing this. No, that's what I'm saying. The practice was canceled because it was raining when the, I forget what day it was supposed to be. So, so you show had 15 to minutes early, you meet your team, you run some drills, and you're thrown yeah. right into the game. He ran a couple drills and then said, okay, you guys are on offense, you guys are on defense, you're doing this, you're doing that. And uh, as That's the game good. progressed, they were switching off. And yeah. Rafe was – I could tell Rafe was kind of upset because he was just on offense. He was a receiver. Now, again, he's taller than anyone. And I, I told him that also. Yeah. He's going to be that. Um, but by the end – uh, you could tell that the coach must have liked him because he ended up he was going uh, both ways, kind of like you, Eric. Yeah. By the end, he was a two way player. That's no joke. Um, but yeah, he ended up catching the what should have been the winning touchdown, uh, but didn't end. But up it turns out like, they were twenty points below their no, other team. No, no, no. You really want to? You want people to get a little laugh out of this one? Yes. You, you want to hear? Of well, course, first I do. Off, you're not allowed to spike the ball when you you know touchdown, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, if, if you do, if you, you catch me, a touchdown, right. you can run 100 yards, touchdown. If you spike the ball, the ball goes back. It's a non-play then. They they do not want that sort of thing. They don't want taunting. What, so Rafe takes that. Yeah, well, Rafe takes that. Hey, it is sponsored by the NFL, which has been known to be the No Fun League. <laughs> Rafe takes the idea that you're not allowed to spike the ball is what they said. He thinks, though, you can celebrate. So Rafe ends up almost like a fade touchdown. Uh, he's taller than the guy. He just rips it down like an Alshon Jeffrey right. in the corner of the end zone and then proceeds to do the icky shuffle <laughs> at the guy. And the penalty flag was thrown. Rafe, uh, you can hear him. the game. No, no, this is the word. I mean, this is where I'm like, uh, who is that kid? Because I'm pretty far distance. He's icky shuffling. The sh- whistle goes, flag goes up. Uh, taunting, celebration, no touchdown, and all I hear is, what the fuck? And I'm now like, he's really, no longer really? in the league. Now, whistle blows again. Now another 15-yard penalty. This was at the end of the game. He pretty much had the end of game. To, it all take, And then they threw to another guy, and the guy dropped it. They lost. Um, but Rafe, it, Rafe seemed to think that this was a victory for himself and ah. for everyone out there who wants to celebrate. It, it's a personal victory for him. The rest of the team wanted to kill him, though. Yeah. Well, they, they seemed to get a kick out of that icky shuffle. <laughs> 
is what they did. You know, uh, like more yeah. than Icky? Hey, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of it was kind of bad. I, I kind of just when I saw that, I'm like, yep, I'm going to the car. I'm waiting for him. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and then his one friend, we had to end up uh, taking his one friend as well. For some reason, because what Tanya described as his parents are assholes and won't drive him. So we had to drive pretty much uh, for you in uh, where it would be to the brick tavern to pick his ass up and go home then. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was watching a little of his game, too. And his coach just didn't seem to like him because when he did play, he obviously was the best guy on his team. It's it's the weirdest thing, too, the idea of being a kid. Because my parents wouldn't drive me places either for stuff I wanted to do. So being that kid growing up, you know what you do at that point? You stop doing things because you can't yeah. get there. Yeah, and it's weird. Like the, this whole football thing, it did remind me. And it brought up bad memories because when I first started playing uh, football, I remember when, when I, I played midget football, oh. uh, I ended up uh, signing up. And, you know, a couple of my friends were playing, but they, they had already played a year or so. I signed up and I went and, and you know, this will shock you. You're sitting down there. <laughs> I was the smallest guy on the team. So when I showed up. <laughs> I kind of was just, you know, pushed aside. They really didn't care to even they give me a shot. They underestimated a little Jimmy Warner? they did. And I remember really Monsters. having to fight very hard to even get some attention on that. It took me – yeah, I was. I ended up actually – I got big No, I mean you needed the shower. Year. Well, that too. Yes. I, I was very smelly. That's what you do. But no, it took me uh, over a year. The next year, it took me to my next year where they changed coaches. I would have given and up And the by coach then. coming to actually just give me a shot. And then I started. But it, this was the thing. A lot of these things, and I told Rafe, and I saw this going on with his friend Jackson even. It just, it, sometimes you just fall in this weird bad luck where you don't get the where opportunity. people hate your jerk off yeah, face. they just don't give you an opportunity. And that always makes me kind of sad with all that. Now back to Jay's email. Oh, yeah, Jay. <laughs> We're not done. Here's a question for Eric. What are Where your top five Pokemon ever? Oh, my. He likes Jigglypuff. I'll tell he you my number one is Snorlax. You like Snorlax? I are love you like, Snorlax. You a, you a Mr. Mime fan? <laughs> I am not a Mr. Mime fan. You're not? I love Doug Trio, but not the Aloha version. Not a fan of that. Oh. Um, let's see. What else do I like? <laughs> where, where, is the, where is the cricket? I love Venusaur, Bulbasaur, whatever oh, the entire evolution of that. Uh, that's a tough question. My ass is sore. That's what my, my favorite sore, huh? is. My ass is sore. I, I don't know what my top five are off the top of my head because I didn't have, have time Mr. to prepare Mime? a proper. No. Not that, but Snorlax is definitely number one on that list. Uh, you know that I would just go down the list of every overpowered Pokemon. That's that's all I would do. I, you like you don't like – yeah, like, yeah. You don't like, like Charizard or something like that? No, I don't. And don't you? No. He, he seems to be a standard. You don't like the, the Pikachu's? Like you don't like the Pikachu's with not that? Really. They're the okay. Goldines? You're not the Goldines? That's what Alex used to do. He used to end up, we had the card game for a while. And basically, he would end up stacking the deck. And I, I'd uh, end up with all these Goldines and some nonsense. And he had all these other things. And I didn't know how to play the game. So I didn't even realize he'd have like evolutions and stuff like that that shouldn't have even been in play. I, yeah, I don't know how that card game works. Yeah, I like the card game enough. Uh, that was when we were trying to get into uh, 
all those card games. What's that magic? The the gathering. Yeah. It was magic. The uh, yeah dispersing when I played Eric. We ran magic away. Magic. How quick your money goes. Magic. Uh, where the hell is going on? Because that guy beat me because he spent all that money. Didn't that happen to one of your friends? Was that Pokemon or was that magic? No, no. That must have been where, magic because I dealt with way more with magic. Yeah, than you you said that at one point your one buddy went to the store and bought like all these overpowered. Oh cards. no, that, that was the goddamn uh, the DC versus <laughs> system of oh, like card games. It was. Yeah, that's pretty. That was like back in like 2002 or three. Yep, that's what it was. Segregation, Reggie. That's when I quit. Much love, Jay. And thank you, Jay. And I hope that the Raptors go down uh, swinging, but I don't think they will. They were up by 16 when I last checked, so I'll have to see. But basketball is that weird deal. You have to tune into the end, right? No, I don't. It's like, it's like what I think of Eric. You wait, but you always wait for the end. Alex what? M is next. He says, hello, Jimbo and Eric O. What What's is happening's homes, boys? First, Nothing. let me give a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. Beep, boop. He asked for Brian from Arkansas. I didn't have that ready. Guess what? <laughs> ship. Guess what? Yeah, I decided ship. to go back and listen to some of the older shows. I started oh with 2016 at issue or episode number 52. It was a pretty good episode. You guys reviewed Justice League number 47, DS War, which you really liked, and Superman Wonder Woman, which you really liked. That book I fell I apart book. near the end. You also reviewed Batman and Robin Eternal, which had its really good moment. Batman uh, consoling Cassandra Kane, and also Dr. Fate, which you shat on. Yes. You wound up staying off the series. Here, here's this. This is where I want to tell everybody right now. You already mentioned now it's it's five after ten right now. I'm exhausted. Wrap your head around this. Wrap your balls around this statement. I'll try. You wound up staying up to about ten to four in the morning with plenty with Eric with plenty of cigarettes smoked along the way. The big thing during the episode. <laughs> that me so full. Uh, the, the big thing during the episode you two were still reeling from dildo nine eleven. <laughs> That is true. Episode uh, 50. Yeah, episode 50 was when Jess showed Never up. And I think, that, I think that that one might be shoved off of the um, the iTunes because they only do, you know, so many episodes. And we've had a lot of like in between. I know there's so many like side episodes on that feed as well. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I have been uh, kind of, you know, t- toiling, not toiling, dicking around with the idea. <laughs> I, toiling, I'm dicking. telling you, words are hard. <laughs> dicking around with the idea. Of getting rid of all those spotlights so that at least the main episodes would be on iTunes. Because, again, they will only have the top, you know, the last 300. But then right. I thought, but that that sucks, too, because those. But originally, we remember when we used to do the spotlight, but that would also still be on the podcast. So I, I got to think of what's going on. I also, I don't know if you saw, on the Patreon, I put up a rewind, as I like to call them. Of the first book of the New Justice 52 League Review, which was one? Justice League. That is my first step of getting those off of the feed. So if you like those New 52 Review podcasts and you don't want to be part of Patreon, you You're better get your there. ass over there yeah. and start you know, getting it. Because I'm going to take those off to make some room. We had like 20-some episodes on the actual, uh, you know, our feed. I didn't think there were that many, but there are. So I'm going to put those, some of the uh, two-parters I'll put in as one and release them as we go in case, because those are things that I oh, think maybe some people had missed. Terrible on the episode of our 52. I, I took them down to the lab. 
I hooked them up to all the machinery that I have down there. I used all of my wizardry. Now I'm talking about what Alex is listening to. With audacity. No, I'm telling you, though, with these things, and this still sounds like shit is what I was getting to. It's tough. Uh, but I did level it out, though. So at least you get your level best, as they used to say. Um, but yeah, oh, Alex, he's probably listening to those like, what the hell? Hey, really, go before episode 19. Then the shit show was really going on. Then you didn't even have a mic. You were Who talking, needs a mic? You were talking. You fought me. To like, I really expected the podcast to go to episode well, that, 225. That was, that was the thing. This Back then, I kept saying to you, you got to get a mic. And you're like, this is not going to last. And I'm like, no, no. And I remember telling you, too, I'm like, yeah. not on my watch. <laughs> yeah, really. Because around the time you got a mic, you really tried to bring it down. I ended up saying to you at one point, like, you need to get a mic. And I, I'm telling you, you this, is episode, five this is episode eight. I said, well, at least you can do something about that, you fucking asshole, is what I said. <laughs> or, or I'm saying that now. No, what, what I thought, I, I said, uh, Eric, you got to get a mic. And you're like, no, no, I'm going to wait until – and people start listening to the yeah. show at least. So I know I straight up lied out of my ass to you at the one point. I'm like, Eric, we got this amount. And I'm point. telling you the amount. Well, every point. No, I, yeah. I ended up having to lie to you and tell you that the podcast was like eight times as popular as it really was. So you would buy a mic to get us that popular. It, it was, you know, chicken or the egg here, buddy. And finally you did. And Neither remember, meets murder. Rem- remember <laughs> the point when. We got that mic, the rejoicing that all seven of our listeners had. It was Reggie. I just uh, think of Reggie, honestly. Brandon, Brandon, me and Reggie got in a freaking fight after fight about the sound quality. Then Reggie started giving me, you know, advice. He was sending me advice, which was driving me nuts as well. Then he fought with my wife. Oh, and there was some uh, fun shitting on another culture kind of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> you know we, we might have been doing a rain dance uh, when i ran over into episode 53 now as for 53 i've not uh still completely listened to it but at one point uh you read one of my emails and also you guys oh, started nice. talking about this guy named the eternal king probably five minutes of the funniest five to ten minutes of weird science dc comics podcast i've ever guy. heard it yeah. took me a second to remember who that was and still yeah. remember all the context no i i don't I still don't. Uh, yeah, can remember you that shine? guy on that Google Plus account who oh, lived his life through fantasy? He was talking. Remember that that was the guy who was also talking about the Marvel universe and stuff. Yeah. Or what was that? Oh my god! Oh no, no, I remember that. No, this the guy was a that guy was, of like yes, D and D personified. He was a Google Plus guy who ended up. Uh, posting blog uh, entries of him as a dragon, I think, at one point. Dragon He was Slayer. an eternal t- <laughs> That guy just, was the I best. I think that episode, we sat there and just read his blog yeah. entries. Yeah, that was that was way back when. We used to do stuff like that. Just kind of like this mail section. I believe it starts at around 36 minutes, but at 40 minutes is when you start reading his blog. <laughs> that was fun. I forgot about that guy. By the way, Great job on the pop show. You guys have made this show one of the most entertaining, 
an informative pieces of media that I check out on a bi-weekly basis. And that nice. is our pop culture podcast on the Patreon. Now it's time for Eric Shea to move to the big leagues and start doing reaction videos on YouTube. <laughs> and that's it. And Alex, I'm, I'm telling you, maybe, maybe for a treat, I'm I will. You, I'm going to do a reaction video series, Eternal King but it's going to be though. me dressed as Dracula, reacting yeah. as Dracula. That's my and, bet. And that's the thing is I'm going to be, I want to be involved as well. Can I be some, I could be a guest no. star occasionally no, get away from my things as frankenstein and then anything you react to you tell me it's straight fire and i freak the fuck out oh fire bad and i start yelling this would be great i could i could see it now this is our claim to fame our ticket to the next episode the you're a wolf man you start yeah. freaking out i look at the camera this is a hairy situation how are you doing can i do that can Just i can i get that going react. on yeah <laughs> would be good monsters I got, react I, I got two jason masks here i'll just he doesn't react doesn't I, say I, a thing just no, stares at he it he just stares at you and then you're like man if, if next week if this keeps going on we're gonna have to get a hold of our mummy can we do that mommy? you don't mommy. even have the rim shot for your own self because i'm not reacting to this it's not <laughs> on my series this is your reaction this is the reaction video to my jokes any other uh oh man Looks like it's time that we go back to the lagoon. <laughs> Where, where's the turtle king? I, so I need some went, of that. It's, it's going to be the creature from the black lagoon watching the reacting to the movie, the blue oh, lagoon. How do I, here's the thing. I was just going to do my impersonation of the creature from the black lagoon. But the problem is, does he ever talk? No, he's a goddamn uh, okay. creature. Why does the lagoon? Why do you have to be racist with the lagoon? Is what he would say, Eric. I, I, do, I, do, I do impressions, Eric. Impressions, right? You want to hear my impression of the creature from the Black Lagoon? <laughs> do you want to hear my impression of the creature of the Black Lagoon? Well, I think he's a rather nice guy who likes to be underwater. That's my impression of him. Boom, Eric. You ever watch I that did movie? It. I did it. Now, uh, yeah, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I, I think that he goes in the lagoon and at some point he comes out, right? Is that what happens? And then there's a sunbather and then they go out and they're like, hey, come on, let's skinny dip. I'm like, no, no, I heard there's a lagoon out there in the ocean. There's ah, a lagoon screw out that. there in the ocean. <laughs> and they go out. And a then lagoon the girl, the girl, in the ocean. The girl gets eaten by the lagoon. And then the next day, Roy Schneider, Roy Schneider comes and he wants to check things out and he almost vomits when he sees the girl there. And then they say, get this off the goddamn beach. It's the biggest season of the, the year. Isn't that the creature of the Black Lagoon? Am I right? Next I'm thing pretty sure you, know, you think the lagoon's the creature itself. Next thing you know, you have the lagoon, and he heads off to dinner, and he's making mountains made of mashed potatoes. Do you think potatoes. this is a French bully, lagoon? Yeah, that is. <laughs> hey, hey, what, what's going on? Hey, what's what's the matter, boss? So what are we doing here? I don't know why he's Italian, but it, <laughs> hey, what's it going on? I told you guys I needed somebody to help. Where is Lagoon? Hey, <laughs> he, he's over there. He's making the baguettes. Hey. <laughs> uh, theater of the mind hey what's going on there you're as dense as the Arc de Triumph hey there you go uh, is that good uh, you're there who is listening to this garbage it's what I, I want to know, know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's episode 225 I really am tired Eric I want this to end at 230 and I'm going to do worry, everything in my will. power to do that I, I, I wanted to look up uh, Eternal King 
and uh, you and your nonsense getting me all upset. And I, uh, what did I do? Uh, he got me off on a tangent with Lagoon. Lagoon. <laughs> Lagoon. Hey, what's the matter with your brother? Where is the, the, the sexy French brother of yours? I don't know a boss. I told you he's a Lagoon. It's a French <laughs> translation of a Shaw William Scott movie. Yeah. I but that is that's it for mail section number one, Eric. I'm, Thank I'm you, so, Alex. Look you did. So, Tyler, usually these things end up at the end of the podcast, not at the beginning. Not at the beginning. I even put these two mails at the beginning because I'm like, all right, we'll zip through these. People can get back to the books. I got to deal with this crap. <sighs> yes. Uh, Eric, we're off uh, with that. Uh, Jay will be happy to hear that we are going to go off and talk to Reggie, which will include such books as Heroes in Crisis Ding. and all that stuff, right? <laughs> all that stuff? We're going to go off right now. Right now. Yes, it's Reggie's section, but I figured that we would salute Eric Shea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I ended up just finding a, a song. I'm like, I got to find a song real quick. Ah, whatever. Eric Shea. Here it's we a classic. go. Yes, yes, I like yes, the fact yes, that indeed. one sounds like you taped it off the radio, too. That it does. Really that, that is uh, <laughs> one of the things that I think that when we were recording on Skype, that was never that is noticed pure by vinyl anybody. Pops and hisses that, that is everybody vinyl loves. pops and hisses. That's, that's right. why I prefer vinyl. That's why I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a douchebag of a wow. vinyl. Oh. How about that? Uh, speaking of vinyl, not douchebags, oh. we're, uh, we're here uh, to talk about a bunch of books this week with Reggie. Reggie has, I, I don't know, I, it's my vinyl undies that I'm wearing right now. Ooh, uh, yes. That is my thing. That's my kink, Aaron. Um, but yeah, Reggie has a lot of books this week and a couple of the big ones. Uh, unfortunately, this first one is the biggest one. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to get right into that. Uh, there's people who are losing their minds over this. I promise that will not be me. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'm not going to lose my mind over this. I, I've had enough. But it's we'll not get action into it. comics? No, it is not. <laughs> that was her. See, <laughs> I can get upset about that. <laughs> I'm not going to get upset <laughs> know, about right? this. Uh, but, Reggie, what is it? It is Heroes in Crisis number eight, written by Tom King, art by Mitch Gerads and Travis Moore. It's rhyme time, it's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme, it's rhyme time, it's rhyme time. 
time to put the comic books in rhyme. Five, ten, twenty, a million bucks. Heroes in Crisis just fucking sucks. It's a piece of shit. I mean, it's total trash. If you bought any copy, should have kept your cash. Think of all the bills that you could have paid. But back to this comic, it's worse than AIDS. It was presented as a murder mystery, but man, the only mystery is who made this shit and ran. Boom. And there you go. We end up having a issue that if you have been following along and you've been wanting to solve the mystery of the murder at Sanctuary, you end up finding out there was really no mystery. There was nothing to play along with. There was nothing to really get behind, Uh, especially the thing that really threw it in my deal and and showing where I know in your review, Reggie, you talked about the idea that things have to have changed. First off, we have Mitch Gerard's on art when he wasn't supposed to really be the no, main series Clay Man's artist. The lead on the Clay Man's on supposed to be the lead. I remember part of it was that Clay Man was drawing the six issues. He drew yep. all six issues, and the other three were going to be. And I thought it was going to be actually three different artists. It turns out yeah. to be just Mitch. That's Gerard's what it was, and, but and Mitch Gerard's and whatever. Yeah, all of a sudden we have this, what is the finale, kind of the reveal. Yes, we have one more issue, but originally this last issue that's coming up, this number nine, was going to be an epilogue that was going to kind of fill in some things, tell you more about the sanctuary. These were all pushed this way by Tom King himself. Then we get to this issue, and like I said, we've been bitching and moaning about some of the things that have been taking place in this. One of them being like, what the hell happened to the puddlers? This was one of the big things that was supposed to be the part of the quote unquote mystery. And when we get to this issue, Tom King does it again, where we find out that we couldn't have played along that. Basically he's going to say, Oh, and through Wally, I did this, 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 and this. And Mm -hmm. really now what Tom King thinks he's trying to do, maybe he thinks he's being clever, is we're put in the position of the Trinity of everyone else that we were duped. Uh, But that's not a fun way to read a a comic series where we find out, oh, the Puddlers. I mean, just the thing about the Puddlers, in my mind, is the idea that Wally says, oh, I just put that up there because I heard Barry say about it once. I wanted to throw them off. Now, that there's a couple things, and we'll go into the nitty-gritty in a minute, but there's two things that, in my mind, uh, are really, really a point to me that have nothing to do with and, – and we were talking before we recorded. Me, Eric, Reggie, are you that upset or that surprised at the end that it was Wally West no. who ended up doing this? I, I, I'm Eric actually just kind a of little mad. more. But I yeah, made a but, joke at the beginning of the series, the whole idea when Tom, uh, Tom King came out and said, Dan DiDio told me that in every crisis, a flash has to die. And me thinking, okay, he's not going to be hacky, hackney enough to say, well, I'm going to flip the script on this and make a flash for the killer. I'm like, mm-hmm, oh, but yeah, he, God. Yeah. Yeah, he that's did. what he done. But, yeah, but even two issues did. ago, when when we realized that, or two or three, when Wally, they were like, Wally West's body is five, from five days in the future. That's yeah. when I think it was you, Jim, first. You were like, oh, Wally did it. And then I think all well, of us were like, oh, thing, that sounds though, like that's probably where it's going. They, yeah. they also pulled a cover away from months ago that showed that Wally was the killer. Bleeding yeah. cool broke the news and spoiled everything a year ago that Wally West was the killer. So yeah. this is no shock. And I, I don't care. Uh, Wally West being the killer, I really don't care that if no. the story's good the problem Wally. is what it shows me what it should there's a couple of things it shows me but two of the things story-wise it shows me that 
Barry and Batman, you, you get rid of that greatest detective nonsense because they're they're morons. Because you <laughs> ended up having them looking at these bodies. I don't know what the happens, and they had to do that because if they figured out that it was Speed Force Lightning, if it was some sort of thing, th- then you'd be like, okay, uh, there you give up the the Joe. You know, the whole story's right. ruined. So the way the story was told made Batman and Flash, Barry Allen Flash, more. Morons, complete morons. The yeah. other thing uh, that they were this basically does, comic relief uh, last the other, issue. Yeah, the other thing that this does is if this number nine issue does not start out with the whole superhero community banging on Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman's door and saying, you know what? You fucking asshole set this shit up in the worst possible way. You made this be a house of healing. You are fucking assholes. You didn't look into this. And this is where I go back to the idea. Tom King, when he started up this story, said, I'm going to go to the crisis I think that's what changed in the story was this was supposed to be much more about the Trinity. There's no healing. What it ends up being is. They basically left a few issues ago. We really haven't seen them since, you know. And what this ends up being is. And that was that. Yeah. Sanctuary is set up. To have what happened here was the idea of the healing process of sanctuary was what drove Wally insane to do this. The actual healing place is the villain. And that was said, well, where's Wonder Woman's compassion? I haven't seen that bullshit. Although, although he and, and so, it. Yeah, but with this, where is the idea of any sort of healing? Yeah, you can come back in this issue nine and try to finagle your way out of it, like you did with this issue, to finagle your way out of all the non-clues that you led into this. But the whole idea that you had set up this story and went and said, and, and what I'm saying is also about this crisis center stuff and the sanctuary. Tom King, hey, you know, I'm going to do this story, PTSD healing. I'm going to go to these crisis centers where we have, you know, veterans going to get healed. He went to one and then announced, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. It's not really fitting my story. Yeah, no shit, because that's a place that people go to heal. No, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense because he went there. No, (laughs) he went there and said, you know what? I'm going to do a murder mystery. So what he did, he lied again. He lied just like the wedding. This wasn't about PTSD. This isn't about healing it's a hack murder mystery that's bullshit and there you go i'm not gonna get, you get upset I again you. <laughs> yeah, I think you upset. but that's what it is because i said right when it was announced you know what he's gonna end up it's not gonna be anything about healing it's gonna end up about being misery like he always does and the way that i will tell you people who are tom king sick of fans out there they sit there and they review this issue and that you know what they say i said this to you reggie man the emotions oh my on easter break i went and did this with my kids that's what they did there's yeah. not one person who sits there and says this is a 10 out of 10 because everything makes sense there's nothing here what about the chattering teeth in commander steel where did they go well where Seriously. did wally then go was he is that is he that sadistic that after he ended up killing these that he ended up going and getting chattering teeth and shoved it down the dead throat of commander steel you have ruined wally west for the people who do love him i'm not one of them uh, he yeah. buries my flesh i, I mean like that's wally. definitely true you know but but i do think that if you really if people are really wally west fans they probably should have steered clear of this but yeah it's it's the way that they that that tom king has wrapped this up is so shitty and and again like i, I call them a Charlie Chan mystery when there was no clues leading no up clues. to the big reveal at the very the end. There's no clues. You're just the reveal. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's just like, 
you wasted all of our time and you wasted all of our money. And for and for the fact what this issue is, which is entirely told in captions, you could have just run off a Xerox page of script of just his his confession, sold it for a quarter, and saved everyone a lot of time. Yeah. And money Even the idea that this is his waste. confession after he does everything, like yeah. he ends up killing everybody, hiding the like not hiding, but setting up evidence, placing the body certain places, the full Batman in the Flash, so he doesn't look guilty. He then goes and does his own confession, which he sends to Lois Lane, which for some reason we've gone over days ago in this timeline where Superman went out and did a speech after learning about it. But nobody knows it's Wally West for some reason, even though he's sending his even confession though he sent a Lane. confession. And yeah, and with Wally, he ended up killing these, you know, the people by accident because he freaked out with a speed force power we've never seen before. Which is kind of you have Barry Allen. You always have to hold it back. Yeah, a a speed force Nova. Well, wouldn't that be something that a Barry Allen, a speedster, when he comes, maybe he would notice there's residual speed force energy? And even if you want to associate it with what Wallace West had, where he couldn't vibrate through walls at a certain point, and when he would try to vibrate, he would explode speed force energy out. I never saw that kill anybody, even though I've him use it on people yeah the only other time and people have pointed out the only other time we've had a kind of a speed force explosion was in the flash where we had a speed storm storm that gave people powers the speed force gave people powers and and so with with this idea even just thinking about the speed force itself it's like the speed force is kind of a thing of its own and when he's it doesn't make this is the you know the what's it called the uh superman power the uh solar flare this solar is the flare. Speed that's force i kept trying flare. to remember what the hell that was called yeah, it's yeah. the speed force flare this is now. the speed force flare but it, it really the speed force has become the catch-all anything yeah. you want it to be and, and, well, let's yeah. think about him using the speed force to piece together the the rapidly Deleted deleting uh, yes. of, of of confessions like we we already kind of talked wondered why <laughs> why would you even why would this confession yeah why would it be recorded even exist you know what I mean why is there even a camera in and this room it doesn't make any sense. With the idea that there was a camera that recorded yeah. everything, and as yeah. soon as it was over, deleted, deleted everything. Right? How does Wally run so fast to go inside of a computer and put all the bits of information back together uh, well, so you can watch that. it? Doesn't make any you're saying sense. that. I want to ask you: When did Batman go to the sanctuary and record that he uh, was upset about his Robin's dying? Right, because right. that's one of the things that was on the confessional. That yeah. had to have been years ago. That wouldn't be there. What they didn't defrag their hard drive? Is that what we're, we're <laughs> Going with that is the end deal. Not they did they forgot to defrag. Half of these confessionals were supposed to be from years ago. Batman is setting up a system. He keeps saying there are no tapes. There are no tapes. There shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. If if you're going to delete it immediately, why are you recording it any? At any point, that makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And like you said, he ends up where Wally, you know, he explains it all. He's upset. He's alone. He remembers yeah. his family, he does, though he really isn't his he family. He doesn't That's that believe old that anybody else is here in Sanctuary, even though they keep telling They believe this is he's insane and this is just for him. Yeah. He needed to prove to himself that there are other people here. But when he found, found the information that proved that he wasn't the only one, this drove him even more off the edge. And yeah. that's what made him blow i'm like oh, this and so idea. what you had I ran yeah, so fast what, yeah. i put the information in a computer back together again shut up yeah and, and so with this what wally has done is he he gets upset he ends up killing everybody by accident right there there is a port like if that's the story there and we go from there to 
get the rest of the issue. Say this is issue three and we see that Wally freaked out. He did this. And now the rest of the issues are all the superhero community coming to Wally's side to help, to figure out what they can do, to see how they can maybe bring these other people back. That'd be fine. See the healing. What happens with Wally here, though, what Tom King does is Wally does this, sees it, goes, oh, boy, I better frame Booster Gold and Harley Quinn because they're dupes. Uh, I I have to rearrange the bodies. (laughs) And then that's not enough. Now I have to expose. First off, I'm going to watch like a voyeur all these people's personal confessionals that that are the most personal things to them. I'm going to watch them. Then I'm going to put them back together so I can send them to the press to release them to everybody. I mean, Wally goes to be he goes from a jerk to a piece of shit to whatever throughout this whole, you know, reveal of what happened. Then I, why wouldn't he have gone to Barry and said, Barry, I don't know what to do. I, I did this. I don't understand. Go to so No, he is going to end up putting everybody's lives in danger after killing all these people. He is lucky that Harley and Booster didn't get killed in the meantime. But Harley went to kill Booster at points and stuff. He could have had more blood on his hands. Also, if he is so upset about being upset, you know, so upset about being alone. So why hasn't he mentioned Roy, one of his best friends in, in ever? You know, there isn't even, oh, my God, you know, that was only to get the feels before where he could hug Roy and I'm sorry I did it. Now it just is left behind. He killed one of his friends because he was also the idea. Not only did he run inside of a computer mainframe, but then watched all the confessionals that had to be at super fast mode. Just because you have super speed doesn't mean the videos are super fast. You can't watch videos (laughs) super fast. Because the emergency went off immediately as soon as he started doing this, which made everybody rush outside. And they rushed outside. Yet, we'll just point out one of the things as well. Lagoon Boy, he ended up dying. Back in issue number three. That's when he got blasted over and over in the VR. He ran outside and had a spike impaled through him. Well, it's different then, but you yeah, know, that's right. They'll just say the spike was the speed force dealing it I looked mean, like that. There, it just raises a million questions. And, and you know, Tom King said we were going to learn all about sanctuary. We learned we learned really nothing. nothing about sanctuary no. at I don't all. Know anything about this? Uh, because if we, you learn we, too much, it would it would have caused him a dead end. Because we, we Wally has to finagle holodecks, but but I've always wondered like. Where do they stay? Where, where do they eat? Like, what goes on in here? And then yeah, so like, when this alarm went off, if everyone in Sanctuary thought it was just for them, wouldn't you, the alarm goes off, you run upstairs, you see fucking 30 other heroes, yeah. wouldn't you be like, what the hell are you, what's going yeah, what's on, what that? are you doing here, also, you know, like, what's happening? <laughs> also, the idea, Batman set this up, right? Batman set up, where's the Kryptonian technology that we were pushing? Uh, that's where's a good that? question. Where, where, where is, does that come in? So like, Batman, what does that do? Batman set up one of the most secretive spots for any superhero to be in, right? That they're, they're there. Nobody can come in that would reveal all this stuff. Plus, where are these robes and masks that were so pushed? We saw it in like one issue. But if there is an emergency, there's been a breach, something happens. Batman has programmed the sanctuary to basically say, run. That That is right. the protocol. That is what he has set up where if something goes wrong, Run, not run to a room, not have Kryptonian tech. That enough. Just get the hell out. I, I, I just it might as well be Batman. Beep, beep, get the hell out of there. Get <laughs> the hell the out. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's <laughs> running around. There's nothing. 
that makes sense in this issue of what has been set up before. But yet, just you the have idea Tom of King what keeps going. The, I miss a, my family. Th- there's a computer breach. Everybody run outside. What? Yeah, why, why would that be run outside? Like, what? Why? why would that be run outside? Wouldn't it shut down the computer? How about Do where something. the computer room is? It, it seals it. You have, have the robots take care of it. But we end with the robots, but it's we don't like, know. It's like a movie from 1980. You know, it there's is. a computer breach. Everybody oh, no. freak out. Run uh, around. You know? it, it is. It, that's what it is. Sandra Bullock shows up. What's going on? Somebody oh, called no, it's me. The net. Right. It's the net. Let me at that keyboard. Everything is just, but like we said, all. All of these clues that we had going in, you are told by this issue, eh, anybody who tried to figure this out, it's a dupe because nothing you saw was real. It was yeah. all set up by Wally to fool everyone, even you. And here's what happened. And you're just, it is after all these, you know, seven issues, we get an info dump in what should be one of the most important, you know, issues and things going on right now. But he has to info dump because nothing ties up well. And the only way to make sense of it is to just have Wally. I mean, he, Wally holds our hand to tell us exactly what happened in this. So if you were reading it's this, so bad. if you when this trade comes out and you go read, just skip to issue eight. You know, that's all you need to read. Skip to this it's, issue. It's so see what cheap, Wally didn't go really, forward. Uh, all I can think of is that, you know, eight issues, that this is $40 worth of comic books now that people have bought. This is like a big, you could, you could have bought this book or you could have bought the latest fantasy novel, you know yeah. what I mean? The thousand page fantasy book. And so I had 10 bucks left over, by the way. Uh, it's not worth it, man. This thing is, it's, it's a complete and total ripoff. Yeah. I do think, I, I think Wally West was probably the culprit all along. But this thing definitely changed it to its, change. its, its gears in, in the, after no. the second or third well, issue. Just, just the whole easy idea of what we do here because, you know, we have Harley and Booster who are kind of slow pokes, it seems, getting out of their VR chambers. Yeah. So at that point, while he ran so fast, he was able to spin them around, reprogram their VR so that they can walk in and think that they see the other they person killing that. everybody. Exactly. He grabs yeah. – oh, I know you're fast, but this doesn't mean my sense of touch loses anything here just because <laughs> or, you're fast. Or the sense of whiplash. When yeah. you're spun around and, and flung different spots, but then they These also don't realize know. that they're walking back out of this when they end up going to fight each other. I'm like, get out of town! But then I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I, I set up my dupes here, but then you know what I do? I tried to borrow some of Booster's tech. He had a backup device, so when I tr- yeah. but I tried backup, to steal it, a backup device. His and this shield is went where up, but I had yeah. speed. But so yeah. I disabled his shield and I stole his backup time travel device, this which we had to all, find out before. Yeah. Was Skeets was his time travel. Yeah. I'm like, what happened to Time Spheres? But also he has yeah. a backup time travel device. But yeah. not, only that, this, this, not uh, only that, he uses his time travel device to go five days in the future where his his older self tells him, hey, when you're in Gotham for some reason, you see Harley Quinn drop a rose into the river, pick up that rose and plant it because it'll turn into a goddamn poison ivy set up yeah. for some reason. And then he what? ends up killing his future self so that he could do that. And, and with this, why the biggest the biggest MacGuffin nonsense deal? Why didn't he go back in time and just stop yeah, the murders? If he's going to go, uh, if he's going to go and tell about planting a rose, you know, kiss to a rose here, seal singing mm-hmm. while he's doing this. Why didn't he go back ten days 
in the past and tell before Wally did any of this. Hey, say, there's other Listen, people here. <laughs> everything's going to be fine. You're going to do this, that, and the other thing. Let's stop this together, whatever. And that's where people were saying, once you get time travel involved, and, and this is, you know, because the speedsters can't time travel, you have to have boosters suddenly have a backup, you know, time device, which yeah. makes no sense. Also, why wouldn't he have known or, or seen this thing? These are things that usually when you see Booster going, and even if you use that, came back real quick, put it back on Booster, but it, it seems like it would have been gone, but also it would have had, you know, the last time it was used, things like Booster would know. Booster is a time master. He knows these things. And so you have well, all normally that, you think that. I don't convoluted. know about the dummy Booster Not that this Tom one. King Not writes. the bro Booster so that yeah. doesn't make sense but really at the end of all this and how i think it's just going to end up in issue nine why didn't you go back in time and stop the murders why did you use time you know time travel and your speed force powers to frame well, other has, people has, so that you can do this that, and the other thing. into a dummy at this point because well, now then he says West, at the end i'm gonna do something bad well, exactly. he says, I'm, but I, but he could go back and make sure he didn't that would be what a I hero might do, do. Now that I have these five days, I have to do something really good to make up for all the murder I've caused now. I'm like, why, no, why no. is that your line of reasoning here? Yeah, why is dumb as shit? Know. Yeah, and, and really, it's Wally West is – I mean, he comes off as a jerk. He, he framed two innocent people. Uh, really, in my mind, Harley gets the worst off because Harley is just an easy target for him. Now, of course, Harley just – happens to be there and happens to do confessionals though she was not a patient so i don't know Ooh. why she was in the vr anyway you would think that batman would set up a sanctuary that if somebody unauthorized went to get you know this stuff going on you would have alarms go off right there and stop the whole process but no you don't have that and, <laughs> and then people could tell me well jim they can't have alarms like that because they're not really record no no they're recording they're just deleting it right after they're so recording, and they have alarms too so what the hell batman you know, and the trinity yeah, batman and the trinity have set up a quote unquote you know place of healing with no checks and balances nothing involved nothing and at the end, uh, you can tell me all you want. What really this story seems to push to me is a narrative of if you have a mental health issue, it doesn't matter what you do. You are going to go. You're going to flip off the handle and hurt people, which that's a dangerous narrative. But also with the sanctuary and how Wally goes about it, it, it seems like Tom King is saying to me that mental health therapy is bullshit and will never work. That's what I get out of a story that was pushed to me to be something about healing and something to show how superheroes do have problems but then get help. Uh, the only thing we've had with that is Superman having that speech, which, again, was a forced moment that was just a, you know, an info dump of a speech. Oh, look at this. Yeah. We're this and that. And after all that, it's just you're you're not showing what you seem to want to tell us and what you promised us to go into this because I, I think that I mean, there, on, there's still been no fallout from the fact that every, the world now apparently knows every hero's yeah, secret. Yeah, know, like, yeah, what's going yeah. on with that? No, because that was I just that thrown in there. Part of the story, yeah, that was frankly. just thrown in there and now the world's just, you know, going about its own business, I guess, yeah. and leaving them alone. But yeah, Eric, it's anything that, else? It's that 24-hour no. news cycle. That's about yeah. it with the nonsense. The thing is about it, though, with all the problems I had the 
story. It's not good. Nothing about it is good. There is some moments within the dialogue that I think that Tom King was probably at his best because I hate Tom King dialogue. But for the O's and the ums of Wally trying to get his mind straight in his confession, some of that I actually thought was pretty good. It's just that the story he's telling is complete bullshit. It doesn't make any goddamn no, sense. No, no. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I hated every moment of it. I think this is a ripoff. I think that the widescreen panels and all this stuff shows that it was probably drawn in about half an hour. And uh, it pretty much shows a lot of repeated bullshit like Mitch Durant likes to do. Yeah. I gave it a 2 out of 10. Yeah, I I think that this was an issue that wasn't originally going to be this number 8. I think that things had to be done to pretty much correct a lot of things that were going on that didn't jive that we've been pointing out. A lot of other people have pointed out, you know, if you're playing along with the mystery. So by the end, it became such a convoluted story, which I think got a lot of, you know, a lot of cooks were in the kitchen here. And by this point, there was just too much going on to make sense in a story so it had to be wrapped around that wally i did everything uh what you saw was just me trying to play a game and so i wouldn't get caught and have time and all this i think that that's what this whole issue was just this whole issue was to try was there. to fix things and, and we have i know and then dropped it, and then it created a poison. I'm like, why would this happen? Or he know any of that shit from what is going <laughs> yeah. on? I'm yeah, like, yeah, then- he told. I'm saying he told his future self, but like, there's a paradox. And then what came first, the chicken or the egg? Just the idea that okay, my my future self told me I need to get a rose, but he's the one who told him. So how does he originally know? It doesn't make sense of that. But just the idea, I'm going to take this rose that Harley dropped, and it's going to grow into a poison ivy. I'm like, no. that's so nonsense. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I will point out the the big deal of. Uh, this time travel thing. The reason why it seemed uh, that they shut down time travel for the speedsters is because Wally was upset that in hypertime he saw that a different version of him, a different yeah. reality deal, had a family, had the kids. And when people are sitting there saying, you have to realize that these kids and this Linda is not his Linda. These no. are, this is a promise of a future that might be or did in the past, but not in this timeline. Because if you do try to figure out the deal, Wally is probably about 24. These kids are about 13, 14. He didn't have kids I, at 10. And I can't so, even try to. The, one of my biggest things since Rebirth happened was to try to figure out if this was the pre-Flashpoint Wally West or yeah. the New 52 Wally West that was in the New 52, but was made f- to be forgotten by Abracadabra. Yeah. And the idea is... My biggest problem with this, it seems like this is the new 52 Wally. Everybody has forgot about yeah. him, but when he touched people, they'd be able to remember some t- certain things like that. The biggest problem with that is I have no idea why Linda wouldn't be able to remember him because from the, the idea of him being lost, Linda was his lightning rod. And that seemed like that only seemed to be able to get Barry to be his lightning rod exactly. in the rebirth number one. That that just seemed like that was just a prop to kind of but go and every, that eventually we would have figured it out. Makes you realize that this was not the pre-Flashpoint Wally West. He just saw stuff that happened pre-Flashpoint. Yeah, that's what they oh said. Oh my god, I could have kids. Yes, in Flash War, it was one of those almost like, oh no, you know, something was taken away Flashpoint from me. Took a, yeah, exactly. But he he didn't know them, and even at that, that point, one of the big things in Flash War was him saying, "I want to go and talk to these kids." Linda, even Jay, all, all the Flash family was there, and Barry said, "No, no, no, we have something to do now." We'll do this later. And they weren't able to because of the whole breakdown of the speed force. It also didn't allow this. And so what led him into the sanctuary was not 
being sad and depressed that he didn't have a family. It was that he was trying too hard to get Zoom to see if he could go back and try to figure things out. Right. It, it, that's all it was. And he wouldn't stop. And they sent him to sanctuary in a very forced way. Uh, you know, and he ends up in sanctuary. And yeah, Tom King, if you're not reading the Flash book, Tom King is just fully going with this idea of I miss my family. I miss my family. People are going with the idea, oh, he was forgotten and he wasn't in the new 52 because he was never there. No, he was forgotten because he ended up in the beginning of the new 52 and disappeared because of abracadabra. And you get a lot of what the continuity going. It is very wonky and stuff like that at this point. So it's hard to kind of, you know pinpoint exactly what's going on i don't mind the angle of the family but you have to realize that you're having wally do stuff and people are pretty much writing it off of saying well it's for family and hey you do this if you forgot you know your family isn't around or whatever this isn't necessarily his family it it Mm. is another version of wally a pre-flashpoint version of wally that we think will combine at the end but really when we say about all this the idea of remembering things and uh, that should have been what this was all about it really should have been the mental health issues that come about when you remember different continuities and things and you you could have a new timeline on top of another one a lot of things and then you could have really could have pushed the idea that his family oh i know they were real don't tell me that that wasn't me I have these. He just saw them in hyper time is right. the deal. And so it's just the whole thing was convoluted from the start. And it started with a, you know, a shaky foundation. You can't make a house on a foundation of I've sand. You heard that? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's how it is. And then it's just by this point, I do think there were too many dead ends, too many painted in the corner moments that the only way to get out of them was to just say, hey, this is what happened. What you saw wasn't really really what was happening this is it and then we'll go from there but that's not an event type thing you, you can't paint yourself in the corners in what is pushed as a big event and that is what really upsets me i'm going two out of ten with reggie i thought the art was seemed a little rushed and seemed rushed because i think that it was i think that this was done later in the game why you didn't have a clay man on this is because they probably ended up oh we got to do this and clay man might be busy doing you know number nine he might be right. busy doing something else so what would you give yeah. me, Eric? I'm going to go like a little bit more positive. Don't make you think that I like anything really about this. Like I said, I was I actually caught off guard by how much I thought it was appropriate the way Tom King did some of Wally's dialogue during the nonsense that he was saying. But there's nothing really about this that I like. Some of the art's pretty good, though. But I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 10. Oh, positive a 2.5. One of the You're positive. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Positive Peter. There you mm. go. Well, we're, we're almost done. We have one more issue of this, and then we can just forget about it forever. But we're going right. to go on to the next book. All right, what is the next book, Reggie? The next book is Justice League Dark Number 10, written by James Tinian IV, art by Alvarez Martinez Bueno, Raul Fernandez, and Brad Anderson. It's rhyme time, it's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme, it's rhyme time, it's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. All rise, all rise, and prepare for the slaughter. Courts now in session with the Lords of Order and their hokey plan against the other kind. Trap them on Earth and then starve them blind. But won't that require us to kill ourselves? We all sacrifice, bud, because war is hell. Meanwhile, Satanas learned that her dear old dad has manipulated things and that makes her mad. Yes, and we're back with the JLD. It seems like it's been forever, forever. since we had a, yep. a last issue. Um, and I, I will say my piece at the beginning. 
and then I will go off on my own because I was bored again. This series is obviously not for me. I, I'm just, and and this is the thing. I don't even have anything to say about it. it looks great. It does. Uh, I love the art. We end up always moving forward two inches with exposition heavy beginnings. Anytime there's a big Would moment, you say we take. Two steps forward. forward. Yeah, we do. It's MC Skat Because then actually we <laughs> take a you know an inch forward and then just stay there for a while and it stand is, still. I will uh, agree with that in the, in the, at the opening that uh, this thing is moving rather incrementally, uh, especially since, ma'am. you know, we talked about it before that this thing did kind of have that hiccup with uh, the Wonder Woman crossover. The right. witching hour. Hour. Yeah, the witching But now hour. that's kind of like coming into play here. So now it, it almost makes this war against magic. Now we're going into how many issues? Uh, this is number 10. Yeah. And that was, that was two extra ones. This is like two extras, 12, yeah. 14 issues now dicking around with this uh, magic yeah. stuff. So it is sort of getting long in the tooth. I can't deny it. And this issue, for the most part, Essentially, and actually, in a way, helpfully reestablishes a lot of the things that were already happening. It uh, because it doesn't go a lot further. The, most of the JLD is still there in Mira. They were hoping to hide out from the other kind there, but that's where the Lords of Order, and that's you know the and. I really, really wish that because of the long delays that nobody seemed to talk about. I'm telling you, it feels like it's been two months since we talked about JLD, but going back into this with the Lords of Order attacking Mira and all our magical people being there, I'm like, I forgot all about that. Not only that, but who, like, it was a big deal last time to see that the Lords of Order have taken on magical hosts, and I wanted to be reminded about who it was. Not only that, but please tell me their names. Like, oh, hey, Sister Symmetry and Pattern. I'm like, I, I don't know you people. Please, I, I, just- you know, it's you're you're, you're very. I, the, my thing is, I just sort of lump them all. They're like they're just the Lords of Order, but there was some sort of a introduction to them, if I remember. But yeah, uh, like I, we had blocks before, like Madame Xanadu, I think is one of the things. So, like I can't yep. remember all of them. I, I have to go back and look at last issue, but that was an interesting element that doesn't really tie into anything here at all. But I thought that was a cool element, at least last issue. And it's now true. we're just going back, you know, <laughs> huh? time to destroy some more of Mira as we sit around. At least the one thing, though, of exposition heavy stuff I, I didn't mind about was besides for Bobo saying, man, I wish I didn't let down, you know, Mira here because I was supposed to be, I know Bobo, you've been telling me for the last six, seven issues about yeah, this. Really, Calm down like with enough. this. Oh, yeah, one trick like, monkey. I think, I think you can get over that now because Mira is fucked, buddy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and essentially, you know, just to say by the end of the issue, they all have to now evacuate Mira, you know, it's yeah. like basically, just, you know, we evacuate everywhere we go, everywhere we go. Needs to be evacuated. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't mind the exposition in the beginning with Khalid telling everybody about how Dr. Fate got the idea, going to the Lords of Order, talking about, look, some shit's about to go down. Or are we going to fight this? No, I think we should let it win. Khalid's like, no. And then he got vased up. I didn't mind that bit. But for the most part, I'm tired of all these magical people sitting around and just letting shit happen well, all the I time. Mean, that, that, that was one of the only new pieces of information. And that does also tell us how and when Khalid got stuck in the vase, which I was right. glad to find out. That and also, you know, the other the other two members of the JLD, Zatanna and Wonder Woman, have they're still at Cersei's. They're still looking for more Drew. And the big reveal, which actually we didn't know, but it's revealed to Zatanna, is that Zatara, uh, her dad, was on the same mission, and essentially he's been manipulating things from behind the scenes to make her 
uh, get on the same path, but like having John Constantine path. being almost his protege and yeah. making sure that he continues on with the path that he led to at this point. And I guess taking Zatanna on for the ride this whole time without letting her know exactly what she's doing. But and, lead, even, and leading her on romantically, perhaps. Oh, yeah, but you I'm know, telling you, it's Zatanna. The, look, he, he has a mission. Doesn't mean he can't get some loving on the side, you know especially with somebody who looks like Zatanna. The felons were real. You know what I mean? I know, right? They were real. <laughs> but like I'm telling you, right now we are tying back into the witching hour, which feels so far removed at this point. Yeah. Just because, like, we have Cersei, obviously, where she got all of Hecate's power. It seems at the end because all the other children gave it up. But when we left Hecate, she was trapped in like Themyscira with the other kind fighting it out. But now that the other kind's back out and about and invading Earth, just because uh, Cersei has the mark of the witch, it means that the other kind can't touch her. I'm like, when the fuck did this go down? Because last I saw of Hecate, they were duking it out with the other kind. Yeah, but suddenly suddenly she has the witch mark and she's protected. I, I, I don't know if Hecate and the other kind came to an understanding while trapped in Themyscira. It's like, all right, look, you're going to find your way out here. I got this mark over here. Please don't mess with that. You know what? Maybe I'll give you some, you know, money down the line. I don't know. Magical yeah, money if, down if the you, line. If you see this mark, can you give, you extend the bearer some credit? There's basically, Please. you know what I mean? A little bit of, you know what I mean? At the local thing, let them get a thing of milk, a pack of cigarettes. So I'll pay you back in a week. That's basically what she said. Uh, I mean, whatever. That that was a magical convenience that I uh, would I'll accept, even though it doesn't make a ton of sense. But uh, that really was, and then and then in that in her rage, she also has. You know, we're seeing a lot of uh, powerful uh, solar flares happen lately. We saw one in Heroes in Crisis, yeah. and Zatanna has a magic flare also and just, breaks up the I ground. Just, I'm so angry because she walks out so angry about her daddy keeping secrets and Constantine keeps her. I'm like, look, everybody, you can't use magic because this brings the other kind. I'm going to walk out and have a temper change of what's going to bring the other kind. Look, yes, the idea that you can use your backwards magic to affect the earth around the other kind, even though you can't use your magic to affect the other, that's fine and daddy. You did not really know this going into the fight, though, so you could have just put everybody in danger by having yeah. a temper tantrum. I'm like, come on, Zatanna, get your head in the game. It's the end of the world. You know, but hey, man, she she was just raging out. But yeah, I mean, she was also kind of like, yeah, I know I can. Uh, I know this will this will draw the other kind, she but I don't give nothing. a shit. <laughs> uh, and and the other kind that they that they draw, even though I don't remember seeing this before. I like the way this guy looks. He's all freaky. That's the thing like is, a, they talk about this one for but a mouth. I could <laughs> be wrong. Like cause we had that one issue where they like you know introduced all these they other kinds. Of what they of could, them, yeah. I don't remember this one either. I don't but remember they saw, this like, one either. Hey, this one will make you lose your skin. I'm like, when did that happen? I, it I, looks I, like I he has Quato as a head too. I just like the look of it. I think we I think they just imply that there's sort of all this information. About Zatana, the other kind. open your but, mind. <laughs> Get away, Quatro. I don't care what you want from me, magical monster. I'm not freeing Mars. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Get Weasel Zappa out of here. I don't then, need uh, him or or Nick Mick Fleetwood. But go she, on. She takes him down though with the like you say with the Earth, and then uh, that's when we found out after that when Zatanna and uh, Wonder Woman leave. I just love the, it too. The idea that we have these magical monsters where magic is spawned from, but they get buried in the dirt a little bit. They're fucked. Yeah, and yeah, the, and the seagulls are pecking at him. You know, that's it. This thing <laughs> just become a seagull feast. Uh, but then the uh, upside down man shows up, and turns out that he's in league in some way with. Uh, Cersei and she's going to bring it all down on them and screw them, but good. Uh, of course, we didn't mention what the Lords of Order, their full plan is, and this is one of the dumbest plans I've ever heard, is to essentially destroy all the other realms of magic so the yep. other kind will be herded into them. the regular world, and then 
that's when the lords of order will sacrifice themselves, starving the other kind, and then they will die. And that's sort of how uh, we got rid of the cockroaches in my last apartment, except they yeah. more, a lot more <laughs> that, fire. That's what they need to do with the bed bug problem in New York, right? <laughs> yeah, that's just start, just everyone move out and stop sleeping, yeah. and then they'll, they'll nothing yeah, really. I will tell you they're the best part about this entire issue because we had the Lords of Order all showed up in Merida, to, like you know, just rip the place down, the reality of this place down, fabric by fabric, whatever you want to call it. But the whole idea is like, look, all right, Sister Symmetry, go take care of those magicians. Me, Doctor Fate, I can take care of this bullshit magical world on my own. The rest of you, Lords of Order, you go out to the sphere of the gods, destroy all those other bullshit worlds that Eric hates. And you know what? I'm sitting here. Yes, do it. Get rid of all Good these job. worlds. Yeah. So uh, that's it. At the very end, they're about to leave Mira when uh, Sister uh, Telemetry, whatever her name is. Sister Symmetry. She tells them all that, uh, you know, that they like brother pattern. She likes the cut of their jib and uh, they're all great, courageous heroes. And if they agree to give up the magic and uh, she'll let them pass or she can kill them. So yeah. that's the that's the offer she's given. And not them, only and give up your magic, but check that. Give up your magical life, which I'll also take your memories of ever being this magical person. All of a sudden, yeah. I just love it too because I'm looking at the people she's talking to. I'm like, you can live your mortal lives like nothing has ever changed. I'm like, here Dead you have man. a four-armed Frankenstein monster woman. I'm like, how is she going to do? You're going to take the magic away? How is she living a mortal <laughs> life? Oh, she'll be a normal like, forum. What's Frankenstein? Dead, what, nah. What's Dead Man going to do? A normal talking chimp. What's wrong with that? That's <laughs> yeah. perfectly fine. <laughs> what's Dead Man uh, going to do? Let me, let me tell you. Let me, let me give anybody uh, who wants to do host, take hostages or whatever in the in the future. If the offer you're giving people is to do something or you'll kill them, just do the thing. Don't ask them. You know what I mean? Because yeah, why waste time? No one's you know anyone that, that chooses death. They can just kill themselves after afterward, any any time they want. You know, don't just do what you're going to do, and then uh, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, so, you know that that's where the issue is left off. Now they've got to decide whether they're going to fall in line and erase their magic lives and memories, or if they're going to uh, do battle with the Lords of Water and. That really was it. it uh, and Wonder it, Woman and Zatanna now know that if they want to find Mordru, Mordru will find them. Just go home right. after all these issues dealing with this. Okay, yeah, that's, back to that's home one of is. my biggest problems. They they just go off. They don't find them. That's what they say also if you get lost in the woods, right? Just stay where you that's are. That's true. And they go find home. Yeah. yeah. Climb a tree. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, so that's uh, how we wrapped it up. So basically yeah. they've been walking around for three issues seeing all these dead – Magic people are looking for more Drew when they should have just stayed at home. It would it'd be hilarious if he's already there, like Dark Side Eric sitting does. on a couch. He's, he's watching Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> he's got Look, I'm stick. waiting for Mordrew to come, all right? Yeah, yeah really. I, I'm telling Mordrew's like, hey, where were you? I've been and waiting for you. By Mordrew, I mean the pizza man. <laughs> yeah, really. I was just going to say, Mordrew has already uh, ordered that's pizzas. What, that's what I've called him. I don't know if the pizza delivery guy appreciates it, but his yeah, name's Mordrew. <laughs> And with this, before we go into score, I'm not going to give a score. I'm not going to give a score for this because then, you know, it's just not for me. But one of my biggest problems is we're not going forward enough for me. But also is the idea that we keep being told these huge things are happening and I'm waiting to see any sort of thing from that. It just keeps being over and over, you know, this, that, I mean, what is the ramifications of the parliament of flowers? Now, right. where, where did we see anything of this? We even have swamp thing here, whatever. I don't know what, what that meant. And there's definitely just, too many characters. It's we, one, we are, there's too many characters. Just standing and around doing nothing I think now. that this book ends up where a lot of people have yeah. problems. If you're going to have a problem with say a justice league book, a lot of times the, big thing with the Just League book is the idea of 
it's too much world ending stuff over and over and over. And this really, I, I'm getting fatigued by it. I'm getting fatigued by being told that this is huge things happening, but never seeing them really Actually, happen or be, what comes from it. would be a cool it. thing to show, uh, since this is all happening in the magic world, is showing the mundane, regular world and that it having no effect. Like They, no. they could show other kind murdering magicians right in view of people like eating dinner. And just and play it like, off yeah. like that. At and least. even like, that, this is why I mean, we're not hearing about it in other books. Is because yeah. no one else can yeah, see and, it. And not even just. But I'm saying, like, I'll give James Tynan credit. He had some big ideas. When you have Nanda Parbat, it, it gets destroyed. That could have been three, four issues to show us what that meant and what's going on with that. Turns the out, parliament, nothing. The Parliament of Flowers uh, against the Parliament of Trees. I mean, how does this affect what's going on with the green and things War like that? Green. We just move on. We just move on. And so without that, when you end up now for the fifth time, it seems saying it's a war of magic. Magic is going to be destroyed. I've heard this before in this book a bunch of times that by now I'm like, let's let's get to the fireworks factory. I need to see what all of these things mean if you want me to keep caring about it and i just don't care because again it's not my characters it's not a book that i you know like the dark side of things but i have liked darker books i have liked the you know jld in the past things like that it's just at this point i just need to see something happen uh you know i'm not as wowed by the characters in this that I can just keep going each issue with them sitting around talking. And I mean, well, legitimately at points in this, they are sitting oh, around yeah. and they are bunch. talking. That's the whole thing yeah. is that you do have like, you know, over in the Just League book, you have universal multiversal world ending shit going on over there. Yes. And on this front, you have that as well on the magical side, because that could unravel a lot of things. But what you have is a bunch of our characters sitting around if the Oblivion Bar talking no. about this happening and then moving yes. to Mira and then, and then talking Amira about this happening. talking about it and then moving back. I mean, yeah. really, the this has been the, the book. Bar? It's the book has been the, the, you know, the Super Bowl shuffle here. They're just shuffling people around and talking. And that's the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, really. Cool. Dan, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You end up where, in my mind, the stuff with Satan and Wonder Woman, that really is like what's pointing it out specifically. They have gone you know, one step behind of what was going on until they get to the place that they think they need to be. And they're just told to go home. I mean, really that mm. this is what they have been doing is nothing. Yeah. Zatanna finds out her father, all this stuff with that. But again, you're just having them stand around and finding things out like that instead of actually doing stuff while you're in the meantime, being told that this is the biggest thing happening and the magic world is going to, but, but yet why is everybody like Eric said, stop, Stop sitting around. Stop having a temper tantrum and get to the fight. And so that that's my biggest problem. And my biggest problem is just I don't have a hook anymore to be in. I was in the first couple issues because I really like the characters. And yeah. I really like the way they're playing against each other. There's too many things going on, yet not enough going on. It's a weird combo it's in my mind high. of too much. You know, you're going forward, you know, too fast, but very slow. It's weird. I, I don't understand. But uh, Reggie, what did you give it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think your uh, criticism about this are correct. It definitely was. It seemed like they. It seemed like an issue that knew it was. Uh, there had been a long time since the last one. They had to bring everyone. Well, back again, up to you're speed. you're getting up to your second trade. You have the number ten. Now you're going to have to have the number eleven to really amp up something right. for that number twelve. So the number ten kind of does seem to get you're, lost you're in the shuffle a, you're a lot of time. Decompression here because I think there is a, some writing for the trade going yeah. on. 
visually though, I'm still in love with this. Yeah, book. I think I, it looks I, awesome. I, it looks I, even, fantastic. You know, and then the, you know the the one part of any real action where Zatanna fights that uh, giant other kind. Uh, was just a really cool looking scene, and uh, it's one know, of the I, best looking books that DC has right now in my mind. Yeah, it is. Would, it, it's incredible, and every character looks great. I mean, then there's tons of them, but yeah, yeah, I need. There's a, a big more problem though with like you know, I mean, the Swamp Thing is always front and center on the cover every time, and like he's been doing nothing really, yeah, you know, for yeah. the, several <laughs> issues now. We gotta get that uh, Swamp Thing like, fans involved somehow. This is yeah, that's basically what it is, you know. And I, I, I guess it gets me because I'm like, oh boy, Swamp oh, Thing, boy. and then he does. <laughs> He doesn't do anything. It's the uh, swamp things. So I, I was I was feeling pretty good about it. Though. I gave this a six point five out of ten. I'm I'm gonna give a score because uh, what the heck? But I, I'm a, I'm a six five as well. I, I just I, I'm not you know it, this is not a one or a two. I mean the art itself is too good for that. There are some interesting. I just need to get to something, and maybe it's one of those things that it is. You know, there's James Tynan, and he's trying to keep the pace with the Justice League book going on. That it has to end up like, oh, this is so important. It's so important, but you you can still tell a character driven story and still be real important. It just he he doesn't seem to you know get that. It seems that. Every issue, he thinks that the the big thing that people want is the overall huge spectacle when most of the people I'm talking about really like these characters. And I, I just you're, – you're just throwing a lot – like Eric said, you even go into this and you're like, you wanted to see a little more work with the Lords of Order as I just well. Want to be reminded just here, a little bit. There's too many people involved. Reggie wants a little Swamp Thing. Basically, you oh, get him Bobo, telling to be a Bobo sad that – you know, and, and that's what Swamp Thing is just like, oh, Bobo, you know, Jim Rook wouldn't up. have wanted you to die. And you go, you, you end up with Mr. Blood. Don't don't stand. You're too weak. There's another guy. They're like, all right, he's met. That's he's right. gone I now. Forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. There's all these things going on, but not enough space or time to really, you know, get a story where I can get my, you know, my meat hooks into it and care about the characters because of character work being done with them, which to me is the biggest shame because a lot of these characters we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and and, and cool a lot characters. of people don't know them. So going into this, you know, I, I'm afraid that some people are going to be lost in the shuffle of not that, you know, everything's just their head spinning because they're just this, 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 this done. We end with the same thing again, war on magic. Boom, go to the next one. I really think that it would have been better served to have a, a, a arc or two of just our team. I mean, it, you could sit there and quiz some people and say, what is the JLD team? Because know. who knows anymore? You know, so what would you go, Eric? I'm going to go. Actually, you know what? I want to go a little bit more positive than you guys because I can. And the fact that I actually. He's going to go like open, six, eight. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But it's <laughs> mostly because I, have I, knew it. I love the art in this book. And even though we're not yeah, doing I do much, too. I could still go through it. I'm like, all right, look at that melted Dr. Fate mask. That looks amazing. Hey, yeah, Lords of Order, it's destroying awesome. the sphere of the gods. You're right up my You're right. You're speaking my yeah. language here. All right, let's destroy all these bullshit worlds. But the progression is the biggest problem because we have this giant multiversal threat going on and we're sitting around and talking about it for issue after issue. But I'm still having a good time already. I just wanted them to move forward a little bit more. Yeah, I'm with you. But we're going to go off uh, to another book here that is one that uh, I think that we're all kind of shocked that we like as much. And what is that book, Reggie? That book is <laughs> Dial H for Hero, number two, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Joe Quidones, Jordan Gibson. 
Uh, I don't have a rap for this one. Yeah, no rap. I'll do it. It's Dial H. It's yeah. Dial H. Uh, yeah. If you don't like it, you can go to heck. Yay. I am Jim, oh. and I'm here to say that I like doing Dial H every day. I dial the numbers, and I hit the numbers on the dial, and then I get it, and you wow. smile. <laughs> That's a real wrong turn special was, was right there. Was that good? That's, yeah. Hey, you, you like the freestyle? Well, here I am. I don't like you because you're a jerk. There you nice. go. That's how I. That's how I play things. That's my deal, right, Eric? Right here. Here we go. I don't really do this your like, nonsense. Dun, 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 dun. There's Eric Shea. He has Jess. With a little luck, tonight he'll get a kiss. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, uh-huh. Kiss and chess. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no luck and nothing. Uh, <sighs> you're here, and we're going to talk about the dial H's. And I like this book. I'll tell yeah. you right away. I like it for what it is. I it's like fun. last issue. I like last issue as well. I like this issue. Uh, just it's fun. I really, really like the I, art. I, I like this issue uh, right away. The first time I read it, I thought it was good, and I really had no big complaints. But I really liked it when I had to read it really? again for review. Uh, going back, and when you really pick apart the silly things that are happening in this book, you realize this really is just a goof of a book. It's you know just what I mean? a goof. That's and, all and, I, and I'm it's, going it's, with. It's, have, it's having a lot of fun. It's not, uh, you know, it's. I think that if you're looking for subtext, uh, you, you, can, you don't I, need to do that. I'm looking for rules is what I'm looking for. Well, because well, last issue, we had is, Monster Truck. It seemed that Miguel had no idea that he became this. The personality took him over, and then he came to when he had turned back to Miguel. Now he That's because it was Monster Truck, Eric. Oh, because that's what was Monster Truck. And even this yes. guy, Barnaby, who turns into a Dragon Ball <laughs> Goku ripoff, yeah, which actually that was really great. bothered me the way I it really like that. Joe Boo, yeah, yeah, but it seems King. like I think that he knows a little more about the dial. Plus, we're getting a little hint that the you know the operator and all these other things and the villain is from the past runs of Dial H. They're using verbiage that's from there. They use yeah. an exclamation that's from the Silver Age run of this book, stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, the the rules of the dial we don't have, but I think that basically it's Sam Humphrey saying, you know what, I'm going to use it to just have fun. I thought visually when you go into the Dragon Ball Z stuff, it cracked me up. I, oh, yeah. I like that. I, I really like the art, and I like the idea that you could end up. I mean, there's there's a deal with this. You could have this book end up having seven artists if you really wanted to, to have like a different style right. for each little deal. But Joe Kiones. He, he does an awesome job himself. I, he does. You don't need that. I mean, just the idea that it turns into a manga uh, book. I was actually shocked that they didn't even change the order of how you read it to even go with a manga type deal with that. But that would have been really wacky. That would have um, messed everybody up. Yeah. But yeah, but with that, well, you have it like you, you have uh, arrows to point. You know, there's ways of doing it. But even Iron Deadhead, I, all this book is going to be is figuring out by the end, you know, going forward with the dial, maybe going into Young Justice, maybe continuing from this. But really, all this is going to be is let's see what fun we can have with the dial. I'm down with it. I, I don't mind. Uh, and, yeah, the, the story, uh, the setup of the first issue was a lot better. I'll yeah. give you that. This is just kind of continuing on. You, you're basically in Barnaby my mind. Why does have a four on his head still? Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you what I think with this is the idea that 
It's like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. I'm not going to look too much into it issue to issue. <laughs> I'm just going to have fun because each issue you're going to have a chase. You're going to have you – know, you have the bad guys trying to get the dial. You have the hero who doesn't really want the works, dial. Though. Well, then you, you go and look it up on Wikipedia there, buddy. But he's get changing online things. And figure it out. Yeah, I, I, this you isn't know, exactly he how it worked before. That. The operator <laughs> card is. is. I, to me, the, the four illuminated on his head because he got contacted by what I'm assuming is the Thunderbolt Society. Yeah, actually, you yeah. can see that it is. Uh, and obviously who that is is a mystery. So that was my impression was like that was sort of like that glows as he's being contacted. But we had and that he is, he when, you know, we had the dial H for hero happen and the four happened right there. And it seemed like people that were going to possibly be chosen by the H dial. Well, to be, maybe for the he's to possibly become. one that could be chosen. It, it is ringing and he does hang it up. Miguel does hang it up. So it is ringing at that point. It. Well, I'm saying, though, is that he just might be. And the also, vibes, that, bro, we don't know that that's just to him, you know, And also it is he's being called, you know, th- from the, you know, the bad guy, the Thunderbolt Society as well. So they must be using the dial itself to kind of contact him as well, being, a, you know, around the area. I don't know. We're going to have to say. Um but yeah, and that might have just been an art thing that he went. I don't know. With. I, I don't know. I don't I know. I want to know more about what up, Sam Humphrey's doing. He ends up style. seeing. <laughs> he ends up seeing it through like a, a uh, reflection and things yeah. like that. But Miguel doesn't want the dial, uh, you know, and he dumps it in the water. It's and such that's a where weird idea Barnaby that he doesn't want in. this. So for a guy who was obsessed with Superman and no. went to the extremes all this time because Superman saved his life when he was a kid, now that he has the possibility of being a hero, I'm like, I don't want this phone no more. Maybe like, I mean, maybe you'd play the game that it was because when monster truck happened he ended up not having control and he doesn't want that and he wants to be a hero not monster truck um, <laughs> he doesn't want to be monster truck I yeah mean, monster I, I could see this i could i mean it is contrived for the purposes of a you know to have some kind of conflict but i could see how a young person wouldn't want to necessarily transform into monsters and hero and and not you know, know superheroes how it goes. and not really it, know what's going to happen like, also it just that is sets a problem. up so yeah so you end up you know joe boo the zonky king shows up and you get a lot of you know these <laughs> how it goes with these origins and things like that now uh, sam humphreys actually seems that's one thing that annoyed me is that you don't like the rules of the dial you know not being told or whatever i just, really know, yeah. I, just I just don't like the idea that he going forward we're getting these origins which i like but he's already getting bored with telling him at one point he's like yeah you know the deal like you know what i the, no, that's, that's the fun exactly with the dial h you have this side this really cool way you could just create these new heroes and or villain actually mostly this heroes because we're doing the dial h but yeah. these crazy wild things you don't have to rip off a dragon ball and just give it a donkey face like you could have actually done something creative and made something out of this let's not rip that off that would i just like the, the, I like the manga mind. style of it, it. I, right, I think you know. i think he's more going with the idea he's not the best at coming up with these personas it's genres i think that it's genres, I think that yeah. it's genres and i think that he is uh relying a lot on the art to be the thing that wows you not the idea of open window man or you know smokestack you know those that were crazy. Well, i did like i like yeah i did too man. it was yeah. crazy and that's <laughs> what you want to have in this and what usually the you know the big joke or the play of a dial h is that you end up with heroes that are nonsense that really have to figure out how that can be turned into saving the day in this he kind of just ends up being you know a, a big mecca iron deadhead that can pretty much just fight so right. that that uh, i'll tell you that 
is kind of a disappointment to me, but I think the art won me over in this and the battle between them. It, it's there's not much to talk about here in this book. Well, that's except the thing is, for at, some reason, it seems that like like we had last time, the persona takes them over, like we have a monster truck. But yeah, f- but they seem to also have control in the idea of like Barnaby needed to have this because he needed to become this hero again. It's not exactly him then. If it's Zon- Joe Boo the Zonkey King, it's a weird yeah. hive that he wants. I, does he just want to be disconnected for a little while? I don't understand his like motivation i i I got he went down to get the dial and and i'm telling you my crazy deal he goes down to get the dial he's about to freaking drown because he's there so then he had to use this dial to do that but it's you know all pointing towards going back to the thunderbolt society and what i thought was weird is at one point when this lady's there and she yells about Central City. You know, I'm like, what? What are you talking about, Central City? And then it's revealed by the end that she did come from there uh, to go. I thought that was odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you end up with them heading off to Metropolis. And and I want to know more about, you know, the girl, uh, these sort summer. of things. And yeah, Summer and stuff like that. Hopefully we'll get a little more of that. But really, like you said, without getting a lot of rules for the dial, at some point we need that. So I I would think that maybe we're going to have an info dump of things like that. But uh, yeah, I I really like the the, the art style. I have a lot of fun with it. Going forward, now that Officer Grandel has escaped with the H dial, the phone itself, like as she's driving in the Thunderbolt Society, whatever the the club, they're talking to her through the window because that seems to be what he does. He's the mirror master, pretty much. Exactly, the mirror master. Like on her long drive back at as Miguel and Summer chase after her, we do get that info dump because I yeah. want to know what Sam Humphreys is doing with the yeah, H-style at this now, point. Now, when he, when he started this book, so he did admit. Humphreys, well, that's huh? the thing. Yeah, well, when he did the book, he admitted he, he knew nothing about Dial yeah. H. So hopefully he's done some homework. But with that, you do have at the end, you know, I promise, Mr. Thunderbolt, sock him a G! Mm-hmm. And that was the exclamation from yeah, the Robbie Silver Reed Age, did, Robbie yeah, Reed. Yeah. So that seems like that will be, you know, what's going on as the behind-the-scenes villain who kind of wants the dial. Uh, with that, though... Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it enough. You do get a mention, though, of uh, Gemworld. And this is going to be the, the when, when Eric wants was Miguel hoping to go to this, Gemworld. Fuck yeah, you, when, when Eric heard about this Wonder <laughs> Comics and all these things that Brian Michael Bendis is ahead of, no way did we realize that Gem, <laughs> Gemworld was the pretty much the thing to hit your post. And, you know, get, grab the rope around. Next and issue, all Wonder that, Twins. So. I bet they're going to show up there, too. Oh, I'm sure oh, that we boy. will. I'm sure we'll have Gem World. But yeah, what is other this fascination than just, with Amethyst? Other than just having a big smile on my face reading this, I can't really sit there and convince you, Eric, that it's great or no. anything different than you think. Because I, I had did a have fun a time last face, issue. And that's what I need. I expected and, something yeah. going forward, and it's just not happening right now. It just seems to be doing like, you know, individual almost anthology things while there is this weird throw of Miguel and Summer running away. Well, you in have the that, Club. but look at the other books that we have. I mean, Naomi is kind of a meandering one thing. This feels a lot like the Wonder Twins book. Each issue, you start you're gonna have another little story going on with a little tiny bit leading you and that's just gonna these are just six issue deals to set up the characters and i i do like the characters so uh, i'm gonna go uh and ask reggie first what he gave it all right uh yeah i mean i i enjoyed it and then this on the second read when i really went through and i uh, had to describe what was happening i even liked it even more the idea that like Jobu, the Zonky King, has to get hit by the Mayo truck, and he gets you know to yeah. get taken out of the thing. And well, even even the whole interaction in the beginning at the diner, just 
struck me as really just silly and and funny and this is hopefully a a silly book without any secret subtext or crazy links to other other uh gem yeah. world properties gem world, yeah. but as, as it stands I, I just have no Hashtag real complaints gem world and and no. I uh, I have only great things to say about the artwork and uh, yeah. Joe is I, 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 I especially I especially like at some point it looked like the color drained out of uh, the thing, but I think that might hopefully was just I think our that was comp- a style I choice. I think it was yeah, a style choice was, for the yeah. manga to make yeah. it like, yeah, more that manga. Yeah, that was more like a manga thing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought it could, and I saw like they used Bende dots and all kinds of old school stuff in there. So I guess that it's all this. Uh, Style choice. I dig it. I'm having a good time. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm going 7.5 as well. And I like the manga part because when you do have action, I love that whole idea where it's just like lines leading into the middle of the deal yeah. where everything's going on. I love that. And I, I had fun. I had fun watching or watching it, reading it. And that's what I'm going to go with. So, yeah, seven, five. And I, I would hope that by the end of of the six issues of this, the six issues of the Wonder Twins, I'm guessing that what we're doing is we're going to head into all of these characters joining Young Justice. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind Miguel if we know some rules, have that. It'd be fun to have him in that with Connor and, and sure. Tim, just a goofy guy with a, a dial H. Be that, fun. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, seven, five. How about you, Eric? I'm with you with that idea i just need to know the rules behind the h dial at this point because i don't understand the thunderbolt club i just know that they have fours on their head they they long for that next dial they could have but i don't understand why it's because it doesn't seem to be that's their forehead it's yeah, a four I, I enjoy the art enough in this but the whole thing is even with going with these different heroes which is the fun part of dial h they just copied other things and just made it like you know just made a like a mockery of it in my mind instead of actually being creative with it i did not have as much fun with this because i really did like that first issue there's a lot of info dumping that, but I thought it was handled well. Here we just kind of meander a bit and just show you some more of the H style while Miguel, like, you know, bitches about having it. And then he realizes, oh, my God, I need it. Oh, my God, I don't have it. I, yeah. I was not a fan of this. I'm giving it a 5.8 out of 10. All right. Oh, my. Mr. Wow. Negative. Now, get it, everybody. He's the target now on Slack. Not me. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but we're going to go to the next book, uh, which we hadn't talked about in a bit, which threw me off because it is Batgirl. And uh, the last issue was a tie-in to the, the Batman, Batman who laughs. laughs thing going on and all that. And that was with uh, Reggie. You were moving. We had a bunch of craziness. Tanya got in an accident. Yeah. We had a lot of crazy things going on. Okay, but right, we're I was sick for those yeah, two Yeah, it was when you were out, sick, yeah. actually. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go with uh, Batgirl. Tell us about it, Reggie. It's Batgirl number 34, written by Marguerite Scott, art by Paul Peltier, Norm Ratmond, and Jordi Belair. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. We're moving on up. We all sit pretty. Alejo's been elected to rep Gotham City, and the streets are glad. Everyone rejoice because now their needs have got a voice. The powers that be, this takes to task. I guess that's why they all wear masks. Whatever the problems around the world, they know the answer. Go ahead and blame Batgirl. Huh, uh. Yeah, the big thing about this is the idea in my mind. And, and it was funny because Reggie kind of told me at one point uh, is the idea that the old Babs, you, you broke. You broke ass now, and, yeah. and I'm glad that this happens. And that's that my she, favorite part Margaret about it. Get him away from Gordon yeah. Clean Energy. 
Yep, Marguerite Scott is ending her run. The, the run is coming so to an weird. end. I saw up. that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this I must just, be something I heard her that idea of coming in, get her in a different suit, get rid of that Gordon Queen energy. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny here, uh, unfortunately, because we like Marguerite Scott. I do. We've actually enjoyed the book enough. So it's a uh, hey, Marguerite, you want to come on this background? Yeah, yeah. All right. I have these stories to tell. No, no, no. What you first have to do is get rid of Ben Percy's nonsense uh, from Nightwing. <laughs> we're we're going to do that first. Then we got to get rid of the Gordon Clean Energy nonsense from before. All right. You get, oh, and that stupid uh, suit, whatever. She's probably just like, really? Why, why am I on here? Well, why did you get me to do this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have this. Uh, and this is the start of a new arc, one of three, uh, to kind of end the deal. And um, I don't mind it. I, I, I actually think that she writes a really good Barbara. It's just that while we're while I'm making the joke about you know her tying up a lot of other people's things, my, my biggest problem still is she doesn't really have that much for Barbara to do. No, and so, even uh, when we get know, these villains come in, the terrible trio, which are you know old school villains for yeah. everybody. A lot of people had this, but. I've always hated the terrible trio. And the last time we saw them was in Gotham Academy where they're students. I'm like these are joke characters in yeah. my mind that whenever you like you, they look great. Yeah, they here. Were Don't get me wrong. But like just when they show up, you know, I'm a mobster who wears a, a animal mask. And it's for some reason, the vulture, the shark and the fox. I look at these and I'm like, well, you're not going to be that much of a threat. Okay. Let's move I, on. I got to say the way the masks look right they now, look though, I wonder, are they, these are almost like animal heads. Like are I, these I'm actually telling people? you, <laughs> it legitimately, I thought, and I, it's crazy. I thought, the twist was going to be by the end the background yeah i really (laughs) thought that because reggie's right you do not see any sort of like the only thing you see at all is that that black thing that would have been covered in the person's mask in the shark mask itself while the jaws are open that's it that's it but i'm telling you the vulture deal and the fox that's crazy I'm telling you, at, at the point where I thought Barbara was going to like swoop down and like, listen, you and your stupid mask, and they were masks, and they, oh my I god, know how the vulture sees out of that mask if it's not from the yeah. vulture eyes, and it, and yeah, and and it's got to be the nostrils. It's yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's so it's, oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you have this whole deal going on, and really, the two main, thing, well, three main things: Barb, Barbara is having problems with her dad. Yep, you, moving you out, still new don't apartment. know if. Bard is trying to win Barbara over and try to say he's a nice guy. And, and obviously, Barbara, she's she's very attractive, very smart. Yes, Why wouldn't and, you want to date Barbara Gordon? Yes, and, and rich at this I, point, I as far be, as he knows. Yeah, and then I I love it at the end when he finds out that her checks, uh, you know, didn't clear. She he he's walking backwards very slowly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll uh, be going. Uh, the one thing like, that not threw me off, dad. though, she's not going to be sugar I, mama. I, I know. And I know the idea of this progression, but the idea that she keeps not answering Alicia's call really threw me off. That, and for somebody who I would say that Marguerite is doing a very good job of getting that voice of Barbara, in my mind, that's a call that she would never just hang up on, even if she's busy. Uh, but yeah, there, there's trouble. Not over and over. I mean, this is someone no. that takes that takes calls while and this she's is, like this swinging is, around This rooftops, is one of her best know? friends. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a best friend. This is somebody who that she's means in a lot. Of- her company yeah, yeah yeah and and when she's calling like this i can only assume that she would think something is because also alicia's had a lot of problems kind of being around barbara and around background and things like that in the past so i would have taken that call right away but you want to end up with this kind of cliffhanger-esque deal by the end um but yeah there's not a ton going on you have alejo get the package of a hand 
Somebody That's gives right. her a hand, they Somebody say. Actually, it's not bad. There's not a it lot to it. It sets up but the mystery. Exactly. The mystery yeah. of the terrible trio kind of thing where you have a hand here that belongs to one person, but the blood around it belongs to another person, and the ring that the ring is uh, the ring that the hand is wearing belongs to a third person. It's what do weird. these three people have in and common? And it's weird. Do you do you think in your mind why why do I feel that this is a very Peter J. Tomasi, or as I like to call him, Pete Tomasi oh, Pete. Uh, oh, mystery. Pete and it, it makes me uh, uh, scared that it's, but I think it will make more sense. Well, the it thing is, it me. already has, because the whole thing was, it just wanted to see how good yeah. that girl was, yeah. and it did lead her to the den, which is the nightclub yeah, that the terrible trio. Or that, so the whole thing is, look, I'm going to lead back girl here, see how good she is, and it turns out she ain't shit, because we're the terrible trio. We got her hung up here. Everybody look at us, because you're going to want us to give you want to give us a third of your profits because look what we can do here we took out one of the bats already how you like them apples yep we already did yeah yeah and and like we said while this is going on you do have that deal where alicia there is a europe yeah and all europeans to me you know they're always trying to take things over right they, they, have, called, they have called they we bought it well they listeners. ended up buying a, a lot of Europeans. yeah they know what i'm talking about with that you know what is that called the uh, br- bricks sat uh, you, you end up having no, that's just these, one part. That's just you one end up small having these Europeans. Uh, they're buying out uh, Gordon Clean Energy to the point where they are able to freeze the assets and things like that, which gets far. And when I love this idea too, is we've been joking about the idea that, but why is Barbara doing this? She's rich. She's rich. She's a millionaire. She's a trillionaire. We don't know exactly the whole deal, but I love that this shows that she has not kept up. She is just spending money. Like it's going out of style, no matter what she needs. And now, you know, she's ending up not even realizing that this new apartment she's moved into to really throw shade at her father because of not letting her know I about just, Jim Gordon Jr. I feel Jr. bad for stuff. the movers because even she says at one point, man, like I'm moving to this new apartment, but thankfully I think I paid the movers enough to make sure I don't have to watch everything they're yeah, doing. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, they already moved the stuff and that, that the check's going to bounce about, too. This guy is the doorman. The doorman who, who is the one who ends up having to empty the, the things. Hey, That's hey, why he's pissed. Pay grade. <laughs> yeah, working hard or hardly working there, buddy. He, he's dressed up. He looks like Captain Kangaroo for Christ's sakes. He ain't dressed to be, uh, you know, going around with this stuff. But yeah, you have and and really that's the best is i only imagine that they're really stressing the idea that bard has that cane because he ain't moving shit either he, no. he's <laughs> you, don't, you don't ask bard to help you move no, no. Well, bard, it's funny too but i he's really not that kind of friend i know. really like bard in this especially when he's trying to come up with this and and it's it does A not seem in her building and it, it does food. not seem like he's up to no good at this you know no. he's just going through the he's process trying he's trying to like, woo barbara yes, gordon without trying, him seeming creepy and it's one of those things too i think that bard and, and if you knew the background and the whole batman eternal and things that he came from i believe it was chicago to come to gotham and to kind of get get involved all that stuff happened but i do also think that this shows that he is a guy that cannot stand somebody not liking him and he is really trying to woo her just to be friends in my mind and maybe a little more eventually but i just like this <laughs> idea of him you know all right uh what, what, what should i say do you live here uh, I had no uh, idea. Yeah, I love that. And then he's like, no, no, no. You idiot. I and rang then talks the bell. In her I rang the herself. bell. Then why did you ring her bell, idiot? Yeah. You know, it's all, yeah. I, I love the idea that he's going to ring her doorbell when she answers, oh, my, you live here? He's <laughs> poking <laughs> holes in his really? plan here that, to make sure. Hey, work. 
Eric, I, I know it's a little weird, but I asked Izzy for your new address, and oh shit, probably shouldn't yeah, shine yeah, the light on that. That's a little creepy. That's a little creepy. But I do that. like yeah. the idea that like you know it starts out with the panel saying Lakewood apartment complex to the new residence of Barbara Gordon, and by the time we get done seeing that the check has bounced, the doorman's throwing yeah. all our shit in the lobby, we go back to that panel at the end where it's crossed out for the new residence of Barbara Gordon. I wish that was a thing <laughs> that we so had. Funny. It's so funny. Yeah, but yeah, well, you get the whole deal. The terrible trio. They have captured Barbara. They have her in a very Houdini esque. Which I'll tell you, you know, thing is, as much as I don't like the terrible trio, because I do see them as a joke. These kind of like you know mid level mobsters that want to rise yeah. in Gotham. The way they're presented here, I actually don't mind because it does seem like they're more of a threat than I usually imagine with them. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. good for you, Marguerite Scott. You've turned the, something the, I don't really care for. Well, they seem to reflect more like a corporate interest in plus, this yeah. time instead of just crime, yeah. you know. And so plus the fox, he, he's smoking like a badass. He's yeah, there. He's true. outside there smoking. He's a it's fox. funny, too. The way he has the cigarette in the first panel, I swear to God that he had a, a tracheotomy that he was smoking out of because of that <laughs> mask. No, he but doesn't. Yeah, he might. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I liked it I enough. just went to I that just because he's it. sitting there holding the cigarette with his pinky up. He thought, for some reason, you think he just puts it right into his throat. Yeah, like his throat. <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, but yeah, uh, I like the art. I really, really like. I like the art a lot. Oh, it's I, great. Like there's, we said, still some, there's still some wide faces in there. Yeah, I think there it's just, is. just a style of Paul Peltier. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing I really did like was seeing a Barbara do detective work. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. something and we don't I see like a lot in well. the bat books anymore. And like, no. Even she though gets it was a trap. Yeah, it ended up, she ended up hunting down yeah. three uh, leads that weren't anything, you know, but this whole, it was something we don't see all the time, and I like it when I do see it, I, so I, I was, I was glad to get it. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. Otherwise, you know, again, like you guys, I really had no problems with this issue. I felt like the the story got a little clunky. It did. Uh, like like I said, in, the, in the last third, I don't think but it she's wasn't given a lot. I don't think she's given a lot of you know time. She's been so busy trying to tie up some other things, but yet when this is all said and done, we have enjoyed her run enough. I think that she really had something that could have been even more special if she was just allowed to tell her own stories. Because yeah. this, look, I, I think that with this being three issues, with this you know spelling it out one of three, I do think that this has to kind of speed along. I think that given you know five or six, I think that this really could have been you know really good having Barbara kind of go through a bunch more detective work like that. Really was pretty quick to kind of go boom, boom, boom because. You have to get to the end for her to be And that's some of the clunky issue. nature that I think Reggie's talking about. Because even the idea we introduced yeah. the terrible truth, they were behind Cormorant, they're behind the, you know, trying to close Blackgate and everything like that. It kind of like, you know, the things that we were dealing with, it kind of forces them into the narrative it to is. make them the threat. But I, I'm, I'm giving her a little credit with that because the idea that she was, uh, you know, pretty much, it seems editorial, had her busy doing all these other things. And in the meantime, she was kind of seeding a little bit of a story of her own to end with. Uh, but the there's not a lot of time left, so you have to kind of go with it. Now, that's not making it a 10 out of 10 by any no. stretch. Um, but I actually think that she was pretty good on this book. And I wish that so I. she would have had her own, you know, stories to tell more than tying I up other things. On. But yeah, really. Uh, how about you, yeah, Reggie? You. What'd you give this? Uh, I can say I really have. I, I am enjoying her uh to be honest, a lot of it, her dialogue, yeah. I like the way she characterizes Barbara. I think a lot, I think some of it is a little weirdly contrived. Like this whole, you know, Alejo is elected. Why is she running back to be, to still be her social media guru? Yeah. Like you, you, you fuck that job up, Barbara, just move yeah. on from it. Yeah. But whatever yeah. she, she had to go back and, you know, there's a couple other little things that are awfully convenient, but 
overall, I'm having a good time with it, and I gave this one a 7 out of 10. I'm giving it a 7 8. I, I actually did like it, and I like the art. Yeah, there's some wide faces, but I, yeah. I, I'm kind of getting used to them, I guess. But yeah, I like the detective work. I like Barbara. I actually thought that it was pretty funny that the whole, you know, Gordon Clean Energy, because it's been a joke that we keep saying over it's and over, ridiculous. like, oh, why is she doing this? And it ends up where you have Barbara, where you want to have her be this independent girl who doesn't, but yet she's a millionaire behind the scenes. Right. That, a librarian that, degree going with Barbara. Yeah, and ha- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really. And half the time, yeah. the idea that she's a millionaire, it, it, it goes against what's going on in the things. I think that this is the point where you end up just stopping that. So I yeah. thought that that was pretty funny. I, I actually thought that what we were going to get would be a story where this clean energy ends up somehow creating a monster. Like, <laughs> But we did, you know, some sort of like that eco monster. Barbara Gordon. And, uh, yes, and yeah, no. really, Barbara <laughs> Gordon's checking account. But no, I thought that that's how it was going to go about. But I like the idea of the terrible trio sending a hand that has three different clues yeah, cool. to, you know, all that. I thought that that was pretty clever and I actually enjoyed it. I really did though. That mystery the paid off way more than Heroes yeah, of well, Crisis' yeah. mystery. Yeah. Yeah, really. And I, I actually thought the by the end pages. she was going to find out that they were <laughs> actual animals. But hey, you know, they they weren't. But we still have time. Uh, yeah. Seven, eight. How about you, Eric? I'm going 7.5 out of 10. I really am enjoying this background. Like, you know, Reggie's talking about, there are some clunky moments in this yeah. to try to, you know, get the terrible tree on here and tie it into the rest of what Marguerite Scott's doing. But hey, if you're going to get, you know, Gordon Clean Energy out of the way, you put in the background a suit I actually enjoy, you're doing a hell of a job. And I like the art a lot. So 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I would like at the end if they end up and like, huh, let's see what's under that vulture mask. And it's an eagle. It's oh a my. real eagle that's wearing a vulture mask. There you go. The, the fox, he's a dog. That's it. Now I'm a shark. Sure. A dolphin? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a dolphin. why the mask fits so well. Yeah, it so. fits well because it's just another version. <laughs> that would be so good. Ah, uh, yes. But we're going to go off now uh, to talk about one last book with Reggie. And here we go. All right, and we have one last book to do with Reggie. Reggie, yeah. what is it? What is it? It is. Let me get to it. Hold on a second. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yes. Yeah, we're already off the rails. It's The Terrifics, number 15, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Stephen Segovia, and Photo Bunker. Damn right. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. It's rhyme time. It's rhyme time. Time to put the comic books in rhyme. Damn Meet right. the terrifics. Yeah, here they are. And to be specific, there's now two more or maybe three. I'm not quite sure. I didn't see Plastic Man's son in there. And come to think of it, I'm in a fog. I don't think we saw a metamorpho dog. But Paula Holt was out on dates with Michael. If you ask me, she'll only wait one cycle. Hello, Weird Science! Yes, and we are here, and uh, we are recording a little different, so I hope that people realize now I'm going to lay heavy on the sound effects nice. uh, during all this, including such classics as this. Segregation, Reggie! All right. and, and this. Who is laughing? I hate them! <laughs> uh, of I course, of once, the, once these come back, and then, uh, you know, the classic. And the milestone comes out. There you go. So there wait. you go. <laughs> yes, indeed. But yeah, here we are. We have Gene Luen Yang on the Terrifics. It's his first issue mm-hmm. in this uh going into this he did have that 
one uh, in the annual, that one story, which, of course, which he references. is referenced here. <laughs> yes. and, and the problem with that was it was a little bit out of the continuity of the regular series going. But, hey, who cares? Uh, one thing, though, that does kind of make me worried is what you said in the rap, Reggie, is that we don't get Plastic Man's son or Metamorpho Dog. So with that, I don't know if he's going to use them. I I mean, I I really felt like the last issue kind of set it up that this was going to be the team going forward, and then to not see them featured was was sort of a a surprise. But then to see Paula featured yeah. so much you know yeah well and, with and classic son's name being offspring there's only one thing that i ever learned from the offspring and that's you, you keep, gotta them, keep separated. them separated yeah i knew oh. you were gonna say that you <laughs> hack uh yeah you gotta uh, i i actually thought he was pretty fly for a white guy i bet uh, you did while, while they're going though in this um, I don't know how much time they've told Jean Luan Yang, you know, would be the one who would only know this or, you know, whoever's on the book and stuff like that. They may tell him, listen, you have three issues, you have right. four issues, you have five. So while that's going on, he may have three things that he wants to do. And unfortunately, Offspring and Metamorpho Dog may not factor into those. You, you can see true. right away. You see right away that the big thing is Paula. Uh, Miss Terrific and Mr. Terrific. And we thought right away that what was going to happen is uh, we thought that they were going to be two alike. So it'd be like, oh, you know, I'm pretty much dating myself. And they were going to it's more the idea that Mr. Terrific's thrown off that this isn't really his Paula. Which, you know, is, this- which is for, for a guy who basically makes his trade flying going all over the multiverse. It's sort of weird for him to have this realization now. Like you think he would have come to terms with that a long Long yeah. time ago, you know, yeah. like whatever he's world a man I go of to science, not, though. Yeah, I, but he know, wants to live by his heart. That's what it no. is, you know. His, his heart is the is the strongest muscle. Yeah, of yes, all. Yes, indeed. Now, now the thing about this issue that makes me but laugh. She first seems off, fine with it. What I like about yeah, it is she she's fine. cool. She's like, oh, I'll just live here and be your wife. That's fine. Yeah, with and me. it yeah. kind of goes down to the idea. It's a philosophical thing. It is a thing about God, and if you believe in gods and things like that, and it does end at the end with that fully in play. But while this is also going on, I like that he looks and they're they're eating, and he sees like, man, my Paula, she had these like scars. She had these marks in her hand. I thought he was gonna. To get a knife and start slicing her. <laughs> I'm going to make you Gotta like make my you wife. Right. Going to make you real and right. You feeling uh, but, terrific yet? <laughs> yeah, but with this, there's not a ton going on. Uh, Gene Luan Yang is at least he's not doing what a lot of people will do when they jump on a book and think that nobody read the book before they came on. You know, he's yeah. not with that. I'm Plastic Man. I stretch around and things. And oh, look at you, fan. I'm go- he's going right with this. I don't know that this story is that interesting uh we'll have to see uh, they, they, i uh, mean they all do name each other and we do see their powers so so yeah. the basics of of comic storytelling are there look at there's cool things i mean so while they're while the the terrifics are having their dinner and michael mike michael holt is like yeah. uh you know you're not the real paula and she's like what's the big whoop uh the rest of the terrifics are having a big fight outside with a giant snake that turns out to be part holographic i'm really not clear how this technology yeah, works it seems but like it's just part of this holographic game which is like weird. it's obviously but it can affect things also yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's a hard uh, light hologram real life video game simulation that we have going on here that we find out that you know stag industries is developing for the military right. it still yeah. has a lot of bugs but the idea that is set out the day before they're supposed to give their big military demonstration nobody seems to care that it seems to be the same thing but then turns yeah. into a religious aspect with water turning the blood i'm like you are all 
all over the board with this. And the thing that yeah, you said it's, it's the, the most ghost on in the machine with your it's real life God. video game thing, I'm like, I yeah. hate real life video game situations. Whenever they try to do that in like television and movies, but it always they just throws me off. Fortnite. I, I think, mean, I think, what, you, I think what Eric means to say is ever since they perfected it with the movie Lawnmower Man, there's yeah. never been a need That's to ever do saying. another virtual reality story. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that was the a, pinnacle. A Johnny Mnemonic. He, he loved <laughs> that. That was good, well. too. That was all good, too. All of those. Right. All of those he loves. Uh, but, yeah, with that, they set up this, this uh, you know, presentation of the military. I would say that tomorrow in, in this book's time, Stag Industries is shut down. I mean, That's there's no uh, – they set up this whole thing with the military. They better have done a little more beta testing to have this start out – and you can't turn it off. It, it basically, oh, I can't turn off. You're gonna have to. Fu- we're gonna have to fight our way out of this with these frogmen, marines type deal that are that actual frogmen. Once they turn, turn off their mask, into yeah. frogmen for real. And then we get pretty much the plagues of Egypt. I mean, really, this that's all it, this it's, really it's is. It's sort of clunky. That's a thing. The story really is all over the place. There obviously is a strong connection here between Stag's technology and whatever's happening. And plus, there's this character we see uh, over here. With the, what's her name? Help me out here. Do we ever Which find one? out? Harold? His Harold? She could... This woman shows up during the snake, and yeah, she's all yeah. digital. She's like, I've come with a message. Let go. Or hey, suffer. She's and that's, the herald of God. She's that's gonna sort of give what the they deal. all are. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's so obviously they're, they're they're all connected. The herald but of the God and the machine. Yeah, it's and, not. And, it's yeah. of the lawnmower man. I assume. Yeah, it's, of it's, the it's not really man. the the way it's stitched Lady. together is a little clunky. I think you know. It what is, I, mean? I, I it, believe. So. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. That, I'm just waiting uh, for Jeff Fahey to show up here. Then it'll be oh perfect. My. <laughs> With that, though, he is jumping on here. Like I said, he's jumping on. He's getting the story going. It does go back a little bit of a reference back to his, you know, one story he had in that annual with mm-hmm. the tech where, you know, Stag is there. Hey, get out of here. Holt, you're not involved. And he's like, this better not be T technology. And then, no, hey, Which get I, out of I here. love that it references the annual that Gene Lan Yang worked on. But the idea is like when he's talking about this, like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't remember what happening in the annual. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it did. It's just this. But they so had a long ball. ago now. They had the Halloween they had, ball. All I remember is the party. Yeah, it, it was some tech that happened. I there, actually there, don't there remember full out. Too. That, yeah. yeah, and that was just it. And they had the lawyers. And, you know, you have this relationship between Stag and Mr. Terrific. Uh, not so great, you know, all that. Never but has really, been. No, no. And, and no. by the end, pretty much what we got is you have this digital kind of virtual reality play god type deal that was set up kind of in a forced way by paula saying oh you know michael don't you believe in god you have walked among men and angels you've broken bread about with that. god I, we talk about this stuff a lot like what the last time it came up i think was when batman was saying how he was an atheist and I'm like but you've i've seen you actually be in heaven yeah. looking for the soul of dr light during yeah. the trinity yeah. war so you like when, this right no no i'm saying when heroes oh. do this it does bother me now for a story if you want to call it i think this works well as a character piece to michael Hall to let you know more about him and this whole idea about you know him not like okay with paula's you know religious like uh idealisms yeah. but he's a man of science and always like even though he has walked amongst angels and gods he sees a scientific he thinks everything has a reality at now, the bottom as, as a character work for that i think this works fine everything else that we deal with though with this goddamn video game world i think is nonsense well you, and you don't like that stag industries has shut down their bathrooms because the water has turned to blood you're, you're not down with that <laughs> it's not only I, just I, the water turned to blood it's spraying out everywhere yeah, it's spraying it's disgusting it's now you go to the bathroom the now, a fountain. now finally i can legitimately say that these bathrooms at stag industries will 
give you diseases. I, I was always like afraid as a kid. <laughs> and now I see. And I, I actually thought that when I would sit down as a kid, a snake or an alligator would come up and bite my junk. Now I just see that the blood will get me. The blood will get me. And that's probably what happened. I probably went to the bathroom at Stag Industries. A prana came and put my balls on. And yeah. just that, you know, and I'm a very bleeding man. I thought that man. was your wife. Yeah, she she took my fault. Oh my! Uh, But yeah, so with this, you get an ending that uh, you know. I think that, like you're saying, Eric, about Mister Terrific and being involved in the science part. Well, isn't this kind of a neat deal to have Mister Terrific being involved in a science? That is God as well. You know what I mean? It's it a could virtual be neat, but it was reality so God. So foreshadowed maybe. to a degree beforehand. Yeah, yeah, I just hope at the end he he uh, prays and he is a religious man going on. I, it's going to be one of those, you know, endings. Like, is that, well, is that was it the machine? Yes, I, want, the altar of I have been upset all these years about wow. Mr. Terrific. I really <laughs> wanted him to, to do that. I, right. I did. Now, what? one thing, though, that the one thing that really – through my score and it might have even gone down possibly three points in my score is when paula and michael are dating they're going on the date how did i do ordering why didn't he say you were terrific he says perfect three points down (laughs) he's on a wind trick pony come on with the deal hit the brand baby you have your moment yeah you say there you're terrific baby and then go what I just wanted to mess the whole thing. How did I do ordering? (laughs) Fair play. What? (laughs) You did terrific. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, my. That is clever. Wait a minute. Let me see them hands. You don't have those marks. Out of here. But yeah, he he is struggling with the idea that it's not. Paula his never wife. knew what I really loved about her was her hand scars. Don't you realize that <laughs> I really want to see those hand scars because that's what I was able to identify her dead body oh with. It always that's, brings back great memories. That's these the hand only scars. Way I can get hard. That's the only thing I remember. From her dead body, them scars. The worst part but, is, yeah. I know she has identifying marks where she has a specific scar in her hand, but please identify the body a little bit more than yeah, just seeing yeah. her hand. Hey, that's all he needed. He, he, he asked for her hand in marriage, and then the, her and that's hand That's all death. he took. Got her hand in death. <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy if uh, earlier when we were talking about Batgirl, if that was the hand that showed up in that as well. <laughs> I, I noticed those scars. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, I didn't hate the, the issue. I was kind of surprised. It didn't really seem to pick up um, from the last issue. I guess you could say it kind of picked up from the annual, but it wasn't really bad. It just kind of yeah. like just kind of unfolded in a very uh, clunky and, and crummy way. Like Eric said, there was a lot of weird foreshadowing uh, about what would happen at the end. And the whole unfolding of this tech was, I don't know, it just wasn't handled in a way that, that I, I like that even much, the way but- they described the inside of the snake, where it was this holographic world, even though it's building on what people are seeing, like you know, when eight metamorpho, this giant snake, eight metamorpho and plastic man, they were covered in the guts and the saliva of the yeah. inside. But when Phantom Girl yeah. went through, it was this weird holographic emptiness, and they tried to explain. I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to say to me right now. Yeah. You know, it, it's I think it's just it's it's too much. It's overly complicated. So. Uh, I gave it a six out of six point five out of ten. Okay, six point five. I, I I could I like the art. I could go so as I. high. I could go as high as a seven for what it is. But what it does feel like to me 
is Gene Luan Yang has had this kind of story kicking around the back of his head and he's kind of, you know, repurposing it to finish this book off. I don't think this book is going to last into the 40s or anything. I do think that, you know, the next couple solicits will see that this is one arc, six issues out and, you know, he whatever has to make up for, you know, yeah. the, the uh, Jeff Lemire bit and then go forward with maybe another arc. But that's what I think we got here. It, it reminds me a little of like when uh, Tomasi's story with the dream machine right. it, it before Detective 1000. It really feels like it's a story that, you know, is kind of shoved in here. You have to kind of force the issue of, hey, you know, uh, Michael, you're not religious. Oh, hey, Plastic Man, you went to Catholic school? Yes. Oh, it's a, so it, it does seem like that. But I didn't mind it. It's just like you said, there's nothing here. That's wowing me either. So, so I'll go six five uh, as well. But I'm not down with it. I actually liked it enough. It was a yeah. quick read and didn't mind it. Uh, how about you, Eric? Like I said, I think the story's a little bit forced. I'm never a fan whenever you bring a real life video game situation into something like that because it just never comes out fun. I'm just the idea that these people have life bars. It's just silly to me. Yeah. Even though we are dealing with superheroes and stuff like that, I think there's better ways to handle it. And I just don't like that. But as a character working to Mr. Terrific I and the know, idea right? of Paula, I think it works out pretty damn well. So with that in mind and the the fact that I like the art, I think I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Oh, a 6 Ooh. out of 10. Congregation, Reggie. Oh, my. But we're going to go off now to uh, go with uh, Reggie and Chris. And what are you going to be talking about tonight, uh, It Reggie? is Books of Magic number 7. Number 7. All right. Well, we'll be back with that. Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have a one magical book. What book is that, Chris? That magical book is a book of magic, and it's hey. the seventh issue of Books of Magic. And uh, the title is uh, probably the most clever part of the book, and it is uh, Over the River and Through the World. It's, uh, <laughs> by Cat Howard, Dom Fowler, Brian Churilla, Churilla, Churia, maybe? Uh, oh, Jordan yeah. Boyd and Todd Klein or Klein. Um, now we open with a. Uh, in in my opinion, a very wasteful uh, few pa- so pages yeah. of uh, newspaper headlines. Uh, basically, it's three or four pages uh, where one full page is a newspaper headline. Then it's like a three quarters of the page and then mm-hmm. half a page. It's just ridiculous. But uh, we open with several pages of newspaper headlines and they mention the pair of recent tragedies to have occurred at Tim Hunter's school. Now, those tragedies are the death of Professor Skull in a Box Brisby. And the kidnapping of Ellie, that chick, Tim Diggs, Jones. (laughs) Thanks very much for the clarification. (laughs) Yes. Now, there are detectives questioning members of the faculty and students, and they learn that Brisby, he has no enemies to speak of, uh, and he was particularly close with a student named Tim Hunter. Uh, We learn here that Dr. Rose took over Brisby's position, which I'm not sure if it was ever clearly stated before. I didn't realize that. I thought they were contemporaries. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Because she was there already. She was... Yeah. So, but all right, whatever. So she's now has his class. That's fine. Sure. Uh, now, when they ask about Ellie, they learn that she too was very close with Tim Hunter. Uh, more like Tim is really into her. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, now, the detectives reconnoiter later on a park bench somewhere, and uh, they both find it strange that Tim Hunter, that kid whose name has come up a few times that day, wasn't actually around all day. And uh, we know why. It's because he and Rose, Dr. Rose, are out searching for Ellie. That's right. We catch up with them as they're opening some strange interdimensional doors. 
Uh, actually, Tim's trying to slam one shut before a demon breaks out. They're having trouble here. Turns yeah. out Rose can see or sense the doors to other places in the mundane world. According to her, Tim's owl Yo-Yo also has that same power and would actually come in handy during the search. They head in the park to get the bird, only to find that Yo-Yo and Hetty are gone. Dr. Rose spies another door, and she's sure this is the right one. As she goes to open it, that creepy librarian consents they're getting close, so he slams shut a book on his desk. That's presumably the one that he zapped Ellie into, that you know, and that uh, two issues ago, or is that last, last issue? I, I, one of those issues. One of those. So it was a recent <laughs> issue. Uh, Dr. Rose and Tim push open the door against the librarian holding that book shut, so this will probably be the right door then, I have a feeling. Yes. Now, the librarian somehow manages to send Tim and Rose elsewhere. They, you know, they're slammed in this book, kind of, sort of, <laughs> and they fall through space, and then they land in Fairy, mm. which is the name of a place and not a person. That's right. Uh, now, uh, Tim's mind suddenly races with visions, which uh, may or may not be familiar to the more well-read Books of Magic fans among us. Uh, to me, they were brand new. Mm. Uh, now, Rose tells Tim where they are, and she reveals that this actually isn't his first visit to Fairy. And they walk and they talk, and Rose tells him that she was actually with him the last time he was here. And that she doesn't know how or why they wound up here this time. She also doesn't know if any of this has anything to do with Ellie. And so they search out for a sort of kind of scrying dish like they did last issue or a couple issues ago to find some answers. And they find a tiny round pond, which they figure ought to do the trick. They should just carry like a Frisbee around and then fill that with water. You got your portal. You're good. Have a scrying dish whenever you want. Uh, Tim looks into this pond, sees his reflection, and the reflection suddenly becomes so, kind of sinister, sort of smirking and smiling at him. Then it stands up, still smiling at him, and it uh, doesn't seem like Dr. Rose can see any of this. Rose convinces Tim to rest, and they'll continue their search the following day. Tim has a nightmare about the scrying dish doppelganger and wakes up in a panic. Yes, and then the pair are descended upon by some... Uh... Yeah, kind of cute talking insects. Right? <laughs> <A little> uh, <laughs> now, they claim that Tim and Rose will be going to see the lady. Now, Tim ain't digging that, but Rose gives the thumbs up because she knows that the lady, Titania, isn't one they want to be on the bad side of. So they better uh, act accordingly. Uh, they are guided to a palace and they're introduced to Titania. And she is very happy to see Tim and claims that she has missed him so. And that's how the never-ending story and No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing altogether. <laughs> if only. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this issue had had things in it I liked. Uh, what did you think about it? You know, I, I don't know who this Titania is, and it was only after doing some post-read research that I found out that she was a thing that existed yeah. before this. And uh, But as for a... Because, you know, it's, it's the last panel is her saying she's missed him, and I think that's supposed to be like a <gasps> reveal. Yeah. I didn't care. I don't know who this is. I mean, you I mean, got to do the, a little bit the, better than that. The, you know, mystery for at least us is... Is, you know, in what capacity was he here before? What happened? And all of that hopefully will come to be revealed. But I, I am getting the impression that this is sort of a uh, remember the first volume. And we don't. Yeah, a callback. <laughs> uh, we don't remember the first volume. Sorry, we did not read. the. Uh, when I first saw it, I assumed I'm like, OK, maybe is could that be Tim's mother? Right. You know, but I, I don't think it is since we know that this is a, a character that, you know, precedes this uh, volume. But uh 
you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be this easy to like solve the, the riddle of Ellie Jones or whatever her name is. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I knew there'd be some detours. I knew there'd be some sort of roadblocks getting in our way. I just hope this one doesn't last six issues. Well, you know, we'll see about these, uh, whether these <laughs> things lasting six issues is going to be a concern of ours. Mm. Uh, that that also might be why this is sort of happening in a very neat way. Very, you know, things have sort True. of moved along, falling but, into place. But yeah. we don't know uh, exactly. You know, I liked, you know, I liked the, a lot of the visuals as usual, and I liked that. I felt like there was more happening in this issue than in some previous ones. Sure. Uh, but it still did kind of tread water, and I definitely got the impression that there was allusions to things that we didn't know about. You know, it's it's to to reward a reader or to uh, allude to things that a long-time reader will know about is not a bad thing, but no. to hinge your cliffhanger on it. Yeah. It's kind of, and, and believe me, this is, you know, this is a problem we could list comics <laughs> All day long that 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 commit sure. the same the same sin. So this isn't uh, unique to books of magic by any means. But uh, this does feel like a couple of times we've gotten this kind of like, and you know the the mystery person is this person that you still don't know who they are if you're new to the yeah. series. You know, uh, mm-hmm. but you know I I kind of dig the trappings of it. I kind of like them being in a different place uh, outside of the mundane world or whatever. The uh, third dimensional world. I definitely thought that opening thing with the with the newspaper headlines was a total waste. Waste. Yeah. I mean, it just it was blatant as far as I was concerned. Totally uh, useless. I wouldn't. Even, I don't even know if those pages were drawn or just typeset. Quite frankly, yeah, they might as well have just like photocopied a dollar bill on it. It's true. It's like, uh, there you go. This is a buck. You know, an opening with headlines isn't bad, but those used to be in a panel as opposed to a page or a, a half page. a page. Yeah. Uh, this, it's, this isn't a Superman's dead type no. scenario here <laughs> that we need that. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I really, I really am, I'm, I'm of a mind of this book, Chris, that, like, it's not bad where, you know. No, I, certainly I, not. I don't think it's badly put together. It's, it's a well-produced book. But I can't think of anyone I would recommend this book to, you know? Uh, At least not in the singles, no. Not, yeah. Well, I, we'll have to see as as it reads all together, because the first arc, or however, wrapped up pretty well when we got all of our answers, finally. Uh, and maybe that's the trick to the rhythm of this book, is it doesn't have a single-issue rhythm. Hmm. Another sin that is not unique to uh, this series, Certainly by the not. way, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but may, maybe that's exactly what it is. But the single issues, I really, I can't think, you know, including people I know that are Sandman fans, fans of, you know, dark books or, you know, magic comics and stuff. This doesn't really hit all the the notes that I would want it to on a regular basis. And uh, it it really just kind of leaves me feeling, eh. Is that that's a good, that a good exclamation, <laughs> explanation that's of anything? That's about the size of it, yeah. That, uh, it's, a nice, uh, it's a nice tired sigh. That's yeah. <laughs> all I get well, from this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I almost I almost wish we'd get more animated and angry at it, but I really don't, I just don't feel that way. It's like, hey, no. you know, I, hope it, no. I hope it works for some people. There are, you know, many people out there in the world, and maybe this is for younger folks or uh, something like that, but I, I just feel like there's not a ton happening uh just to to totally keep my interest on it on a regular basis 
especially for four bucks and four bucks a pop. That it's, has a lot. That has quite a bit to yeah. do with it. I'll be honest with you. But you know, not only you know that's uh, I, like for example. There are some other books that will remain unnamed that that cost four dollars that I would be happy to tell you is a, is a ripoff. You know what I mean? Yes. That they're basically pilfering your your book. I don't feel like this is a ripoff in the sense that like yeah, it's the read is kind of quick, but the artwork is really cool. You know what I mean? And sure. You really get into it. Of course, I want it to be a buck cheaper. I want everything in the world to be a buck cheaper. You know what I mean? It's nothing mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to pay less for, but this doesn't feel like a real. Uh, just like anger, you know, making me furious at the end of it, where I'm like, I can't believe they want to charge this much for this. For example, another book that came out this week on the DC book side, they they want to charge money for that. I was much much more unhappy with. Uh, hmm. I'll be talking about that on the main podcast segment. You'll 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 hear all about it, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so, what did you give this on the site, Chris? I gave this a seven out of yeah. ten. Which is, you know, a nice, like, uh, a positive, mediocre, we'll call Average, it. yeah. I think I really feel like I want to go down 6.5 on this. I'm, I'm kind of in the same place. It's just uh, it's just the fact that I, I'm really just searching my mind, like, can I think of anyone that would get excited about this? It's not like I know so many people in the world that I would have. <laughs> I mean, like, even, like, Harry Potter fans, would they get anything out of this, I, or would they just punch you in the face? I, I don't, I don't know. they would. I, I really, you know, there just isn't enough meat here for them to, for anyone to, like, grab no. onto. But you're right, in trade installments, it might, it might be a different story altogether. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't help us at all. Uh, next, <laughs> it certainly doesn't. Next week, we do definitely have The Dreaming number 9, which actually mm-hmm. starts a brand new arc. Well, I don't know about brand new, but it starts a new arc. Uh, those last two issues were like that was like a little aside, a thing that happened. So uh, where we'll be back in the dreaming, and according to the cover, I haven't looked inside the book yet, but we will see the baby face moth again. So uh oh, that'll be nice for Chris. I know you like to see that. Thing. <laughs> first thing I see when I wake up, and the first thing I see before I go to bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I think that's all we got from this week. Chris got anything else for him? Nah, it'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it to Jeremy. See ya. Yo, it's Mail Call. It's Mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's Mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's Mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's Mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, it's Mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's Mail with Derek. Oh, yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no humor. It's Mail with Eric. Ah, yes, Mail with Eric, except Eric is not here. For this mail section, it's just a little old me. Uh, because the mail in this section, we have one mail and it's directed to me. And Eric likes to take breaks and likes to rest. So he's going to get to rest while I do this one because this mail section is from Dispatch DCU. And if you don't know the history with me and Dispatch DCU, he is a guy who I talk to a lot. And we uh, started kind of becoming online buddies 
uh, arguing about Tom King and arguing about Tom King's Mr. Miracle, Tom King's Batman, things like that. Now, in the meantime, he's uh, been doing some reviews for us, first starting with some uh, second opinion Tom King reviews. And then that kind of morphed into him uh, doing some of his own stuff. But now he is doing reviews on our Marvel site and they're awesome. And also you can check out a lot of times he has user reviews over at Comic Book Roundup. So if you see any of the user reviews and you see M page down and see Dispatch DCU, you check those out because those are the best of uh, the bunch. But he wrote in and said, Dearest Jim Warner from Quakertown, PA, I, sh- I should do the uh, music for this, but I said I didn't want to overdo the music. You know, dearest Jim Warner from Quakertown, PA, comic book reviewer for Weird Science Comics and fellow diehard Eagles fan. I write this letter to say you were right. I'm a big enough man to admit it when I was wrong. Write about what you say. Write about this. Batman by Tom King is lost it's stalled it's repetitive it's slow i don't understand what's going on in the book anymore and i don't get the direction of the book tom king's batman cannot fight and he's not a good detective tom king's batman and his everyday man going through everyday problems while also wanting to simultaneously be the bat god however he can't be both somehow king manages to switch them at the drop of a hat whenever he wants King has set up his own world and doesn't play well with other writers. He beats to his own drum and plays his own music regardless of what anyone else is writing. But what King doesn't realize is that you can only do that for so long before it sounds like loud noises. Jim, you've been saying this, as well as so much more, for a long time now. And I, as well as many, have disagreed. To be honest, I loved I Am Gotham. I loved I Am Suicide. And I even loved I Am Bane. Yeah, I, I actually really like I Am Gotham. Should I stop the dramatic piano music when I do an aside? Um, I actually loved, loved I Am Gotham. It's the last uh, 10 out of 10 I've given on the site. Uh, since then, I have not given any 10 out of 10s, but issue number five, Tom King's fifth issue, when Gotham gets killed, Gotham girl ends up being, you know, uh, comforted by Batman, who then shows him his identity, uh, I think is one of the best issues that I've read in Rebirth and one of the best issues I've read in quite some time. Um, yeah, so it's not like I was hating, hating at the very beginning. I actually really liked I Am Suicide up until the end. When I realized that all the clues and this kind of mystery, I mean, it was set up as kind of mystery, if you remember, where Batman was, you know, he got this almost like the Batman Suicide Squad type deal, went down to Santa Prisca to get Bane. And you had this deal like, hey, Punch, he's a master of disguise. You know, uh, you know, why would Catwoman be there? Why would Wesker be there? And all these things. And you tried to figure it out. And at the end, it didn't really make much sense and showed you that you didn't really have to play along and you were silly to play along. That is where I said a lot of the times when I say that Tom King has set up mysteries or set up these neat premises and then by the end uh they end up getting just thrown aside to to get nothing or an exposition filled thing it's the same that just happened with heroes in crisis next up came war of jokes and riddles and this is where you jim werner 
really started to dip down lower than the rest. And it is true. I lost my mind a bit with uh, War at Jokes and Reels. This is where you called it quits. And I did. I gave it to Eric. This is where you really began to see the flaws before everyone else. Sure, you had your ups and downs before, but this is where you really began to call it. Personally, I will admit that I hung in there. I enjoyed the style at the time and ignored a lot of the silly little things that King accidentally placed in his writing, thinking that they would be explained later, thinking it was done on purpose to move the story forward. I enjoyed the first three arcs and assumed he would be getting answers or we would be getting answers, but we didn't. It all led up to an engagement. Being stubborn in my ways, I stayed true to King and still chose not to waver, even though I also felt a bit let down by the end of the engagement arc and the dating issues with the plot holes and unanswered questions. So I I hung in with more hope. Uh, I was optimistic and wanted to give King the benefit of the doubt, especially after enjoying the first three arcs. Here's the thing. I think I read better with the piano music. Hell, I enjoyed the button too, thinking it was so much more and thinking it connected to Manhattan and the Doomsday Clock while leading into something bigger. But boy, I was wrong. Now, I'll go, I'll stop it for an aside. I do think that this is not King's fault. In my mind, the button was supposed to connect to a deeper story, kind of connecting to Doomsday Clock, all that. And with Doomsday Clock delayed, with what we're hearing behind the scenes, that Doomsday Clock doesn't mean anything. I think that they said to Tom King, listen, you know, you had this button story with Joshua Williamson. Uh, we need it to be something else. I mean, it was a, it was a Watchmen Doomsday Clock story. You had the button. Uh, but then all of a sudden, if that's not going to mean much anymore, you kind of have to disregard the button and go with what else was in the story. And the only thing else in the story was pretty much Thomas Wayne, even though Jay Garrick, poor Jay Garrick was in that. Yeah. Remember my name, Barry, say my name. What? What's your name? And he disappeared. But again, that even shows you that I think the button was going to set up uh, different things in both the Flash and the Batman book. Flash book, it really didn't do anything with. And now we just get Thomas Wayne that I do think that anybody who thought like all this was planned when you had the wedding and you knew things were going to go wrong. I do think that at the last second they put that last panel. You have a Thomas Wayne there. I really hope we're going to get an explanation of what thomas wayne how an alternate yet you you take dr manhattan which it seems like they want to take dr manhattan out of the equation you take dr manhattan out of the equation here and now you're left with a guy from an alt timeline that doesn't exist and shouldn't how do you get him to how do you explain him being in our universe so we're gonna have to see how that goes but the button oh here we go again the button was DC telling Mr. King to try to play well with others and look like he's a part of a bigger picture and direction. However, we found out that was basically pointless and continued to prove that King beats to his own drum. Then we had rules of engagement where things really started to make no sense, but the hope was still there for me. And this is where me and Eric really kind of lost it. I thought it would all be worth it if we could just make it to 50. Writers have ups and downs like anyone else. He's going to give us a big payoff, right? Whoever it got harder and harder to hang in there issues filled with dates trips to dark realms to fight alongside wonder woman ideas that appeared to be stolen from other writers songs poetry interwoven through issues made to appear to be his own hell yes that became tiring and stale football players no one cared about burger references and riddle me fishes 
a world taken over by ivy that made no sense, as well as a supercharged Catwoman capable of defeating Flash. An insane booster gold created to drive a new book for King to write all of a damn gift, which was totally out of character. Booster, as well as dozens of other characters King writes out of character, and eventually leading to a buildup of a wedding, of which King perceived a lie to everyone on late night television about, about a wedding that wasn't happening. Seth Meyers literally asked him point blank, and I quote, Issue 50, he's marrying Catwoman. And King responded with, yes. Look it up on YouTube, kids, because he says it point blank. Yes. You can't be more direct than that. A wedding issue gets spoiled early and everyone is in an uproar because nothing happens. It wasn't, I wasn't upset it got spoiled. I wasn't upset because nothing happened while comic shops to this day still ate the extra cost for pre-purchases that never happened since the awful issue was spoiled. It's not like comic shops are, have a lot of overhead to cover that either. And yeah, with, with the wedding, when we talk about the wedding, uh, I don't think that there's ever a point where I said, oh, man, I was so upset that the wedding issue didn't become a wedding because I really wanted to see that wedding. And it was more the lies to me. And it was also more the like, really, we set up two years of this nonsense and now you're just going to not have it. And again, was that Tom King's fault? Was he told to not have it? If that was the case, if he was told to not have it, he wasn't told three days before he would have been told way before and he could have written the story better leading to that and not making people feel like they've been duped at the end, making it feel more like, you know, a natural progression. Now, uh, as it all ends, when we get to that 105th issue, when this all ends, uh, maybe he will do a good enough job that it won't feel in retrospect as, you know, thrown in there and, and done with that. But since the wedding we're, we're having some issues here. We're, we're not really progressing a story. Needless to say, that was issue 50, and here we are in the past, uh, issue 69, and what can anyone say that's actually moved the story forward? That's what I just said. I didn't mean to step on dispatch DCU's toes. King has wasted six issues in a dream. Sorry, a nightmare. King changed Dick to Rick, forcing another book to change their story. Stop the Gotham zombie with Flash. That was only pushed to get Flash and Batman to work together again and to get Gotham Girl and Gotham, you know, out of the picture at least, and didn't fit with the overall story at all. Rage attacked Mr. Freeze, reenacting 12 Angry Men, tracks down KG Beast through a frozen tundra that helicopters and bat planes can't even make it to, only uh, in a bat suit and cow. There's the bat god, and ended up walking 200 miles out of said, you know, most, uh, you know, dis- destructive environment in the world. Introduced a love interest for a penguin that was never there before. Yeah, and is actually now a penguin without buildup and wanting us to care for penguin. But he can't because you didn't set it up prior. And has Bane wrestled Thomas Wayne naked, explaining the way by saying on Twitter, quote, as established in his first appearance and retold in Batman 9, Bane spent some 17 years, ages 4 to 21, alone abandoned in a flooded cell. How long do you think his clothes lasted? This is just how he feels comfortable now. Just Bane being Bane. Also, dude doesn't give a fuck. You know, Mr. King, I'm tired of Twitter being your vessel for explaining your comics. Now, in the meantime, I ended up going, and I think it was issue 16 or 18, where he showed throughout this whole issue that when Bane was a kid to when he left, he had pants on. So it was in his run that his his clothes did survive. He did end up, when he went on top of Santa Prisca and basically said, Mommy, 
I'm, I'm going to take over the world and I'm going to show you. He, he's wearing pants. I'm tired of post uh, podcast interviews being your avenue of explaining what happened in your comic. How about explaining what happens? Crazy idea in your dang comic. Watch it. Watch your mouth there. Dispatch DCU. How about you stop the ambiguity and give us some direct answers? But with ambiguity and having ambiguous uh, things, because I'm having problems saying ambiguity, uh, you end up not having to make things tie together. And that's that's been my biggest problem. My biggest problem is just things thrown out there. And I think that it's not a product of bad writing. It's a product of bad changing your story as you go. You see, Tom, if you're on Twitter, you see Tom King constantly saying, man was halfway through this arc and threw that away. And and you see where artists change at end of arcs. We, we have Mitch Gerards at the end of this, you know, the main story parts of this Heroes in Crisis when it should have been Clay Man. I think that things were changed. And when things are changed, sometimes if you don't go back and reread your work, which maybe he doesn't have time to do or he, or he wants to change it. Maybe it's one of those things he's like, I didn't like that plot point, so I'm just going to ignore it. Because there's a lot of stuff that only can it be explained away at the end with a Heroes in Crisis type deal with it being, you know, exposition to lead you through step one, two, three, ABC and trying to explain things away that way. Or you get a Mr. Miracle that at the end, instead of explaining why Barda's eyes were changing color throughout the beginning. You know, why this? What, what was the, the thing? At one point, there was a package delivered in like issue three or four that seemed to be very, very important that never came up again. There's a lot of things like this that end up having, and you have to have an ambiguous ending to say, oh, well, you know, make up your own ending because a lot of times these things do not go well together they don't make sense in the end but by the end he kind of gets everybody to forget about these little things and i don't understand because these are things that say you know a steve orlando does not get a pass on people will, will call him out but on tom king it just basically is like well i and it's all the emotions it, it's uh, well you know what i was just in it for the emotions i was just in it for that thing i was just in it. it's never like i was in it for a coherent plot and things making sense by the end and yeah an ambiguous ending also, I'll go to my grave, which is probably going to be in three weeks, saying that Mr. Miracle was going to end differently. It was going to end with a heartbreaking issue that would have meant more to the character and what that story was about, because it was about trying to fight out of a life, trying to, you know, somebody who can always escape things. At the end, he couldn't escape the regular problems that we all have in life. Instead, it ended up being a story of, well, he escaped it by just going through his particular deal and not fighting back he, he ended up fighting back at one point yeah in his crazy dream scape heaven at the end he kind of fights back at his dad and things like that but in the end he ends up just well i'm gonna stay in this fake world i'm not gonna go back to the regular world i committed suicide in the first issue i'm just gonna let this play out because i like this fake world better than the real one but to me this whole thing was supposed to be about trying to deal with you know regular life and even a mr miracle who can escape everything can't escape 
the horrors of real life. And at the end, that would have been the, the deal. But at one point, I think the wedding came out and everybody lost their mind immediately that week. It was announced that the last two issues of uh, Mr. Miracle were delayed. And I do think he went and rewrote them. There are people who had talked to Mitch Gerards and Tom King at conventions the summer before and said, hey, I hope Mr. Miracle, I hope that you don't break our hearts. Mitch Gerards, one person said that Mitch Gerards said, oh, man, you're going to hate our guts after this last issue. Uh, how was that? Because that's not what happened. I think that he thought, OK, I didn't have the wedding. I can't break up Barta, Scott and the family. So I better change this up into an ambiguous ending that makes everything work because it doesn't have to work. And and that's my two cents. On top of that, you may explain Bane in the new, but not Thomas Wayne sparring with him. I don't enter a boxing ring to practice, only let my opponent strip down naked to fight with me, even if he says he's comfortable that way. Who does that? I guess Thomas Wayne. Hey, he's from a different alternate timeline that doesn't exist. So he's a little wacky. And was this now retconned into continuity? Bane fights nude? Because I don't recall this ever before. It's just like with Harley and and, uh, Heroes in Crisis. We've all seen Harley. We've all read a lot of Harley. I've read tons of Harley. These nursery rhymes, Hickory Dickory Dock, there's Booster Gold and he's got a clock. Uh, Why do you always rhyme? Well, people talk all the time. I rhyme all the time. No, no, you don't. Don't make it that. Make it something for your story. Say, Harley says, oh, you know what? I usually don't do this, but when I'm real nervous, I do. Or when I'm real upset, I do. Now you're actually giving me a character moment where you're telling me, oh, my God, the reason why Harley never did this before is she's never been this upset, this upset in your story. There you go. There's a tip that there would be something better than saying I always do it. Because you can go back and see that you don't. She doesn't always do that. Uh, at this point, when I walk away, uh, it's at this point I'm walking away. But you see, we get Twitter explanations for nude fighting, but not comis, comic explanation as to why Thomas Wayne Batman is there or how he got there. King uh, can't give readers any of the big questions answered because I personally feel he doesn't know them. Truly, he doesn't know. I'm afraid he's going to say it was Skeet's. Skeets is not it Skeets usually isn't a time machine until Tom King got all of them, but Skeets also isn't an alternate timeline switcheroo thing. Now again, at the end of the button, he was running into the light, and they could just kind of go with the idea that hypertime scooped him up and, and put him in our timeline, but that wouldn't make sense for hypertime either. Uh the speed force doesn't really grab other people from timelines, but he could say that. Um if he says hypertime, that's ridiculous because we even had pretty much the amalgam type deal, not the amalgam, but a, a similar issue in Detective where you had Savior, a future Tim Drake from an alt timeline. When he got there in our timeline, hypertime reacted and pulled him back because it couldn't deal with the idea that a somebody from an alternate non-existing timeline was there so i'm waiting for hyper time to react to a thomas wayne which we probably won't see unless it's to just end it all i bet you he has no clue how this will all tie together how do i know well at first i thought it was how king wrote batman but anyone who took the time to read mr miracle like i did or heroes in crisis now which sadly i am now uh would tell you what he uh, what we are reading is his style we get no answers all we get are dark side is now, I'm, I'm telling you this. He, he, we're talking about this deal here. This is how me and Dispatch DCU kind of got in arguments because this was his, you know, he loved it. 
He was into this book. Dark Side is Veggie Trey's fuzzy panels. Wally West is a villain. Nine panel speeches. Batgirl teaming up with Harley for no explained reason and all the shock all in a maze like an awful magician getting you to look one way while revealing nothing. Lack of explanation does not make a mystery. Uh, uh, where's my ding sound? That's uh, something I've been saying all along. Unexplained plot holes shouldn't be explained away on social media. Uh-huh. And podcast interviews. Tom King needs to stop wasting everyone's time and move the story forward with answers. 19 issues since a no wedding issue, and we are no for- further than before, literally. If this was monthly, we would have waited almost two years without answers. Shit or get off the pot anyway. But you, Jim, you saw the signs early on. You picked this out 50 issues ago. You were on to the first to see it. You were right. You were right. You were right. I told him I demanded an apology. Yeah, I was wrong, Jim, and you were right all along. Uh, my hope is that King understands what he has written and begins to give us answers. I I am optimistic. I think that at issue 75, we're going to see something where I think he's really busy, too, now. And again, I'm you, know, you don't hear me make a lot of excuses for him, but I think there's something else going on. I think that he has kind of got tangled up in a mess that he didn't want to be tangled up in as well. Uh, this was a guy who didn't write a ton of comics and then was put on Batman, one of the biggest books or the biggest book in comics. I think that he is learning uh, that sometimes you have to kind of go with what you had before in the timeline of a book and a character and kind of get to know that character a little better. I think he's trying that as well. Uh, I know that what he is trying to do is make this humanize Batman, but to, it was one of the things I remember hearing one time, and I think it was Jimi Hendrix or somebody like they said, man, you know, you, you ended up or it's some, it was a guitar player, but I thought it was Jimi Hendrix, but it's like, man, you have changed the landscape of guitar playing. What you're doing is so crazy. You know, did you just decide right away to make things wacky, to really change things up, to do it that way? And whoever it was, if it was Jimi Hendrix or not said, no, no, no. First, you have to learn all the rules of what the standard deal is. You have to learn the game first. You have to learn everything there is to do it right to be able to switch it up to make it your own. Uh, you know, you can't just say, I'm going to do this. Da, da, da. No, no, no. You have to know what is the norm. You have to be perfectionist of everything before then you can say, okay, with that being that, I'm going to step here. And I think that that's the problem. I think he tried to make Batman this different character right away without ever getting the real DNA of Batman himself. I want to like this. It's Batman, but I can't. My hope is issues to come will change my mind, but past practices show me otherwise. So, well, I like some of King's issues that come out, but I was, as I was saying before that, I think that number 75 will be the start of something where he's really hunkering down and doing that. I had to cough there. I hope I have no problem saying that I liked an issue of his too. Honestly, our honesty is required when reviewing an issue. Point as Jim was right and I was wrong. Nobody's right or wrong. And yeah, just be honest. If you honestly like it, you honestly like it. Thank you. And and that's where I, I try to talk to people about reviews and what's right or wrong. And there is no right or wrong. It's opinion. Uh, you have to go about listening to this podcast. When I'm screaming and yelling at books as well, you got to just think to yourself, well, you know, that, that's just Jim's opinion. I don't agree. I agree, whatever. That's just me. And that's all. I, I have my baggage I'm bringing to my reviews. You have yours. You want one thing. I want another. It's always going to be that way with anything that's reviewed. But yeah, I'm not going to say that anybody shouldn't like it. I I know that I, you know, sometimes get angry, but uh, he says, uh, yeah, I'll I'll repeat that because I like that. Uh, And point is, 
Jim was right and I was wrong. Thank you for your rant, uh, or for the rant. It's always my rant, the opportunity to write reviews and the opportunity to speak my mind. And yeah, that's Dispatch DCU. That is the mail section number two. And if anybody wants to write in and say that, you know what, Eric and Jim, you're assholes. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I might argue with you on the deal, but I'll read it and I'll read it and we'll discuss it. And as Dispatch DCU will tell you, and maybe even a J from earlier, we will fight until I win. That's it, Jay. I'm I'm wearing you down, buddy. Uh, Dispatch DCU will tell you. No, I, I actually, all in all, I would hope that Dispatch DCU would also tell you that even though he doesn't know me, I would hope that he thinks I'm a decent enough guy. I'm not telling. I would never, you know, we, we weren't arguing at any point or talking and me say, you know, you're a moron, you asshole, or something like that. You know, we just argue and I yell and I use a lot of exclamation points and, you know, capital letters and things like that, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, that that is the end of mail section number two. Uh, I hope that my rant and I'm raving uh, over Dispatch DCU's rant and I'm raving did not bore you because Dispatch DCU's uh, letter I thought was great. And uh, thanks a lot. And we're going to get back to some books. Hello and welcome to the Wild Storm. Yes, we're getting very close to the end here. Uh, and things are getting very good. Uh, we're going to be looking at Wildstorm issue number 22. I'm your host, Jeremy. Very pleased to meet you. If this is the first time uh, you've uh, tuned into the podcast and uh, listened to uh, to one of these segments, welcome. And if you've been here before, of course, you're welcome too. Um, to be honest with you, this is not going to be a very long uh, section, simply because... Probably most of what I will be saying is, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's awesome. It's fantastic. And I'll be saying that over and over again until even I will get bored of that. And uh, I'm sorry, but that's probably just the way it's going to go. Uh, the Wild Storm is, of course, written by Warren Ellis. The art is by John Davis Hunt. Colors are by Steve Bucciolato. Uh, letters are by Simon Boland. The cover price is $3.99. And it is published by DC Comics. Of course it is. The original The Authority series was high-concept, big-budget superheroics in an era when the first X-Men film was still in production and an Avengers movie was just a twinkle in Kevin Feige's eye. Following on from Warren Ellis's really rather dark and disturbing Stormwatch run, the series took the idea of superheroes to its logical conclusion. If there were superpowered beings running around the planet, of course they'd take charge and police the world as best they could, and they'd do it in as spectacular and mind-blowing a way as is superhumanly possible. Ellis's plotting was big and bold and his characters cool. Artists Brian Hitch and Paul Neary delivered page after page of visual perfection. It was awesome. The last few issues of this series have been leading to the formation of this somewhat grimier, more low-tech Wildstorm Universe's version of The Authority. Given the group's pedigree, the creative team have set themselves quite a task to match or even exceed the impact of those initial Authority stories. Let's see if they can pull it off. And of course the answer is yes! (laughs) Yes, they can! Uh, We've got a great cover. 
It's uh, it features the authority. There they are on the front. Jenny May Sparks uh, in the foreground, hands in pockets, looking kind of determined and slightly vulnerable and rather sexy. Um, Jack Hawksmoor uh, is her blowing in the wind. Uh, looking kind of cool in his suit. Uh, there's the Wildstorm version of Midnighter. There he is. Uh, there's Shen, uh, looking off panel. Uh, and there's, uh, <laughs> there's Angie and Apollo hovering in the background. And of the two of them, Angie looks the better. Okay. I'm just gonna put that out there um this is issue 22 uh the review copy that i've i got has done that weird thing again where they get the wrong uh the wrong numbering uh the little snooker tab thing uh says 21 and it's all a bit silly uh it may well be be correct on the print version i think that happened the last time around anywho who cares uh let's talk about the pre uh, title sequence, and that is featuring Jackie King, who takes some of Angie's tech out of the IO headquarters, goes through a metal detector in order to do so. Doesn't seem to be any problem there whatsoever. Has a, a slightly superfluous conversation with people waiting at the bus stop and uh, heads off to uh, to walk to her apartment. Uh, the implication, I think, of all this is that uh, the walk has been set up, uh, you know, the whole kind of bus stop thing, um, the bus being delayed and what have you, has been set up in order to get her walking home on her own. Uh, this then makes her uh, vulnerable to attack. She's walking down an alley. Uh, she's overlooked uh, by uh, the guy whose name I can't remember, actually. Um, we, were, we introduced to him a couple of issues ago. Um, he's uh, he's the assassin uh, that Miles Craven has sent after her. And he kind of uh, talks to her, and uh, he kind of talks to her and says, I'll take care of your cat. And she turns around to look at him, and he says, sorry, Jackie. And he's got a silenced pistol in his hand. Uh, and basically, she just, she is wearing some of this uh, Angie tech. Uh, there's like a little disc that's kind of attached to her head, which somehow channels her mental energy and uh, essentially completely disintegrates uh, this assassin. And it just looks unbelievable, you know, as a kind of a statement of intent. Uh, and, and Davis Hunt does this. I, you know, he's, he's a, tr- for the most part, he's a tremendously restrained artist. Um, he, he, particularly in, in this series, he sticks to very kind of regimented panel, uh, grids. Um, so his layouts, uh, don't very often go beyond that, that kind of rectangular, uh, sort of layout. Uh, when they do go beyond that, it's very noticeable and it's very effective. Every so often, at least once or twice an issue, actually, he, uh, he lets, he lets you know what he can do. And, and this is an example here. There's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. You see, well, if you can call somebody being sort of disintegrated gorgeous, I say disintegrated, it's all very, uh, horrible and, uh, and very, uh, physical, very visceral. 
Uh, I mean that quite literally in the sense that you do actually see his viscera. Uh, that would be his guts to you and me. Um, and, uh, you see his, his brain, his kind of skin has been flayed off his body and his, uh, his muscles on his arms and, and, and torso are kind of have been disintegrated. And it's just, it's both horrifying and also strangely beautiful at the same time. It's an amazing piece of work. It's not the best piece of artwork you're going to see this issue either. There you go. Um, so she's kind of, uh, kind of shocked herself by the reaction of this, uh, battalion device, as she calls it. Uh, that's a nice callback, uh, to the original, uh, Jackson King, uh, who was a Stormwatch field commander, uh, in the first few issues of Stormwatch. And his name was Battalion. That was his code name. Um, so that it's, that's kind of a nice, nice callback to that. Um, so you get to just kind of see this guy's, this poor guy's kind of smoking boots. Um, and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and then we get the main event and the main event is, uh, a sleepy town in Utah which is going to be attacked by Skywatch uh, for the purposes of uh, making test subjects and uh, and working on them and and putting you know sort of various uh, bits of sort of genetic material and experiments and what have you into these uh, the, these poor unsuspecting people and making them sort of you know superhero style characters under Skywatch's control. And uh, Apollo and Midnighter have kind of, who are themselves sort of products of that kind of uh, genetic manipulation and experimentation, um, have taken it upon themselves to protect people, protect innocent people from Skywatch. Uh, and uh, that is what they are doing. And uh, this is beautiful. Um, it's sunset. Um, the night sky is uh is a beautiful uh blend of of shades of dark blue light blue there's a bit of pink in there as the sun is setting over the horizon it's just gorgeous then we go back to shen and jenny may and jack hawksmore and angie and they are in uh jenny may's apartment and uh Shen has uh because she's she's sort of deployed this uh this kind of global surveillance system almost, um courtesy of Angie's technology, she's alert for any Skywatch incursion. So she's aware of the fact that this place is going to be hit. And um she decides to uh to take the four of them. Uh, to this sort of no mark place in the middle of Utah and uh, take Skywatch on. So they're, they're finally preparing to do something about, about Skywatch, which is obviously great. There's a nice bit here where, um, Jack Hawksmore comes across as a bit of a, uh, well, it's funny because uh, Jenny May calls him a snowflake because, uh, he gets all antsy about the fact that this place is in the middle of nowhere and, and he won't be able to connect to the, 
to the urban environment in quite the same way as you would in a in a larger city, and and that'll be terrible, and blah 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 blah. And Jenny May's like, yeah, it's okay, you'll figure something out. <laughs> um, there's another nice bit of dialogue here between Midnighter and Apollo. It's just nice. It's just really, really well done. Uh, Ellis is great at kind of getting a relationship between these two characters. Uh, really, really quite deep uh, and meaningful. And it's uh, it's nicely done. And it's all calm before the storm stuff, really, because at the bottom of that page, uh, Apollo and Midnighter are interrupted by uh, Shen and Jenny May and the others uh, appearing out of this... Uh, this kind of magic door. <laughs> I just always like magic doors. They're great. And uh, you think for a moment that uh, there's going to be that, that kind of standard uh, superhero cliche of them fighting one another uh, because neither Apollo nor Midnighter uh, trust uh, strangers fairly obviously. Um, and uh, who can blame them at the end of the day? So they're, they're, they're kind of, starting to argue with one another, uh, starting to say, look, we we don't trust you. And all the while that's happening, um, we are aware, and, and uh, Shen and Jenny May are aware, that uh, Skywatch ships are on their way to this town. Uh, so they're having this kind of argument, conversation. And in the end, uh, sort of Angie starts to suit up, um, and it says, we're out of time. Uh, main engine start and she begins to kind of the, the hard suit that <clears throat> that she wears begins to appear um around her and then we get i i can't words can't really describe this just how incredibly impressive this double page spread is, and there's no there's no dialogue for it, and and why should there be? It, it it's of uh, Skywatch ships kind of dropping out of the sky. Uh, you get a lot of the um, of the Breslau uh, UFOs, uh, which Skywatch has been using as as kind of I suppose kind of as interceptors uh, and uh, and sort of fighters, if you like. Um. And there are two much, much larger, clunkier uh, ships. And and the, the thing is, is is that Davis Hunt uh, is drawing these from from the perspective of of people on the ground. So these things are kind of looming over you as the reader. And in, and in the in the foreground, very, very small, just to get a, an idea of just how big these these ships are. Um. Are the are the authority characters so so it, it, it and they're by a, a pylon and it, it just looks unbelievable it, it's just stunning um, and uh, yeah it's there it is and, and, and in terms of kind of dramatic m- impact it's just perfect you know you, you get this kind of this really rather pointless but understandable kind of conversation between uh, Midnighter and Apollo on the one hand and. Uh, Shen and Jenny May and her her crew on the other, and they have this back and forth, and then kind of Angie just just interrupts them and says, "No, it, it's too late. We're out of time." And and then you turn the page and it's just like, boom, there they are. It's just un- absolutely incredible. These these ships just kind of hanging in the sky. They look so threatening and just disturbing. 
but at the same time, so beautiful. It's incredible. Right. Uh, what's interesting about this is that uh, we see things from the ship's perspective. Um, we uh, And the, the images are being relayed to Henry Bendix and Lauren Pennington on the Skywatch base. And, he, and they, they're kind of trying to identify who these various people are. Um, they identify sort of Midnighter and Apollo. Um, they, they identify Angie. Uh, they also identify John Hawksmore, who they, who they describe as a discard, which is kind of interesting. So they, they, they've, they presume, presumably decided that he was not going to be good enough for them. He hadn't, hadn't passed the test. So they discarded him. Um, and then you've got, uh, Jenny May, who is not, uh, is not identifiable because her image is blurred on the, on the screen, which is quite a nice touch. And then you've got Shen kind of, kind of looking up at these, uh, these ships. Uh, and then sort of what's interesting about this is, is kind of Bendix is, is, is almost dismissive of these, um, you know, these, these characters in front of him. It's like, right, no, just, just kill them. Let's, let's, you know, take the target location by force. Let's just, just kill these people. And they're, they're boring me now. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's this kind of typically and, uh, arrogant Bendix thing to say. So they start, uh, to fight. Uh, Angie identifies that, uh, the ship's weapons are powering up. And, uh, Midnighter kind of says, I've got no cover. Apollo says, I'll do what I can. And, uh, this is, this is, I suppose this is the only thing that seems a little bit hackneyed to me, only a little bit, is that, um, Midnighter, I know Midnighter has, he can't fly, and so you know an aerial combat is is going to be kind of tricky for him. I I understand that, but but Ellis kind of leaves him sort of on the um on the ground, kind of stuck for something to do. And um, in the end, Shen saves him with a magical bubble, um, which okay, that's that's fair enough, um. And it's very dramatic. It's it's very good. And she kind of she kind of knocks on his helmet and say, you know, as if to say hello, you know. And it says we're on your side. And that that is quite a a cool moment. But Midnight doesn't get much to do in this in this issue, which is a bit of a shame. But people who do get something to do are Angie and Apollo, and she sees Apollo at, at work. And she's kind of, uh, I th- well, her reaction is to go, oh, my God. And it's almost like uh, she's absolutely in awe of, of what what he's doing. And you do, you see him kind of um, take out one of these massive ships. Um, and he he goes in the side and comes out the top. And, and it's just, you know, he's kind of gone right through it. And there are explosions everywhere and what have you. It's just... just absolutely incredible um so then she decides to kind of uh finish off that ship um and she says i haven't been in a fight since i was a teenager i think i'm going to be sick uh and she kind of 
you know, makes a weapon out of her arm and starts firing it. It all looks incredibly cool. Um, and it is. It is just genuinely, amazingly cool. Uh, the ship blows up. Another ship blows up. Um, Angie, uh, again, they're very similar to Shen, uh, with Midnighter kind of says to Apollo, look, we're, we're on your side. Um, and you just get this, it's just incredible. This, you know, you've got kind of a, a line of pylons kind of stretching away past this town into the, across the kind of like the desert into the distance. You, the, the sky is, is just this wonderful kind of blue purple kind of color, you know, splashed with stars. And you've got bloody UFOs, sort of classic 1950s style UFOs kind of floating around the place. And there's like there's like nine or ten of them, and they're they're firing laser beams at at Apollo and and Angie, and it's just like it's mad, it's mad, and it's great. Uh, it's just so very well done. Uh, Shen is having difficulty maintaining her bubble. Fortunately for her, Jenny makes an appearance. Now, what's interesting about this? Jenny May Sparks. What's her power? Her powers are all electricity-based, yeah. And we've seen Jenny May uh, do a variety of different things uh, in the in the series. We've seen her kind of move from one screen to another and all that kind of stuff. All of that's great. Prior to the last two pages, the third to second to last page, no, third to last page, um you see a spark, a kind of luminous light at the very base of one of these electrical pylons. And because it's taking, this is taking place in a, in a massive kind of battle scene. Um, do you know what, right? The, the, this scene, I, I don't, I don't think I've really done it justice. It reminds me of when I was a kid, right? We're talking like when I was in primary school. So, so sort of like when I was nine or 10. So, so it was when I was 10. Um, the notion of kind of space war, and obviously I'd seen Star Wars as a kid, I'd seen Battlestar Galactica, but like a proper full-on kind of space war was just incredibly exciting to me. And I, I used to uh, to design little, you know, spaceships that flew around and attacked bigger spaceships and what have you. And 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 I and thinking back, and they were they were terrible. <laughs> they, they weren't they weren't great, but. I'm looking at this page and I'm getting the same feel, the same buzz of kind of, you know, weird alien extraterrestrial hardware kind of just floating around and firing laser guns at people. It's, it's just amazing. It's so good. If, if there was a soundtrack to this, it would be. <laughs> That's what it would be. That's what it would be. It's so cool. Right. Anyway, um, Shen and Midnighter are concerned because the uh, the magic shield is failing. And uh, there's a Breslau UFO, a, a Skywatch UFO, about to attack them. And then suddenly it's knocked out of the sky by a giant electrical hand. And when you turn over the, the page, the issue ends with a giant Jenny May Sparks picked out in sort of electric blue. She's composed entirely of electricity and she's like, I don't know, she's taller than the pylon whose energy she's 
uh, she's drained. And it just looks incredible. It just looks amazing. And, um, yeah, that's, that's how the issue ends. And I gave this 10 out of 10. Now, let me explain. I, I, I'm not quite as I'm certainly not Eric Shea. Eric w- will give up reading comics when he, <laughs> or reviewing comics when he g- gives a 10 out of 10. So let, let that never happen. <laughs> but that's, that's what he said. A 10 out of 10 for him has to be absolutely perfect. And I, I understand where he's coming from with that. Uh, Jim does not give 10 out of 10s out very often. Uh, I've given, I've given a couple of 10 out of 10s, uh, mainly to, to this series. I've certainly given one to this series before. This was, you got to understand that this issue is, um, as I mentioned before, it's, it's kind of following in the footsteps of, of a, of an, of a series that I loved. I loved that first series of the authority, uh, particularly the first 12 issues, um, uh, with Ellis and Hitch on it. I, I, I just loved it. And this is following on from, from that in, in the sense that it's, it's a kind of spiritual successor to it. If you see what I mean. And I got that same feeling of excitement that I, that I got when I read those first few issues of, of, of that first run of the authority. That's the excitement that I felt reading this issue. And, and it comes after, look, if you've been reading Wildstorm for any length of time, you have been very patient. This is an intricate, massive plot involving all sorts of, of different people, different factions, different characters, different, uh, different settings, different scenarios. There's a, there's a big, massive world that is, that is being drawn for us here. And we've been patient. We've seen some fantastic action sequences. We have. But we've been waiting. We've been waiting for something big, something spectacular, something significant. And this finally, we've got it. And it's wonderful. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, it, it, it's exactly what I want this comic book to be. I mean, it's kind of ironic that, okay, <laughs> we've only got two issues left now, but my goodness me, it's so good. And just the, the, the sight of, of Jenny Mae Sparks, who is a character we now know. We now know her. We know her really well. Last issue, uh, she had that kind of heart to heart with Angie, where, where she kind of confessed in essentially that, that she's screwed up. She's, she's made mistakes. She's, she disappeared when she should have hung around. She should have dealt with Skywatch before it got to this point. Uh, and, and we, we feel a kind of, um, a, a connection to her and to see her kind of cut loose like this is just absolutely brilliant. And, and just all the, the kind of, you know, the, the Skywatch, the low tech and the high tech, you know, the, the, the kind of lumbering, um, sort of high tech transports with the, with the weird kind of, I mean, I, I, I think it's an absolutely brilliant design choice. It's an inspired design choice to make, uh, to make the, the ships used by, uh, one of the main kind of, antagonist organizations for want of a better phrase 
looks like it's out of a fifties B movie. It it just looks it's just it's just so clever, uh, and to see so many of them kind of in action like this is just unbelievable. It it's so so good. Um, yeah, ten out of ten. I I love this series. I just love it. Um, and it's, it's beginning to do exactly what I want it to do. It's delivering. It's, it's showing us that's, that's spectacular. Yeah. There's a big kind of conspiracy going on. Uh, there's, there's a massive kind of power struggle taking place right now, both within IO and obviously between IO and Skywatch. The Wildcats have kind of very much taken a back seat at this point, probably because at this point they were meant to be in their own series. Oh, well. What we've got here though is the authority. The authorities, a fantastic idea and uh, you know both ellis and davis hunt do it full justice here it really is a fantastic issue so 10 out of 10 from me um that is all i am going to say um if you are not already reading the wild storm you really should be it is great uh, i'm going to hand you back uh to the gentleman uh, whose podcast this is. Uh, thanks to them for graciously allowing me to gush about the wild storm, uh, on their podcast. And I thank you to you for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, I wish you all the, uh, all the best this week. I uh, hope your comics are good. Um, hmm. Probably less said about that. <laughs> probably less said about that, the better. As far as, as far as I'm concerned. Oh dear. Anyway, I hope your comics are good. Uh, you take care and I will speak to you soon. Bye bye. Sup, Weird Science. This is Batman Beyond Mark and I am here to bring you a Batman Beyond review. I, I, I'm not actually sure why else I would be here or what other segment, but whatever. Uh, this month we have Batman Beyond 31, written by Dan Jurgens, pencils by Rick Leonardo. Uh, the inker is, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, uh, Andy Parks, uh, colorist is Chris Sotomayor, and as usual, letterer is Travis Lanham. And uh, as always, I start with the covers. Uh, I really like both. Both are great. Um, the variant is just thick with all the, it's just basically, you know, like a headshot, and you see the upper part of the torso with the, the Beyond uh, Bat logo on it. Um, and there's like kind of just like the, the red damage lines and stuff like just in the air around it. it. It's pretty cool, but I, I do like the normal one, uh, which is, you know, Batman kind of perched on top of the, uh, Arkham Asylum sign. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the issue because, oh, oh boy. Oh boy. I, I will say it was a bit better read, uh, in the physical version versus the, uh, the review copies. Uh, that I, that I initially read it on because, oh boy, oh boy, did I, I'm just going to spoil this right now. I'm not a big fan of this one. So, uh, we start as usual with it saying decades from now. And we start with a picture of basically classic, you know, Bruce's Batman swinging through the city. And we, uh, hear what we're, we quickly find out is Bruce and somebody else talking. Um, he's basically, Bruce is basically asking, uh, cause they're at Arkham or, you know, a much cleaner, I will say, and nicer looking Arkham. Um, and they have basically giant, like, posters of Batman, Superman, like, firefighters, like, in uh, other nice things. Like, there's uh, some flowers, there's a puppy, there's a woman holding a baby. Um, and he's asking, like, why why would you have these here? Like, I feel like they, they're going to anger, you know, all, all the people here. 
And the the doctor that he's talking to um, basically says, you know, um, it's kind of necessary. Like for our, and she uses the word guests to return to you know normal society. They need to learn to cope with this these things, like seeing these things. Um, and Bruce calls her out on this, saying like guests, and it's Doctor uh, Sheehan. And he basically says, uh, like, Professor Rather, she's basically like, well, you know, we, we don't like to refer to them as patients. Like, doing such things, you know, uh, I believe her exact words are uh, terms such as that minimize their uh, uh, impressions of themselves and inhibit their potential for full recovery. And Bruce basically is like, nah, whatever. Like, it, it, the important thing is, is that, you know, Arkham Asylum needs to be successful. For Neo Gotham to be successful, it needs to come overcome its past, and these people need to be, you know, able to be rehabilitated so they can become better. Um, and then we get a, a history, a, a very brief history of just kind of the concept of Arkham Asylum from the Doctor, uh, basically pointing out that, like, for many years it was it was a repository for for the worst, uh, for the worst of the worst, and they were just dumped here and abused. And then we go by. Uh, our old fl- friend Adeline, from uh, who is this new scarecrow? Her cell, or her room with the window, and she starts freaking. I was like, "The bat, uh, he's coming to get me!" And, and the doctor's like, "Don't worry about it." And then the lights go off, and she mentions, "Oh, power outage again." And I just want to say, um, so far we are three pages in, and I, I have to say, I'm not really digging the art. Um, Bruce Wayne's face is good. Adeline's face is fine. Uh, funny enough, the faces of people in costumes and in the background of the scene are, are good. Um, but Dr. Sheehan's face is just, there's just proportion problems. And we'll get into that later. Like that, that becomes a real problem in the, like, not even back half of this book. Like as soon as you're out of like the, the couple page opening, like the art problems become very apparent. Um, but so the lights are off and um, the doctor basically pro- apologizes to Mr. Wayne because the entire time he's been there basically to give them funding so that the place can get better. And, and Bruce warns her to be careful. And he starts kind of looking around basically saying, you know, it's possible this might be like something more. And, and the doctor's just like, Oh, what, what are you, what are you worried about? The our backup generators will kick in soon. There's a pause. And she's like, Mr. Wayne. And we see a picture of Dark Hallway. And then it, it turns on again. And, and I, I legitimately like these two panels. Um, and, I, and I'll get into why a little later on. Because it's one of the things that this book does well. And it's one of those things that, despite my frustrations with this book, reminds me. He's like, oh, right. Dan Jerkins is a, is a good writer normally. He just is very inconsistent in this book. Um, but the lights come back on. And Bruce is like, um, Basically, he's like, how how right you were. Like, he's just standing there, very ominous. Um, and then we get our first hint at something. Is uh, The doctor asks, oh, do you want to see the um, the wreck area? And Bruce has been very formal up to this point. And then all of a sudden, he's like, nah, I gotta run. Other, uh, other visits to make, I'm afraid. The doctor is like, well, if you have time to return, uh, I'd like to discuss, like, the new therapy wing we hope to add. And then Bruce just snarkily comments, provided I write a check to cover it, no doubt. Um... Yeah, and uh, that's our first hint of something. Uh, and then we get the uh, the the second Alfred AI of this series. Remember that the first one from the last run was the one that was in Future Ends Tim's suit, and then was uh, destroyed uh, during like the the final battle with Brother Eye. And this one is from the uh, 
actually it's from the uh oh what was it the scarecrow arc um and it's the it uses the little green box that has cursive writing and it's for its uh text and it's coming from his car and it's basically uh ready to leave whenever you are sir and this Bruce just gets in and is like uh basically says he's thirsty anything to drink and it tells him like oh yeah you have some you know refreshments on your left side and he's like oh a high moon reserve nice and he starts reaching for it and even his ai comments is like isn't it a bit early like for you sir to start drinking um and he basically says i just was in arkham like keep your opinions to yourself um and then the car just flies off and i love it it just flies it doesn't know where it's going it just flies off um, and it's like, where to, sir? And he's like, suggestions? Oh, I love this. And then it points out, that it's like, oh, you know, the other's waiting for you back at the mansion. And Bruce is just kind of look, has, has his drink in his hand, and just kind of looks at it and is like, mansion, that'll do. Um, and uh, the, the entire running thing is, is that at some point, Bruce, it seems like at least, during that lights, uh, when the lights went out, Bruce was switched out with somebody, is, is what it feels like. Um, and it's well done. Uh, I think it's well done because it's um, and it might just be because I've uh, been l- listening to a lot of the Kingdom Hearts, uh, Sleeping Worlds theories. But it, it's something where it's like, oh, here, here's this 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 thing that you could see the character doing, that you could absolutely see the character doing. It doesn't feel out of place, but depending on the context of it, like, oh, that could be somebody switched out, or that could be that could just be Bruce. Like you might not pick up on it initially, but the clues feel like they're there. And then we get back and this, and this is the part where just the art and the faces just, just, Oh my God, it's terrible. Um, and and, uh, I'm just going to say this now, there is a single panel, uh, between both just Terry outside of the Batman beyond costume and, um, Matt, like there's a single panel of either one of them that looks good in this and, entire issue and i will point it out um but just like the, their proportions are off they don't they, they don't really look right there's just too much detail um and, and i'll point out when it gets really really bad but basically here we have you know matt saying so like well terry's holding a blank notepad uh or like digital pad um matt says like he's sorry um he, he guess because we're back at the mansion uh he guess he you know almost made you know he, he let a couple things slip um, and, and Terry's like, Matt, th- th- this is an F. You failed. At which point I realize, I-, I guess he's been in school now for some time. Also, he's almost as tall as Terry. And I get kids in like their teen, early teens, especially can have giant growth spurts. But, but apparently he's had this growth spurt in the course of like two or three months because just wow, in the last couple, uh, last two arcs, he like shot up like two, f- like almost a foot and a half, if not two feet. It's, it's, I'd say probably a foot and a half, but it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and he's, but also apparently he's been going to school, which is kind of weird because we might be in a post apocalyptic world. We might not be. I can't tell anymore. But regardless, it just feels weird. And Matt uses the excuses like, well, like, what can I say? I, I was busy. And, and Terry's like, yeah, be, as, as Robin, sorry. And it's just, and Matt is like, no, you're not. Um, and this is, uh, ever since he became Robin, Matt has become unsufferable, especially here. This entire issue, he's just a whiny little brat, or he's trying to basically get on people's good side by being like overly excited about things. Like right here, he's like, you're happy. There's an em- bolded emphasis there uh, that you get to fly alone as Batman. 
but I don't even get to be Robin ever again. And it's just like, oh my God, you're insufferable, Matt. Like, you, you are great. You are perfect Robin material up until the point you put on the costume, at which point you became just absolutely the opposite of it. Um, and Terry's like, oh, that's just, you know, it's for the best. Like, everything, you know, basically everything that happened with the Joker stuff uh, proved that. Um, and then Bruce walks in, and Matt's face just, oh, wow. It just, it's, it's so, it sometimes has too much features. It sometimes has, like, almost none. Uh, but Bruce walks in and he's like, well, you two don't look exactly happy. Um, Bruce is still holding his drink. And um, and I just want to point out here that here, Matt has like half of a chin emphasis. So there's just like this half circle around his chin that when I first looked at it, I thought was part of his mouth. And it's just – it's weird and it, it bothers me. And then Terry, um, they're, they're trying to emphasize his chin here. Um, but instead it looks like he has – he's wearing like an eye patch except it's like just under his, his lip, like above his chin, which is a massive distance away. And just, like, Terry's chin is just a massive problem in basically every single panel he's in. Like, it's it's kind of, it's it's really bad. Um, and as, as Bruce walks in, he's like, a dreary old mausoleum like this will do. And it's very clear, this is not Bruce Wayne anymore. Um, uh, and then Terry's like, oh, like, I'm glad you're home. I need your expertise. And, then, and just Bruce very casually, as he's sipping his drink, he's like, sure thing, what's up? And... I love it because we get another panel where, where, where Bat's face is now super elongated for some reason. And, and Terry's face has just become super fat. Um, and he, but Terry says, like, like a rash of thefts at former uh, Powers Tech facilities. Um, and then Matt, here's where he starts getting, like, overly zealous or, like, like trying to be helpful to get his Robin spot. He's like, that makes you the perfect person to talk about it, Mr. Wayne. And Bruce is like, well, how, how so? And Terry's like, well, I'm hoping, you know, you have inside knowledge from like, you know, from the, uh, when, when powers technology and Wayne enterprises merged. So we have, we have confirmation here that Wayne powers is officially a thing. Um, and Terry, you know, he's like, figures like, you know, you, you know, this stuff. And Bruce is like, you know, I could, I could, what, what exactly are you looking for? Um, and, and this is probably, um, <laughs> the, I like this panel, uh, one, because Bruce's face is actually acceptable. And two, because I could actually see Bruce saying that like, okay, like I might, can you be more specific? Um, and it's probably the thing that doesn't tip them like in universe doesn't tip them off as much. Um, but, uh, so Bruce starts making drinks and Terry's like, uh, your personal access record, uh, your personalized access to records from the, the powers, uh, tech merger, uh, like are, are a good start. Um, uh, we, we need to know if they had any like, you know, facilities that were under wraps, which if they were under wraps or off the books, then they wouldn't be in those documents, but whatever. And Bruce is like, sure thing. And then Terry's just picking up on something. And he's like, isn't it kind of early for you to drink? He doesn't say drink. He gets cut off. And then Bruce is like, no. Like, uh, in pointing out that no place is worse than, you know, Arkham. Uh, his exact words are, screams echoing through the hallways can shake a man. So don't nanny me. Let's find a computer and get what you need to know. And then Matt's like, yeah. And, and nobody picks up on the fact that he's like, find a computer. Not let's go down to the computer. Uh, the Matt opens up like the, the door to the bat cave behind the, uh, grandfather clock. And he's like, I never get tired of going down to the cave. And Bruce is like, uh, that makes two of us. And it's just like, oh my God, Matt. 
oh, you're, you've become insufferable. You're an insufferable, like, oh, wow, you're annoying. Um, from there, uh, from there, Matt becomes Mr. Exposition as his head decides to just weirdly form. It just like Terry's where it like shrinks and expands and his neck is super long and then his neck is, oh, it's just, oh, like when he's walking, when he's getting down the stairs to go to the, the back computer, his just head is just so ridiculously thin that it, 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 it's, it, it bothers me because the rest of his body's in proportion, just not his head. Um, but he's like, all we need is your fingerprints, Mr. Wayne. Like we brought up all the file, we brought up the powers files, but can't get past the firewall. It's like, I, I don't, did, did, did Matt even know about this beforehand? Like, like I, I'm not sure if he even knew about this beforehand, but but he's just like Mr. Exposition. I, and that's a thing that I've been hating from Dan Jurgens lately, is he'll turn a character, like, make him do nothing but just give exposition. Or just, they're just there to move the plot along. Um, which is what Matt feels like he is um, in this entire issue. Um, and just Terry's walking out, he's like, you know, I'm sure he kept something off the books, but once again, if they were off the books, like if 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 Powers kept something off the books, then they wouldn't be in these files. Um, but yes, so they they scan Bruce's fingerprint, um, and then Matt immediately finds is like you were right. There are three more off the book facilities. So 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 what? I love this. So. Yeah, um, I, I guess I suppose it makes sense that you know Bruce might have kept some like records of other stuff, but this is this is where this is about to be where things get a bit confused, or this is kind of like the first hint of things that are about to get. I don't know. They get they get weird because they're they're things that are inconsistent. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about the fact that so Terry's he he does like the whole like pulling apart his shirt thing, but he's basically wearing like a normal t-shirt. So and we've seen it like under his jacket throughout the entirety of him being on panel. So now he just tears his shirt in half. Just like there's no reason. He's he's just in the back cave. He just tears his shirt straight down the center. Um uh it is like I'm gonna go be Batman. And and this new Bruce or whoever's faking Bruce is like Pat. Man, and then Terry's like, you know, question is which which is the first one I pick? Which is the first facility I go to? And Matt's like, well, one is called Powers Prime. At which point, <laughs> I feel like, Mister Detective, did you not do a Google search? Because I mean, this is a facility that's known as Powers Prime. That's the name of the facility. You just didn't. That's not even subtle. Why would you name an off the books facility? After yourself, whatever. Um, it's stupid. Yes. Um, but Terry's like, you know, it seems kind of like a long shot, but, uh, but I'll go there. A a and he flies off. And, and then Matt is like, you know, that works for me. What do you think, Mr. Wayne? And Bruce is, this new Bruce is like, hard to say, kid. And Matt is like, mm, you seem, uh, you seem kind of quiet. Everything okay? And, and Bruce is like, uh, hopefully everything uh, works out is all, or he's hoping everything will work out is all. Um, and he not wants nothing for the best, nothing but the best for Batman, ominously. Uh, and then we see Terry flying through the city, um, in a slightly weird pose. We also see that the jets on his feet have been redesigned. Instead of being red with two jets, it's now all black except for the, a blue circle, uh, with, with one. And it's just weird. 
I we we've had this is a thing that survived several different artists, but I guess he now just has a circle that a circle that actually goes off the edge of his foot in this panel. Uh, there's there's nothing but art problems with this issue, seriously. But the entire time he's flying through the city, Terry's near like model in her monologuing, saying, you know, technologies, you know. Uh, as it becomes a bigger part of our lives, there's, you know, more potential downsides. Uh, the government regulates the, the overly dangerous stuff, but some people ignore it, blah, blah, blah. You know, specifically powers technology for one. Um, and this is this is the part where things get become a problem. When they merged with Wayne Enterprises, Bruce did what he could um, to shut down the illegal efforts. So, little history lesson. Uh, in the animated series... Uh, Batman Beyond Animated Series. Um, during the opening, where we actually see Bruce still as Batman, briefly, they mention that Bruce Wayne has, you know, avoided another Wayne, uh, an attempt by uh, Powers to merge the companies. And then it's after after the whole heart attack, and he picks up the gun. When he's like, "I'm done," that's when he begins retreating. And it's during that time when he's basically not running the company that that they end up merging. Um, so he wouldn't have been able to clean it up. But but this implies right here that when they merged, his company, you know, he ended up in control of the stuff, um, which, which which has problems because the entirety of Terry's backstory involves, you know, powers. It involves powers or involves Terry's father fighting out about some of the legal stuff he was doing or powers was doing. Um, his father ending up being killed be- for it and him going after uh, powers and powers becoming blight, and we have confirmation that blight exists in this universe um, because we've seen him in fl- uh, like kind of like a rogues gallery of Terry's villains in this run. Now, granted, what is what is in continuity and not even just from this own run's perspective is up in the air, but still, um, yeah, it's interesting to see what Dan Jurgens decides is like. Yep, I'm keeping this part of my continuity intentionally, but I'm going to just get rid of this. Um, but yeah, so Terry lands, he, he picks the lock, he goes in, um, he goes in and he starts looking around and basically like checking in. He's like, you guys, you guys still tracking me? Um, and he basically points out, it looks like, you know, he lands and then just a dust cloud goes up. He's like, it looks like not like nobody's been here in years. Any insight, Bruce? And Bruce, you know, just, or the new Bruce comments is like, you know, the, the whole world knows my company's, uh, uh, affiliation with powers what wasn't you know good terry uh can't help you um and terry responds surprising um and, and continues like I, I thought you you'd turn over every rock looking for you know to find answers and then a terrible picture of bruce i know it's trying to emphasize like the darkness but it, oh, just i don't care for the art here is like i have my limits and this was a legitimately funny panel next um uh, first of all, we see somebody looming in the background behind Batman. Uh, Batman's chin is extra huge and his proportions are terrible. Um, and his pose is just dumb. Uh, he's kind of bending over, but it's, it's just, it looks like it was like a mannequin, like a, a poorly staged mannequin. Um, but he says, be sure to record, uh, record that comment, Matt. Uh, I want to be able to replay that from time to time. The whole, like, I have my limits. I found that amusing. Um, and then he... Batman gets attacked from behind uh, by a guy who has very who has very shaky word bubbles, um, and here is my exact first impression of this of this character, like just they are for this character. Wow, that it, it looks like <laughs> looks like a 
Rob Liefeld uh, ripoff of Deadpool. Or not Deadpool, um, Deadshot. No. Oh, wow. I am uh, Deathstroke. Just, just, had to, just had to pick my, you know, uh, D villains. Um, but yeah, with the, with the two colors and the triangles and the very basic costume. Uh, but it has good feet. So, I mean, there's that. But uh, sorry, that, that was just my first impression. Um, but yeah, he attacks and he says, you're dead. Uh, and Tara gets knocked, knocked over in a very awkward position. And Terry's like, you know, it's like sneak attack from behind? Is, is like people are asking what's happened. And he looks around and he's like, something's wrong. And the guy's gone. And then he just gets hit again. Like the guy just comes out of nowhere, hits him again. And he's like right in front of you. Um, and Matt is like, I caught, uh, just caught a glimpse of him. Any idea who he is, Mr. Wayne? And Bruce is like, this must be new. Like no idea. Um, never seen him before. Um, and Terry's like, he disappeared again. He must be a teleporter. And then Matt says he'll run diagnostic, run a diagnostic to figure it out. That's not what a diagnostic is. Running a diagnostic on your suit, if something's going wrong, would, would make sense. But run a diagnostic of, of what specifically? Um, and then we get to the one panel that has Matt's face. It's in profile, but it doesn't look terrible. Uh, but it has other problems. So he says, give me a full analysis, Alfred. Uh, and the computer responds, uh, additional information required. And it's in a kind of like a, a, like, like an over communicator, um, speech bubble, like the same type of speech bubble we've seen for like Matt talking to Terry. Well, Terry, well, we're focusing on Terry or Terry talking to them back at the back cave when, when they were focusing on the people in the back cave. Um, which tells me it's not the other AI, which means we have a third AI Alfred that will probably be forgotten and just not even a thing later. But yeah, we have a, we have yet another AI Alfred. It's, it's not the little green with the cursive. It's, oh, it's, it's annoying. Um, the other questionable thing is, is that is bad as talking to the computer, uh, which I'm not even sure is a computer. It just seems to be like, uh, like a couple lines going across the screen. It's really lazy art, um, especially when you have the giant red eye that he seems to be talking to. And I, initially, I was like, "Oh, could this be kind of like like a reverberation, kind of like little like a like a like a little sound kind of ripple?" Um, but then I realized, and this probably is bad art, but eh, I'm just gonna throw it out there that there's a chance it might not be, because um, it really looks like a brother eye eye, <laughs> not, and it's red. But um, it could also just be that it's bad art because the the inner two circles. Uh, are good and they make sense. But then the last one, it's, it's like they just, it's, it's the angle it's at wouldn't have been good even if it was a, even if they had finished the circle, but it's just kind of cut off like oblong. It's really bad. Um, and then we, we got back to the fight and this, this guy is just teleporting around. He's just beating the snot out of Terry. Um, it's, it's like the guy's like in front of you, behind you. Um, and just Terry can't, you know, he can't just deal with it. So he, he's like, you know what? I'm done being a punch bag. Um, and if, you know, if I can't see him, I'm going to even the odds. And he throws out smoke. And then basically the, the person responds, do you think smoke can, uh, can hide you from us? Uh, we'll blow it out of here. And then Terry picks up on this meeting. He's like, we, and then you see two hands, one silver and one gold, uh, punch him. And it, it's, it, it, it's basically, it, it could only come from two people. Um, it, it could only come from two people. Um, and they're like, we, as they punch him and they, they, they knock him down and then he gets up and he's like two of you. Uh, and they're like, yep. 
and it's there's one gold and one silver, and it's like the same costume except instead of being split, you know, half silver, half gold, it's one's all gold, and one's all silver. Um, uh, and basically, Terry's like, you got a name, and then they say that they're called Split, um, and they they basically throw them inside a vault and lock them in. Um, and he's like, you think this vault can hold me? And they're like. We'll basically make it so you can never fall again. But they seem to be strained while they're saying it, and then or the gold one does, and then the silver one's like, "I'm, I'm feeling it too." And they close, they close to Batman in, um, and as Batman's like, "I'll be out of here before you know it." Um, and his, and his, you know, Beyond logo just looks really large in that panel. Um, and then there, the silver one's like separated too long, and the or the yeah, the silver one says that the gold one's like, "Hang on, uh, just, just think another moment." And then the silver one's like with him out of the way, or the gold one's like with him out of the way. And then the silver one's like, hurry, Caden. And then they re, uh, then they reunite and they become strong, as they say. Um, and then Matt over the radio is like, unreal, two guys in one body. Uh, they can split apart and fuse together like nothing. It's like, no, no, we didn't just see that, Matt. That's just not that. Um, and then Terry immediately responds to this. And this is what I'm talking about, about how, like it was, it was Elena or whatever Dick Grayson's daughter was uh, in the last arc, where she was basically there just to give transition audio or j- the transition, like to say something so that somebody can react off of it, and that was her only function. And, and Matt has become that here, where because Terry immediately responds like, "Now that I know, I, I can prepare for it. Um, just have to burn his way out of the this." Um, and then the split is basically like you know, uh, there's there's not enough time uh, to fire the thing up that they're working on. Um, uh, let's see the, it's a gravity chamber made from high density alloy. Basically they didn't trap him in a vault. They trapped him in a gravity chamber and they turn it on and, and just Terry goes down. Like Terry goes down hard and he's just like screaming in pain. Um, and then, uh, it seems like the, uh, it seems like the, the gold one is the primary, like personality and the silver one is the, the lesser one. Cause the silver coming from the silver side is kind of like a faded text box saying, uh, like you, you're killing him, Caden. Um, and then the gold one who's Caden, uh, is talking to the silver one whose name is apparently Adam. He's like, uh, not me, Adam, the chamber, the gravity, uh, the gravitational force pulling him, uh, forces are pulling him down through the floor. It'll only take seconds. Um, you know, to tear his spine right out of his body and Terry's screaming in pain. And, uh, Robin, just like my brother's died, Christopher. What do we do? Hmm. And and Bruce is just sipping on his drink. He's like, hmm, no idea. And then and then we get a terrible, a just absolutely terrible uh, Matt. Just like he's just devoid of features, except for just generic eyes, nose, and mouth, and they're not even like any proportion that have been. There's been no consistent face proportions this entire issue. And, and Bruce is face would be good except he just has a cheek jutting out from basically nowhere um and it, it's real bad um because i don't believe he eh, i guess it could be the chair that he's sitting in but it's the same color and shading as his skin so i'm gonna say probably not and, and that's like you can't mean that are, are you sick or something um, and Bruce was like, never better. And then we cut back to Arkham Asylum where, uh, we see a person in a straight jacket, like in a face mask and all this stuff, even with the kind of like a seal over their face. It seems like my guess is that it's probably something that they, they unscrew so they can feed the person and screw it back up. Um, and the, and the person is like, let me out. I don't belong here. I'm innocent. Uh, I'm not who you think I'm. 
I I don't remember. And that's the end of the issue. And uh they Mm. Mm. I sometimes more the more I go on, the more I'm starting to understand what Jeremy goes through with the the Orlando Zone. Um, there are some good ideas here, and there's even a decent amount of execution um, from like the idea of uh, oh we, we've switched Bruce, so we're we're not directly stating it, but we're kind of you know hinting at it, um, and, and even how they use the character split. Uh, but at the same time, then Matt is just a plot device, and he's a super annoying plot device. And honestly, if we weren't talking about the art, if we weren't talking about the art, I would probably give this probably near, because uh, I believe Eric gave this a 6 out of 10 on the site. And I actually might be inclined to, to you know, match that or get at least close if we weren't talking about the art. But the art is terrible. Um, what was it? Uh, oh, with the, um, mm. oh, whatever art, I'm trying to think of what arc it was that had, uh, the Royal Flesh Gang in it. Uh, the issues 14 to, uh, 19, whatever they, whoever the villain was for that. Um, I'm blanking right now. Uh, point is, is that like we, I had problems with the art for that because of, um, uh, be- because the artists and the faces and, and they weren't always great, but this, uh, that kept to a consistent style and a consistent like proportions. Um, this, this is just so all over the place that it's, it's not even funny. Uh, payback. Payback was the villain. Yeah. That arc. Um, th- no, the, it was, just, it's so inconsistent here that, that, it, that it's bothering. Um, like there's points where it's just like, we have to overly emphasize Terry's, uh, chin to the point where it looks like it was like slapped on as a prosthetic or it has an eye patch on it. And just times people don't have features. And it's not like in an artistic way. It's like, like where they're kind of in the, the background more. They're trying to be like, it's trying to go for an emotion. No, like some of these just look like really bad lazy art. And if this is what we're getting throughout this entire arc, oh boy. Oh boy, the writing better improve a lot. Um, because at this point, I, I can't recommend this issue. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I might be, uh, it might be a little harsh, but I, I dislike this art enough that I'm, I'm dropping this to a, a 4-8. Like, I cannot stand this art. It was distracting bad at times with the faces um matt is insufferable and it apparently that's just what we get now um and there's just always going to be this plot device character we have we have gotten rid we have basically slowly and i know this is the beginning of an arc and some of them could show up later but i doubt it but it seems like we are slowly just stripping away the supporting cast from this series which could potentially, with no explanation, which could potentially be okay, except for the fact that uh, our main cast, Terry's just, Terry's maybe getting a little bit better, um, but Matt has, is just, is getting so much worse, so much faster, and he used to be the best part about, like, the Dan Jurgens Batman Beyond, and now he is absolutely the worst part. Like, I will take kind of annoying, you know, kid from the, the Beyond, from the animated series over this. Um, anyways, that's it. Yeah. A very disappointing month, uh, for Batman Beyond. Um, hoping next month will be better, 
But uh, at this point, I just I don't have faith with in Dan Jurgens on this particular book. Anyways, this is uh, Batman Beyond, and I will catch you guys later. Hey, Jim and Eric and Reggie and Chris and Jeremy and everybody else in the Get Fresh crew. Sorry if I've left you out if you're on the show, and I'm just forgetting. Uh, it's... I know that rants and raves aren't um, the same type of thing, but I figured uh, it was time that I just send in something anyway. And hopefully, even if it doesn't make it on the show, you know, somebody will hear it and, uh, you know, have a little bit of uh, extra communication. So, um, yeah, it has been a very long time, but yes, this is Chris here, our Rimmer, as the fellows call me, um, back in the old locker room. <laughs> kidding. Not kidding. Or am I? I'll never tell. Anyway, um, yeah, what the hell's been going on at DC? It's it's weird. It's like they don't know what they want to do, and they delay everything, uh, and we're in a Twilight Zone where all of a sudden, m- most People seem to be down on Tom King's, bat, at least that I'm seeing, Batman and especially Heroes in Crisis number eight, where everyone's like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. The reasoning for why everything's happening doesn't make any sense. This explanation doesn't make any sense. The solicit doesn't match the fucking issue, which is, you know, pretty normal for Tom King books, um, at least in the DC Rebirth slash DC Universe era. Um, But yeah, it has really been a whirlwind of, um, you know, what books am I supposed to like? Um, I've been liking, you know, most... I'm liking Justice League. Uh, um, I'm liking Justice League Dark okay. But even the ones, like, I like the Green Lantern book. And, uh, you know different whatever um but even the ones that like i do like there's still like this weird sense of you know i like it but is it seems like i just like it because it's not as bad as some of the other books and i can't seem to shake that feeling uh it's a bummer you know i i really want to i really want to like everything a lot but it just kind of seems like Man, there's just sort of a dark cloud over everything right now, and I hate that. Um, I feel like they're I feel like they're moving Doomsday Clock around now, as opposed to everything working around Doomsday Clock. I feel like now Doomsday Clock keeps getting pushed back to work around either Bendis or or Tom King. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but like I know that. Okay, so let's talk about this. So Wally, you know, we saw in it was either Superman. It was either Man of Steel, Superman, or Action Comics by Brian Bendis, where the Flash showed up. Superman starts flying off with him, and his mask comes off, and he's got longish red, not long, but you know what I mean, kind of some longish red hair. So it's Wally, obviously, right? Uh, they made a point to show that you know thing where his mask came off to show his hair. And Brian Bendis goes on Word Balloon Podcast and says, hey, after Doomsday Clock, that's all going to make sense. Well, now apparently I'm being told, and I haven't seen it for myself, so it is hearsay, but I'm being told that he has now owned that that was a mistake, that it was a coloring mistake, 
and he's taking responsibility for it. So if that is true, if, again, haven't seen it, I'm being told this by someone on Twitter or someone that emailed our show, rather. Um, but I, I, are they backpedaling to say that, you know what I mean? What, what's changing here? What, what's going on? Why, why can no one talk to each other? Why is there no communication? Why is everything being delayed and moved around? Uh, it's just kind of frustrating. It's like if you're a reader of everything – uh, or most things in the DC, and you want to follow the story along. It's almost like, well, there is no story. There was no. There's no narrative. There's no he- cohesion, and uh, everyone's just kind of running wild at DC. It's kind of like those movies where an office is about to be audited, so you just see papers flying around and people shoving things and shredders and people burning their desks and then running and jumping out windows and stuff. It's kind of like that's what I imagine DC is like right now. And, uh, man, it's just a little bit insane. So I'm not going to make this long. Sorry. I know it's already been long, but I'm going to cut it off now uh, because it's been a long time since I've ranted or raved. But hopefully you guys have it worked out at this point where you can respond to me in real time. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know how it works. I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. But uh, anyway, I, I love your show still. I know I haven't been in touch much, but... Things have been nutty over here, and uh, it's just uh, I, I still listen. I still support, and uh, you guys are great. Keep doing what you're doing. Get fresh crew. Keep on being fresh, and keep on being a crew. You guys are great, and until next time, I will see. Oh, actually, I don't want to say that because it makes me sad that we don't have any more wrong turn in our lives. So, actually, I'll do one last. See you on the seventh in memoriam, memoriam for wrong turn. See you on the sevens. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. Oh, Find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. Oh, What? Oh, we're doing it now. I'm sorry. How are you, Eric? I, I was yelling so <laughs> I wish I lost my voice. That'd be the best. Hey, I'm sorry, Eric. You're gonna have to carry on by yourself. All we right. do the podcast. Okay. By yourselves, okay? You got what? You got two books left for I the got section. Two books left. I got this. You got you got the flashes and, and the Wonder Woman. What what uh what number are each of those, Eric? What numbers are they? What numbers? Sixty nine? Yeah. There you go. Ah, that always gets me. Uh, Back in the day when I was a young whippersnapper, we would sit around. a lot of jerseys for number 69? We would sit around and we'd say, you know what? Anybody who has the jersey that says 69 is the one who's least likely to get it. It's actually something we said playing hockey. It it was always some big fat guy. I'm like, really? You're 69, are you? you? All right. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whatever there buster brown but yeah we have a couple books left uh to end the podcast actually too to be quite precise and right. i would love to have put the ding sound song uh the parody of the beatles michelle but i couldn't because these are both my blurbs and that that upset me i, I like when we have now earlier never what, stopped why, you before I know, but why it upset me is because the first two books that we talked about tonight, they were 
both yours, but we yeah. have to play that review song at the beginning. I cannot change that, Eric, so that I really got screwed up. I really You can do uh, whatever you my, want. No one's making some you do anything. Of my, oh, really? Well, wait, but I don't have that song. Eric, I, I would not right be. We're, we're, already in the, we're already in the but section. I, I don't. What I said was, I don't have that sound song. Is it a sound or a song? What would you call it? A song or a, a song. sound? <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we listen One to the whole pony. thing? Jim Reeves, the bell. Ding. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Should I sing with him? You can do whatever you want. It's cool. The bell. Uh. Check you that. Views are all the bomb. They are the best. Something the bomb. Eric's the bomb. Yeah. He keeps your bread without a single. You don't even know the song. Ring the bell. There you go. <laughs> so there you are, Eric. You told there me I, I could do whatever I want. You can. Yeah, can I? I can do whatever I want. You say, all right. <laughs> Flash number sixty-nine, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Scott Collins, Luis Guerrero, letters by Steve Wands. We end the show. This is this is the blurb that I told you. I'm waiting. <laughs> Wait you'll, you'll have a smile. You'll have a smile. The Eisner Awards nominees just came out. I looked frantically through those. I still have not seen them have blurbs from podcasts up for Eisner's, Eric. But yet, I still strive for one. I still strive every time to get that Eisner. Maybe I'm just going to have to settle for the Harvey. Do, do the Harvey have blurbs from podcasts? I don't podcasts? know what the Harvey is. <laughs> the Harvey. It just sounds very base and bland, the Harvey. Harvey you want comics. The, you want the Eisner or do you want the Harvey? I'd, I'd like either for this. We have the trickster arc this week, I guess. Like his main character, oh my. Joshua Williamson speeds his way to an abrupt ending. Ooh. And by the end, I felt like I was on a forced quest because <gasps> shit just got forced in this issue to make way for the year one story coming up. You see this? This is it's, it's up and down, roller coaster ride of emotions. This arc reminded me of the Rogues arc in this run. Seemed cool Rogues at first related? and then unraveled by the end. How am I supposed to care about a book when at times it feels like Williamson has lost total interest in it himself? And what I say is not just in general, but he always seems to be looking at the exit. He's like one of those guys. He's always looking at the exit. When me and this guy go out on a date, they're always looking at the exit, Eric, is what happens with me. And then it's weird. They're like, does your face hurt? And I say yes. And they say it's killing them. And then they go off while I'm crying. That's how it usually ends. Date over. Eric. Date over. And then Tanya's like, where were you? And I said, none of your business. None of your goddamn business. None of your business, wife. And she's like, you know that we have five kids together. I said, please. Why do you think I'm out on this date? That's all I can remember. Wait till we get to Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman actually is my dream come true. I, I need to find that town. Eric, we're talking about Flash. Though. Are we? And uh, this this issue has some issues. Well, even and the whole the, idea where we have the rogues out in them, but not even the rogues. Everybody in they, Iron yeah. Heights has been released. They're going and looting all of CC, the Central City so they yeah. can get away with all the loot they can. But for some reason, it seems that Copperhead is in charge and calling them all rogues. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if Joshua Williamson realizes that the rogues are a group of Flash villains. And I think he does. Flash I think villains. this is like what they're doing is and, – and in my mind, I thought it should have been pushed a little more because of the idea that the trickster – a lot of the stuff in this issue was not – 
set up or it's rushing to an end. And so I would have liked the idea that if this got a little more time, that you would have had the trickster. And I'm talking James Jesse, but also Axel. You just wanted more uh, of the trigger twins, didn't you? Well, no. Well, I love the trigger twins. I'm not even getting to them rooting tooting freaking ka-ching. Yeah, brother. Uh, I would like to have had the idea set up that one of the things going on where you would kind of feel bad for James Jesse, because you did have a little bit of that when you saw his awful upbringing. I wish that what he went, hey, the rogues forgot me. So now I'm going to go forward and everybody's a rogue. Look, we're all rogues. Now I'm the guy out and about. I'm the one who everybody loves. And I, I wish that it was more of that. But yeah, he's just calling everybody rogues. Yeah. They're going around. And I, it's I not have even to that. tell it's you. It's Copperhead saying it. I'm like, Copperhead, yeah. you're not even a rogue. I'm saying Joshua Williamson yeah. saying yeah. it in okay. general through Copperhead. Now with that, I, I just – why – uh, why do I, I don't know why I can't get on the Scott Collins trolley because I don't like his art. No, neither and do sometimes I. I do, but it's, it does not, it, some things look great, but he has that weird sweating thing going on again. <laughs> and half the thing, people are always either sweating or crying. There always has to be liquid on and their face. In my face. case, both. Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, you really, <laughs> you were at work and uh, it's the middle of winter. You have picked up a pencil and I look and you got pit stains going. Lore. I, I mean, really, they did model the Pete and Pete guy out of you, right? You were afraid <laughs> to even so talk about pit stains back in the day because you were afraid that people would bring them. Did up. they have a oh bad guy in there called Pizza Face? Uh, they may have, you son of a bitch. How dare you? I, you know, there you go. I can't help. You can help your sweat. Can get, I, in sh- get in shape. It's never helped. I've been in shape. I still I sweat. A, a lot of times you, you will, if, if it was me. And I think of it, and I even thought about it today because I'm like, boy, I'm, I'm getting hot in here. Let's open this door here. And you're like, I'm sweating already. I'm like, sure you are. I, I know you are. I mean, really. Of course you are. Uh, but I was going to say to you that, that I was going to say to you at one point, like, this would be my angle as a kid. If they're like, oh, man, what are you sweating? And it, this doesn't win anybody over. It doesn't win the argument. Especially but in 36. fact, when you're in a better shape. Your body will sweat more because it's making a better way to cool your body. Well, that's that's all I, it is. So I must be in really good I, shape, huh? That's what I would have went with as a kid. Unfortunately, ye big fatty when you were oh. a kid. So I, I hate to say it, you couldn't do it. There was only one reason. Also, every time you walk by, I'm sure they smelt baloney. But that's beside the pointer. Call me pizza face. <laughs> but yeah, they're going here. And it's a weird deal with, with Scott Collins because, like I said, I like his weather wizard. He looks cool, Marco. I I think he looks cool. But that first panel with all the regular people, I don't know why that one guy has a Thor helmet. He's running around. You have what also appears to be Optimus Prime, a transform there. Yeah, there's Optimus Prime behind there. You also have guys that in the middle of this, they're playing with a beach ball. They think they're at a fucking Jimmy. Buffett concert. Is that what you do at Jimmy Buffett concerts? There you go. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, they hit the, the ball around. There's an the umbrella balls. flying. I think the penguin and just got I, trampled. Every, wait. Every, yeah, every issue that comes, I always see somebody that I swear to God is Iris. And this is Iris from the docks undercover. With the glasses on and the hat. And I'm like, and the what you doing? I balloons beating somebody up. Somebody looks, like, somebody looks like they're about to put their uh, index finger in her mouth. I know. Maybe in a sexy way. I don't know. Then you have that guy. And people always, people always wonder, you know, oh, what does Jim look like? It's that guy in that corner there all sweaty and old. <laughs> I'm like that, and there's my dog again, just ruining everything. Actually, you yeah. want to know what both of us are saying? We're, we're rooting tootins. 
Well, there we are. And and everybody's going around in the rogues and stuff like that. They're grabbing, you know, all the loot. They're trying to get it on the yacht and get out. And it's funny in my mind, if you remember the rogues reloaded deal, didn't Same have thing. to do with them on a yacht Same grabbing thing. things trying and to get going the loot out the and bay. getting out. Yep. Yeah. And getting out. I'm like, really? Are we back to that? That's crazy. But yeah. And so you have Copperhead reporting and all these things and but the the problem is is where you get to the meat and cheese of this issue where we want Barry to see no if Barry's not got legs. Uh, what's up with Commander Cole? Lieutenant Barry, you ain't stuff, got no legs. You ain't got no legs. The, the thing with this is it just ends up so convoluted in a way to just get everything set up and done by the end of this issue because we're heading off to year one. That that's all that ends up. Barry ends up having a his legs back because he's sick of his pessimism. Uh, it's so I funny mean, really? too. This whole idea, of the Sage Force, like just the, the concept in general that we establish. Like you know, Trickster's using the Sage Force, but he's amplifying it using the snow to get it all around town. I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means, but now we have Commander Cold here. He is under the thrall of Trickster and the Sage Force, pretty much goading Barry, who doesn't have any legs at this point. And Barry's like, yeah. I need you to feel something more different than just happiness. What does it make you feel when you're talk about the idea that you don't have a like a future to go back to why that makes me angry and he yeah. snaps out of it. i'm telling you the whole idea is like i gotta think of something that besides for the happiness so barry starts thinking about his sad sack life that he's had ever since his run started and that's and that's the biggest legs, problem with this book his legs magically come back oh my god it was in my mind it was the stage we're still yeah. but the problem is we established before in the last issue i believe it was when somebody starts not feeling happy, they go insane. Like Bernie yeah, starts smashing insane. her head against the desk when she was- but not here. No, now we're fine. I mean, really, everybody sits there and like, man, why are Jim and Eric always negative about the books? I don't want to lose my legs. That's why I know. I know that if I lose, if I start being positive about everything, I'm going to lose my legs. Uh, but you even have this deal <laughs> where you can't afford it, to lose any more height. Fuck no, I can't really. <laughs> you know, listen to you. And let's yeah. go catch go catch a fucking ball, asshole. Whether you go with this, throw and one. you have you have this, yeah, I'll throw one. All right, you got, <laughs> that's it. I'm pausing this. I'm coming over to your house right now. We keep the mic on. I'm gonna be over there in Not a second. It. I'm gonna be there in a second. I told you yesterday. You if, you, if you find Endgame online, you best. <laughs> Jog over to my house, I told you. You didn't jog over to my house. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good living. You, you end up with this back and forth between Flash and uh, James Jesse in these back and forth panels that, in my mind, for some reason, it seemed to try to grab that whole Tom King showing that the villain and the hero are kind of the same. They're going, but it doesn't make any sense. No. This narrative is so disjointed and going with this because while this is going on, you have Barry who has to remember that he's miserable to see that his legs are there. In the meantime, James Jesse has tricked himself with the sage horse to think that he's happy and he's got to be sad as well because his parents are there. And he's like, you know what? You never liked me. This is a lie to myself and pushes him off a roof. I don't even know why they'd go up in the roof with him. <laughs> because uh, they're happy. Yeah, yeah, and they're happy. And then Barry comes, catches them by running up. And I always like when Barry's running up the sides of building a la prototype, Eric, the game that me and you both love. Uh, but yeah, they or go. Just and then the Flash. Yeah, yeah. Or the Flash <laughs> and maybe, you know, <laughs> all those. Other. But like, yeah, this, you have them whole, go up. This whole background, though, on bringing the parents back to show that I have all the money, I have all the power, all the respect. Are you proud of me now, Mom and Dad? We are proud of you, James. Like, no, you're not. It doesn't matter. Toss them away. 
this does nothing for the story that yeah, you're doing. Yeah, and, and so if you're going to do this, though, like it seems like he has ideas. And again, when he yells, no matter how afraid I was, I did it all for you. Of course, he's saying, spraying it, not saying it. It's just shit flying all over the place. Have. No, it's a problem that everybody in this book has when they uh, shit just flies. Um, I would have liked the idea. She does to pay. Yeah, yeah, really. That is funny. That toupee's having problems. Uh, when you could, but mom, I mean, really, I, she might be old, but whew, what, what happened? I think <laughs> she she's has, like Lorraine from Back to the Future Part Two. In yeah, she's, she's had some work done. Uh, <laughs> but you, you have this going on, and I want to have the idea that the trickster, you know, you reveal at the end here of like, listen. I, I kind of said that I wanted to get all this money. I kind of wanted to be the one who won. I kind of wanted to I do this and the other remembered. thing. Yeah, and and even the remember, but really, I just want my parents to be happy with me, my parents to like me, and he doesn't get this. And maybe that's how you progress the story and at least feel bad because at the, I said at the point, and even you remind you remind it here of his awful ch- you know childhood that you, you. I think Joshua Williamson wants us to feel bad for James Jesse, but. He's just acting so crazy that you can't. You, you know what I mean? You keep bringing up this idea of the parents and how bad. So go with that. Go with the idea that Barry then's like, you know what? Family is important. You know, it even ties into Wally, things like that. Right. Yeah, he's still bad. He's still going to do it. But I, I don't know by the end that you could have had, you know, James Jesse where he's remembered. He he realizes the way to be remembered, Eric, is by friendship, you, <gasps> you know, on the spaceship we call Earth. Nobody's friends and with James so, Jesse. And that's where if, you, if, you're, if you're in somebody's heart, you're never dead. Yeah, I don't know. But something like that. But it's, it's just here. It just happened. Yeah. James Jesse's like, Ha! The clock's a ticking, and then you get sparkles, and, then, then and he's gone. This whole thing too—you get the hero's choice. Like, okay, Flash, I know you're not going to hurt me because that's not what you are, but you have a choice now. Either you can save everybody in Central City, or you can stop the rogues from getting away. It's up to you. And I love the idea then, because we have this ample, this sage force that's amplified by the snow for whatever God. I have no idea, but the thing is, he runs to Commander Cold. Flash, Cold, Trickster yeah. is way smarter than he should be. Flash. Never brought up again. Who We have no idea why the trickster is smarter than he should be. But No, no. This is what I'm saying. I think there was something with this that maybe we'd get more trickster. I just want to point out before that you do have the trickster leave. And he's like, you can try. Ah. You know, he's going because Barry's like, I'll find you. And then he's like, get Barry's mad. Game on. First is the first just taking the parents to the yeah. dock? <laughs> He's just taking the parents to the dock. Why, why, why point that out? And the I, thing it's is, such a weird I, thing. I for some reason think that they're under the thrall of the sage force as well because of the whole happy thing and stuff well, like that. Yeah, they might be proud of their son finally for here, achieving all that he has, but he doesn't go back and save them because he puts them off to the side well, here to go and come yeah, up with a solution. Well, he puts them to the side because Iron Heights is going to blow up in a little bit. I don't want to spoil anything, but he points out game on first so that we can legitimately see so nobody can call Joshua Williamson on, man, you just killed Trickster's parents. He ends up taking them away from the roof of Iron Heights just because later it's going to blow up. It makes no sense to say first and do this anything. He just does it just because it's going to blow up and you, you need to have these parents not there. It, it, to me, right away, again, that's a forced deal. You go and like you, you, you have to keep going because we're almost done the issue. Yeah. We got a lot to tie up. So like, man, the Sage Force 
Snowstorm. Well, the, well, the thing is, is, oh, God, this is what Cold says to Barry after he says, you know, he's way smarter than he should be. Yeah. The adjustments he made to the te- to my technology are insane. If I just turned these vaporizers off, it could kill everyone who's been affected by the stage force uh, yeah. for some reason. But yeah, that, really. Well, and that's the thing. Commander Cold, he is a guy that loves to exercise because throughout all of this run, oh he's God. jumped to every conclusion. At one point, he ends up finding a sleeping Iris Barry and, and says, oh, no, they're they're stuck in the dreams. He'd have <laughs> no idea he (laughs) dream warrior he ends up knowing way too much that he should so this is also wait before we even go remember i just want to point out this idea of hey it's insane if i turn these off it could kill everyone who's been affected is exactly what happened when heat wave was affected like oh man he's gonna blow and blow up the whole entire century these are all just thrown out there through the character and it's always kept in call. Well, it becomes this thing too where he says that we need to use a smaller rig to reverse every single person under his spell one by one which means we put some straps on Barry and he's going to run around the city. But the thing is before I don't know how he knows this because he told us when Flash's legs, you ain't got no legs Lieutenant Barry. At this point my my visor's damaged. I can't see the Sage Force to tell you anything about this anymore, yeah. if it's real or yep. not. I'm like, so how does he, he know now? Yeah, he knows now. And, and what I really have a problem with, because we're getting near the end again, is the idea, okay, hey, uh, Barry, you only have a little bit of time. We You had the idea of Trickster leaving. Hey, the clock's ticking. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. You know, you have now, hey, you're going to have to go and do each individual person. And if you don't, you know, it's you can't just rip the visor. But there's no tension because the next pages, he just does it. He just oh, does I, it. You I see love him running the narration because the whole idea about how this whole thing about happiness, which we've had for the story now, it's like, yeah. I hate what Trickster did to me. What he did to Central City created this fake happiness. I knew it was too good to be true. Happiness needs to be real. You can't force it. Force it. That, I was thank on you, a Barry. force quest, and thank I you, know Barry. what's going to be forced, and I'm going to force this in right now and force it. But so yeah, with, with this, he ends up just zipping around <laughs> and, and I, then says, I, 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 it hurts to run this fast, but I can't stop. I have to say, Mom, I'm waiting for you know Wonder Woman and Superman to come and take him off the sanctuary because that's oh, all God. Wally was doing. He yeah. was running and he got tired. But there's no yeah, – and as this is going on, you see that Scott Collins is trying to show you attention because the stuff around him, these bands that we don't know anything about – are breaking a little there, but, yeah. but there's nothing that you sit and there and go, gone. Oh my God, you better hurry, Barry. Do it, man. You, you don't, because then it just ends up in, in the weirdest deal. Then all of a sudden iron Heights just blows up. Well, even before the, that, what, the whole idea to up. get us there. So the villains can get away. Hey, flash the police wire says the coast guard <laughs> saw the rogues take everything back to iron Heights. Like, who is this police wire or the yeah. Coast Guard doing all this stuff? Because nobody saw this happen. The only reason we get back there is because Commander Cold heard something where they might be, and we run off the yeah. where it's, it it's the radio in Gilligan's Island. <laughs> yeah, that's all it was. He goes running back. And it explodes and he gets knocked back and like, I was too slow. No bodies were found in the wreckage. And then you get we pretty put the much pieces back together. <laughs> we, now, this is the thing. I mean, some of this stuff, you know, has been being kind of set up because I'm telling you, it wasn't fully set up. But before the Flash War, you know, even at the pretty much Warden Wolf was being set up in pretty much one of the first arcs of yeah. this book. Where at issue 69, you end up tying loose ends from 69 issues in one page 
one page where you have, you know, I'll tell you, it'll take some time for Central City to get back to work, but I'm going to head back to work. Oh, my God. Warden Wolf, Kristen and Singh gathered enough evidence to build a case against Warden Wolf. Yeah. When? And then that, that must not be enough. But once the footage of Wolf's confession went viral, he was tried in a court of public opinion. What, well, it what? shouldn't be anyway because he's under the thrall of the Sage Force at the time. His goddamn confession is and, null and void. And that's opposite of what you, you what you need to do is where you have Barry, like just any superhero, Eric Shea, the superhero, America's right, sweetheart, sweetheart, where we say Kristen and Singh couldn't gather enough evidence to build a case against Warden Wolf after Iron Heights blew up and there was no evidence left, but the footage of Wolf's confession went viral and he was tried in the court of public opinion. That makes more sense. But why throw this court of public opinion? No, no. He's arrested and he's in Bell Rev now. Who cares about it's, the it's, court it's of public just opinion? It's so funny that we set up all this stuff. We, I can't even say we set up. We halfway mentioned the idea. We have Kristen and Barry who now work at Iron Heights for their CSI team there. We never really did anything with that besides for no, one arc where it didn't I, even just, matter, it seems like. And, and, it and just, now it's exploded. Well, Singh gave me my old job back at the CSI and CCPD. I'm like, no. we spent all that time and like you set up this whole idea of Barry having a new job, which could have been interesting and we really did nothing with it. Yeah, I'm telling you, this whole deal, it still bothers me. I'm telling you, this would be like – Ted Bundy, we got enough evidence. He was arrested. He's awful, and he's in jail now. But once the footage, of, but once the footage came out, uh, the confession went viral. He was tried in the court of public opinion, and it never well, even felt like we matter? did enough with Warden Wolf. Besides no. the idea that he burned James Jesse's file, so people would forget about him. Like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and and with that, you know, the big thing was that he was kind of abusing the prisoners earlier. He was beating them up. He was doing stuff at the very beginning. His big thing was, I ain't letting those rogues be in the same cell that's nonsense and that at that point we thought oh joshua williamson joshua williamson is doing something clever of the kind of making fun of the older comics where they would be in a cell together in their costumes and he was kind of playing with that until later when he had them in the cells together in their costumes yeah i mean warden wolf should have easily been fired Way before arrested, he ended up being exposed that he had the rogues underneath in a secret basement that they were doing nonsense. Right? How did he continue? You know, they kind of covered it up and it, it, it was nonsense. But this whole idea of, OK, well, everything that I set up and all those stories that we have with Warden Wolf and all the things, it's done now in three panels. Yeah. Done. Now he's in Bell Rev. And now we have and- Barry back pretty much the status quo. Besides the fact that the most interesting part about this book – Iron Heights is destroyed. All yeah. of his Flash's villains are out and about for the Flash to go after, you would think, because and I'm like, all right, now we can finally do some cool stuff with the Flash. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we're not going to deal with that because now we have Steadfast, the avatar of the Still Force, who meets up yeah. with Barry waiting for him at his lab to CCPD. is like, you need to remember something about your past about the Still Force. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, now no, it's they, Flash they, year one. Yeah, still force. Now it's whoop, whoop, whoop. now it's it's a time machine. He he goes with his you know cable eye that he, he sheds on him. But the the thing that makes me laugh is again to me the force deal at the end. Ah, uh, yep. Sing reassign me back to the old crime lab. I better go into my still left as it was office yep. just so that step in. This is where it happened, wasn't it? Where the light no, really that's the forced nature because you have to get in the exact room where you became the flash for him to then be told he has to remember. And the, the still force now is the new one that I have no idea how it works. No. Now at you least we see the something. Still force eye and you go back I'm in like, time. 
time in your I mean, mind. where is this? Where? Why Still isn't Grodd? Why isn't Grodd and Baby Turtle uh, turning back time and making everybody remember Quaid? Open your mind. I, I just Free really mind, hope, though, Quaid. that going back to this Flash Year One that we will be dealing with, where we do see the turtle, I know that's going to be coming up. You do get some idea about the still force yeah. and him trying to access the still force and use it. But now we just have like the turtle doesn't seem to matter because he wasn't the avatar of the still force, like steadfast here. Steadfast. I know. I know. And then you go back and yeah, you go back to the still force. He's got a goddamn flavor wave chain. I know. Yeah, boy. He's yelling. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you Boys, tell him, boy. Chuck. <laughs> That's all it is. He's, he's, he's Barry's new hype, man. Uh, but yeah, you, you end up there. There's little Barry, and we're off to year one, which, you know, we even said at one point, we were wondering how this was going to go and be because we've had year one deal. And uh, it just seems when he says, you have to remember, I'm like, all right, here we Quaid, go. He's going to retell. Open it. your mind, Quaid. Barry, open your zipper. Oh, God. Get out of here, Quato, you little freak. <laughs> I'm steadfast. I bet you are. <laughs> Stay away from my zipper. <laughs> I heard you used to be the fastest man alive, Barry. You talking to my ex-girlfriend again? Barry. She's always talking shit. Uh, yeah, there. It's, that's that's it. where we're going to go now, to year one. And it, it seems like I wish maybe, I liked The Flash. I wish, I, I, I wish too. I also think that maybe the calendar, you know, you had Joshua Williamson, he spilled something on his calendar and he didn't know that he was heading to the year one story next because, boy, things just are forced at the end to end just to, because we're going to year one. I, you and know, I still don't understand stuff any of the forces. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. And this force quest. He, force quest. He, force, he admitted it meant nothing. Man. So, you know, there you go. Where is uh, it? What do you give this? What do you give? Four it? out of ten. Not I'm a fan of Scott Collins' five. No, I'm and not. And this story is just nonsense. None of it makes a lick of sense <sighs> to me. It's just the freaking weird science of Commander Code. Well, no, I, I can't do it you, here. You said it. I said it. I did it. <laughs> Who else in the level car say yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm going. Uh, but for hopefully, it as well. we have better times in year one. Yeah, maybe. Maybe this will be his jam. Maybe this is what Reggie he's working so hard on, where he has not mm. had a lot of time for his normal story. That is true. Wonder Woman number sixty nine. Let's get it on sixty nine, dude. Written by G. Will Wilson, art by Zermonico, Ramallah Fajardo Jr., and Pep Russo. Wonder Woman and her gang head to a town that is taken the over gang. by lust, but without much setup, it's once again meaningless fodder to get to the cliffhanger. Yeah, for duty, for, for duty. Aphrodite. <laughs> That's her name from now on. Aphrodite finds her son, but I wish G. Willow would find Diana's voice oh. and maybe something for Some her to do. Award-winning boy, right there. Who else in the level? <laughs> I'm telling you, I messed up. So I meant to hit the ding sound. So I really messed it up. I don't think I you now, did. I now have a Harvey. This book has turned into a scavenger hunt. Not only do we never get to the fireworks God, factory, but I'm not even sure what this the fireworks factory is in this book. Ding. I, I don't that no, I'm saying I don't Ding. know. I didn't mess it up. That's hey, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying I don't know where the fireworks factory is there, fucking asshole. Down the street. Look at you. Look at you in there. No, the fireworks Look factory's down the street. What what are you? At the south of the border? Is that, that where means. you roll? Taco huh? Bell? Hashtag not on my watch, buddy. Where's the song? I'm allowed to do things. Like- yeah. <laughs> 
There's Wonder Woman. They're flying around. They are, you know, kind of on a quest. Uh, by the end of this, we're told that the sword that Maggie has is what's been leading them. But we don't really get it because in the very beginning, they ask her what the sword's telling her. And she ain't telling me shit. What's leading the- them is Maggie's bladder. She has to take a piss, and that's the which thing is, is Ma- said twice. Maggie's bladder is not even leading him because Wonder Woman's in the front. Everybody's just following Wonder Woman. Yeah. And she looks back and says, hey, Maggie. Guess what? I got to lay a bunch of exposition on you about the idea of weapons in Themyscira. All of them, all of the weapons in Themyscira from this warrior race who would just need weapons, they uh, they nearly all have a soul. And each one will give you the memory and the instincts of the warrior that possessed it before you. I'm like – the fuck are you talking so, yeah. about now? It's a and goddamn now. Now, if this specific sword was special, that's one thing. Don't say all weapons and yeah. And also, they they think it's a divining rod, but yet they're not. They're just saying, is you know, does it feel special? No, nope. doing anything back there? No, nope. Maggie on the Cadmus. I peed nope. on this horse. The only thing I think is I got to take a pee. All right, well, Peace you know, storm. and then Cadmus jumps in and says, well. You know that the swords, they have you know uh, feelings. Do, do you have any irresistible urges? I really need to pee. Really? These That's are the jokes. what we're doing? These, these are the jokes. These are also somebody who really seems to not understand uh, what they're writing in this book. And I just, I hate to say it, but this book needs a change. It well, needs the, somebody know, else the, writing it. But we're the only ones who think this. I know. Everybody else who's reviewing it, love it. They love G. Willow Wilson. I don't, I don't want to throw shade at other reviewers, Eric. I would never do such a thing. I think that they're in love not with G. Mike. Willow Wilson, not in love with this book, but the love of G. Willow Wilson is blinding them to this because this is not good. These stories have nothing to give anybody they are never set up. We have a, a town here that is overtaken by lust. We find out that it isn't quite a spell like they want you to think at the beginning because it's spelled out later that it's more of a reaction so that you don't get pretty much eaten by Cupids. Cupids. So there's all the it, – it, it, count, it, it contradicts itself throughout. But Plus, also, like the war, and I'll be done in a minute. I'm on well, my soapbox. I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm almost to your your ah, chest here. Um, yeah, I have the deal that at the beginning of this run of G Willow, you set up a civil war, Eric. I'm not a handsome man, and that was a civil war. Uh, but the civil war, we never learned anything about either side, really. So when you're telling me these people are bad, that person's bad, this person's doing this, we never could get invested in the story. Because the politics that you were playing with were were just surface level. We never got be- beyond that surface. You are setting up a town here where it's more Twilight Zone than anything else, but there's no setup. And when Quaint you rely, town. when you rely on this couple, oh man, you know the babysitter. You're running away. Yeah, well, you're running away with yoga pants over there. Ah, um, I should punch you to the moon, Alice. Y- you don't oh know. Is this something that this guy's a piece of crap and has laid hands on her? Is he? Is he under a spell? Is he not? Is he? De- we don't well, know. That's the thing. Is so it, I can't really get makes, invested. It really makes you feel like these, everybody in this town is under some kind of lust yes, spell, where they're all just like wa- acting on their wildest carnal cravings and stuff like that. No matter the like what happens in the uh. Until, like the consequences, but it says later on the whole thing with the cupids going around. If you don't like act like you're supposed to in this town, the cupids will attack you. And it seems yes. like for the most part, everybody in this goddamn town has decided to get on the trolley of what the cupids want. They don't want to be wanna, attacked. I'm like, and, why and is you know why I think this that? Town? And that's the thing is, at the beginning, you want to play little, it off as a spell. Cupids. 
if you play it off as a spell, yes, you can say Aphrodite's not going to be affected. You might even be able to, you know, kind of twist and turn that Diana uses the lasso to not be affected or her demigod stat, whatever you're going to play with. But Maggie would be infected. She would be affected as well. Uh, So when you have this spell that is affecting everybody in town, but then you have Wonder Woman, Aphrodite, Cadmus, and and Maggie, they can't act like that. So you need to twist and turn your way out. You have now painted yourself in a corner in the story that you want to tell. So you have to back it up and say, oh, you know, it's not a spell. You just have to get on the trolley or else these cupids attack. And even that, you have to have such classic Diana lines and Aphrodite lines of, by Hera's womb. All right. It really. Gross. It really. Yeah, I'm telling you. But I just want to know, like, I know that if I'm going to get on the trolley or even if I'm going to be in, you know, with this lust, you know, spell or whatever, what I normally it's would no spell. do. What I normally would do. I strip naked. Uh-huh. I grab my electric guitar oh, and I you? head out on the town. There's well, right the one now, guy. You're a man on a mission. A mission there for is an one, amp. Damn right. He doesn't have an amp. Nothing's no. worse than here. I'll tell you, there's one Ta-da. thing worse. There's one thing worse than somebody strumming an electric guitar without an amp, and that's somebody strumming a bass without an And that's the person right next to him. Yeah, that he, guy. You see him in multiple times running around this town, running around town with with this guitar, with his electric guitar. And I I only expected Wonder Woman would go up. What's that? Your guitar? No, it's my axe. Oh, you know, an axe is a weapon. And and the Themyscira, the weapons all have souls. I'm like, really? What's going on here? This guy, I love this guy with the guitar. He is one of my favorites. He, He shows up throughout the whole issue. Now, while this happens too, you're having these cupids. They come down. They're yelling and screaming. They're baring their teeth. They have the razor teeth as yeah, this couple. But you have to have the weird deal where Aphrodite should know what's going on the minute that they land. But yeah. she has to wait to reveal that later because you need to have the cupids come. And you need this guy to almost hit the lady. And you need the tra- – no, no, no. When you landed, Aphrodite should be like, you know – Hey, you know, there's a lot of things I don't know in this life. I recognize this. And and so when you're you're three pages into this, right? Did were you ever at any point thinking that it was anybody else but Aphrodite's son? I I know because that's the person they were looking for. This is the person they were looking for. And they they just stumbled across it because somebody shot a firework in the air. Yeah, somebody shut the firework and they go down. Magic sword. There is no reason. To beat around the bush, we know. And even as it goes on, it is such a lame attempt at trying to be shocking by the end that even Aphrodite goes, you know, this kind of has the M.O. of my son, but things have been wacky, so I don't know. No, no, no. We all know. Stop it. Well, there's they a thing in this. A there's a line in this that felt odd because the whole the ever since like the like the gods have been thrown at Olympus, nothing's been the same. I don't think if we even find my son that he'll be the same one. We like, where do you yeah. know this? Because the one thing is yeah. we have dealt Everything with Ares. Everything seems to be very but Ares similar. was reborn out of being yeah, in this captivity. He was reborn. It, he was never. He was not in Olympus. So the idea that the gods are going to be different yeah. now. Now you like, say this. You say this. I'm going to go a step further. How did Ares end up? 
he ended up reverting to pretty much what he was. And then he kind of thought it was bad, but he did end up But I'm saying during that whole first arc, yeah, he was reborn. He had the idea. He had learned something when he was in the cell that he wanted to be more like Jesus. If you remember, that's who he wanted to be like. You know what? You get more remembered, not from just being, you know, a jerk with war. You get more remembered with with things like like Jesus and things like that. So he went off, but that didn't stick. And it seemed like like we were getting back to his normal deal. Diana, you've seen what the exiled gods are like. Something changes in transit between one's home and an alien land. We become different people. Like, are you a different person? That's what I'm saying. This is a god, a goddess talking who is exactly like her. I mean, like what she's supposed to be. You know, all of a sudden, if she ends up with these cupids with that setup and says, Hey, Cupid's, what are you doing? How dare you? I'm the goddess of love. You're supposed to be of love. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, no, no, no. We don't care about you. And she, oh, my God, I'm not the goddess of love. Now you have a story again. We're, we're, what you're bringing then, up leads to something interesting that would get us around where the fireworks factory legitimately is Themyscira, Olympus, all of them getting back on the board. But that instead, starts us getting there. But, but instead, we, don't we do have that. to have a moment here where we have to discuss Maggie talking to the Pegasus Cadmus about judging people for their sexual preferences. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. why are we dealing yeah, with why? this right now? The story does not it, – there's it's just all over the place. I'm telling you, just the amount of times I can count that naked old guy with the electric guitar. It, it's, it's, I'm just looking it, at this woman who's making love to this tree. I'm, yeah. At one point, a woman seems to be making love to the tree. Tree and it's funny, at that point, you do have Maggie who says, man, it's like people are acting on desires they'd usually only admit to on the internet. Uh, it, the, here's the thing. They they have such a thing on every browser you go to called an incognito mode. And there's a reason, sure Eric, because nobody wants to admit that. or even have any sort of trail from what they do. Yeah, people do things on the internet. People ain't admitting things on the internet. I'm on there. I mean, there's that lady right behind. She's just trying to get herself some wood. Eric is what she's doing. She's like, hey, baby, let's make like a tree and leave, is what she just said. Huh? Oh, my. She's like, man, so they do your, in this bite, town. your bite is better than your bark. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. you, you get, Let's go back and watch Roots. I don't know. <laughs> what? Roots. They got roots. Let's go have a home and put down some roots. Oh, man. Let's make some saplings, baby. She's stroking this tree very lovingly. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah, but at, at this one point, you do have the, the Cupids did come down. And then you did have, you know, uh, Aphrodite. How dare you? And then you, you even get this thing that is another, like, there's weird messages that are just said. Like, you end up with Maggie. Man, Wonder Woman, I thought the goddess of love would be happier. <laughs> there's nothing more scary than love, right? Well, yeah. You, you no. got it. And I'd, I'd like to think that maybe that's a callback to her time being a star sapphire and knowing the actual like the rage of love like the the the, the, the entity of love is called the predator what, what, what was that <laughs> down the street no i just i just think that, factory. i just think that they're sitting there and like hey, eric he don't ever tell jess that they're in love he says it's gross 
It is. They're sitting there, and yeah, you have Cadmus. It's like, hey, you know, I, I I just say what I I do what I want, and that's this is my whole joke of my review on the site was everybody in town just was. becomes no. The joke was you're on the <laughs> site as well. The, the the big thing is the idea of everybody here is a teenager on Maury telling Maury that whatever, whatever. I do what I want. That's all they're doing, and so you end up with but I don't Cadmus know why because I'm telling you, smell. I just love the idea, and Cadmus is like, yeah, you know what, I can do what I want. Uh, you know, I'm just a, you know, a horse with wings. I can do that. And, and you, you have Maggie like, I don't know. There's something weird with you doing things with other species. And then he's like, yeah, look in the mirror. What were you doing with that satyr? That's some shade. That's why that lady's like, hey, baby, I'm the only one in this world that likes the shade thrown at me. Oh, <sighs> I want to be the new dice man. Right. Dickory, dickory duck. That woman's making out with a fucking tree. There you go. <laughs> Would that be good? I come out. I got, I got the gym man jacket on. So rhinestones. The gym hey, man. Hey, little boy blue. He was the fucking a tree. I, I just lost my, my hand here. I need the drums there. You just there lost you your hand. <laughs> Did I I slipped off my mouth. You know why? Because I was doing the cigarette smoking around my head like dice. And, t- and then I told a joke and I wasn't holding my mouth. Oh my goodness gracious. I, 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 hey, are you happy to see me or is that a redwood in your pocket? Hey! You are you just fighting naked man. pain? Jim, man, they're all chanting for me. Oh, man, I have a little movie before Did the comedy anybody chant special. for the Dice Man? Yeah, they would sit there, Dice, Dice, when when he would come out. I'm telling you, at one point, uh, you know, the guy was everything. The guy was, was the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the, where is the, say, the, the still force? I want to go back. <laughs> yeah, with the, Jim, Jim, they're all chanting. I'm coming out. Hey. I was in the bank line, and this chick had her tree up my bung. Yeah, I, I did Tom. it again. I did Tom. it. I don't want to curse too much. I, I don't need to See, offend the thing people. Is, I, I don't really I need lost another Dice Man. Again. What I need is Gilbert Godfrey pretending to be Dice Man. Yeah, That's what I was a fan of. Do you want that? I you do, know what the thing because was, Because that's going to also be Stephen Tyler. <sighs> we end up with this, though. Speaking of music, Eric, we find that these people are enthralled with the power of love. There's the one point that that's mentioned. I'm like, that's good. But, yeah, they go off. All of a sudden, these, these cupids end up forming <laughs> each other into a mask. But isn't the mask of love something we all hide behind? <laughs> Is that not what we do going to extreme measures? And they end up, you know, throwing shade. And this is where you have Aphrodite and they're like, Aphrodite, I thought you had this under control. And she's like, I did, but I don't know what's going on here. We all know what's going on. We know it's your son. Stop it. Stop. There is no reason to extend this issue just to get to this cliffhanger because they're like, oh, man. And everybody's like, no, no, Diana, don't fly through that mask made out of Cupid. She does and nothing happens. Just this face that's made up of Cupid says, you know, don't come any further, you know, daughter Hippolyta. I'm going to go further. And then he just walk upon <laughs> Aphrodite's son. Yeah. Oh, nice to see you here. Yeah. Like, I was just talking I to your Cupid Aphrodite's face. like, Diana. This is a mistake. She's like, no, it, this face Nothing hurts happens. me. Nothing it's happens. killing you. She goes through 
Nothing happens. She goes through, you know, they may have lost. You know, maybe a the gods of, are different now. Uh, Aphrodite's dumb as they're hell. Crazy. Aphrodite. They're, they're, these Aphrodites, these crazies, they are. <laughs> I, I pretty much thought that the reason why is because Aphrodite, you know, she's kind of, would be kind of in charge of the cubits a little. She's afraid these diapers are going to get soiled when they say, you don't want to change no diapers. There's a lot of cubits there. There's a lot of baby crap. Yeah, she's I in like charge that of the, the cubits insurance plan and stuff like that. Like that. That's right, but I think it. that she also has to, you know, change the diapers. She ain't doing that. She's she's too old for that. She, for some she reason, just up... calling them all cupids bothers me. They're they cherubs. Too. Why don't you call them cherubs? It, it drove. I'm glad you brought that up. It drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. Almost like you'd be like, all of a sudden, a bunch of gods show up and like, oh man, all the Zeuses are after us. <laughs> all the Zeuses. I'm telling you, it really bothered me that oh, they were man. called cupids. I got well. a gaggle of Apollos behind uh, yeah, me. I'm telling you. Oh no! Look at that. We got the Sisyphus. This is you, you end up with this all going on, and, and <laughs> it's it's you know what you call a group of Sisyphus? I a, a group, Eric. You, you don't have to go that far, it's just a group. Uh, yeah, it, it, it bothered me the whole time. That a they good kept start. and I'm like, gee, Willow, do you just is it because you think we're stupid, or did you just not think this? They're not all key, they're, they're cherubs. I want a new writer, I want to enjoy Wonder Woman, I, I do want to too. enjoy Flash, I, I, I want to too. enjoy action comics. I can't be thing. alone here. And and here's the thing to just dial it all back before we end with the cliffhanger that is, you know, a it's shocker. A cliffhanger. It's, it's a shocker, shocker Eric. It's, not- it's a shocker. I'm telling you also with that. Yeah. And I like Sir Monaco's art a lot, but all right. this ending is almost exact, a little close up, but exactly when we found Aphrodite in the, in that, you know, that, that clamshell. Yeah. That clamshell link, you know, right out of a painting. Uh, here's the thing. I, I think her it's, son's just hanging out in a gazebo though with a chair. He is. They, well, you don't see. They, they, they're barbecuing in the back. I mean, they got burgers on. They, meat is murder, but they don't care. They love it, Eric, and they're all about love. Uh, by the end of this and this issue, we had a lot of fun. I, I would hit I would hit the dramatic piano, but I'm not going to. I told you, I'm, I'm, I don't want to lay on that heavy. Uh, but yeah, but you know, I was, this you know I was walk. just going to hit it, right? Is I know. I'm, just, I'm looking at this house, though. I'm keep going. I'm just listening. Antiads, who is Aphrodite's son, they walk up to the house and he said, "It looks like it's been decorated by children with chalk, and they have drawings yeah. hanging down from the porch." I'm like, he's "What is going on?" On the throne of love, he likes people and he's got wings. I don't understand it. I don't know what's going on, and it looks like chalk drawings on the house. I, I don't know. It, it looks like a hippie house. It, it looks like, you know, that's all. I don't know. Hippies take like better care of their house. house. Looks like a house. I'm, I'm telling you, you put a burning couch on there, I'm back at West Virginia. Now I'm going <laughs> back in time. What, what, what happened? That's still force get on me. I'm back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Warner, year 23. That's the new book that I'm doing. Uh, no, but by the end, though, I, I don't like this book. I no. don't let, but I love G. Willow Wilson. This does not affect anything about now. This is the shame. I don't know. This G. is your G. Willow Wilson's book. Yeah. This is all you got. So you don't like, you know, you would say if somebody said about G. Willow Wilson, I am fully, I mean, right, this it's a garbage is where, wonder woman. I'll tell you that. This is where we get a lot of other writers and we're like, oh man, I don't like them. I don't like her. I don't like this. I don't like that. I have read the Miss Marvel that G. Willow Wilson did. It is one of my favorite comics. This this thing with Wonder Woman going on does not taint my idea of G. Willow Wilson because I am taint. just writing it up as taint. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm writing it all up as the idea. You child. 
<laughs> I'm chalking it up, Eric, just like the outside that house. This is not a a book for her. This is not the character. I think that what's happening is, and and I said this, and it's weird to say it about Tom King as well because he's been on Batman so long. I think that when you get on the Trinity, if you get on these big books, sometimes it it is almost like a free agent pitcher that ends up going to the Yankees, and they used to be on Kansas City. They go from Kansas City. They're they're on Kansas City. You're a pitcher on Kansas City. You're really doing good. There's no pressure on you. Getting paid. No, there's no. I'm not saying agent. I'm saying they're getting paid. I'm well, saying said a free agent. I just want no, to know why this agent's agent. not getting paid. Oh, jeez, you have huh? no idea what's, what's going, going on. on? Are, are Who's these catching the jokes? <laughs> Holy my! I don't know, but you you certainly are a catcher. You usually oh, me. <laughs> no, when when you you have a pitcher that's in Kansas City, pitcher, you say, and he's doing so good. Not a pitcher of freaking lemonade, you fatty. Uh, and th- there's no egg? there's no pressure on them. There's no pressure. They are a Cy Young Award winner in Kansas City. Cy They're Young. 20, 20 and four. They end up going to the Yankees, and the 24. big city lights end up killing them. They end up like, oh no, I, I all the pressures on me. I now if I lose one game, people are and they 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 will they they end up there. They can't function. They can't right, now, deal with now that. Use this in an analogy I can understand. Uh, in an analogy that uh, you would have Eric Shea, yes, who ends me. up and does a YouTube video Ooh, series called me. Eric Shea's uh, Horror House of Hell. <laughs> and you have right. this. It's an anthology H's. series. You end up all this. Everybody loves H. you. You're loving this. And now you are hired to reboot the Nightmare on Elm Street oh, main boy, series, ideas and you. you have ideas, but you may end up like, you know what? I don't want to get that. And, and also, then you release like a trailer, and people rip you apart. And, and it might get, to get you, off, but it might get to you. You, you might be like, oh them. my, I think I'll I'm ending up. Who they are. And I'm telling you, G. Willow is a great writer, in my opinion. Miss Marvel was a character. She did it, and and it's her character. She's doing all these things. She's introducing her own things with it. I think that when she came over here, she's trying to hard to make this wonder woman what she i I don't understand and i did see something uh today uh that tom and slack ended up sending me uh, a video and one of the things in this video it had a thing about peter tomasi and we like peter tomasi and he said when he is saying without the j what's that I don't like you leaving the J out of the Peter J. Tomasi. It's it's weird. There was a video. No, there was a weird deal with Pete Tomasi. Oh, Pete! And and Pete Tomasi said that when he gets on a new character, he ends up reading a ton of different, you know, all throughout this character's history and, and pretty much breaking it down to the character's DNA and then ends up in a crazy way in the way this video seemed dressing up like the character and walking around and talking like them so he can kind of get the words down, see how they would feel going with this whole deal. I, like to play I think that too, a lot Tommy. of, I, I do too, but a lot of these people get on these characters and they just don't seem to be able to get that DNA of the character. And They've I don't know what's wrong. they got cosplay around the house. I don't know what's wrong here, Eric. Uh, you know, really, I need more of the DNA. And if you want my DNA, I'll be over in 20 minutes. If you really want it. I don't know why. You, you all heard it. That was a threat. <laughs> yeah, really, because the DNA is going to be the blood on my goddamn knuckles while I'm smashing your face in. This is what's going to happen. Oh my God. We're going to talk <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> Hickory dickory duck. I'm going to slice Eric's fucking throat. 
Uh, But by the end of this, it is the power of love. You get the ending. Uh, Again, what are we going to do from here? We're going to go one or two issues where Aphrodite seems to, you know, try to get her son on the on the trolley, and then we're probably going to end up going to the next deal. Hey, figure out about this magic fucking sword. What's that whispering sword saying to you now? There is it getting to the point? Where's my drum? There we go. It's over there, man. I know right that you might be factory. dull, but but that's that's a pretty sharp sword there. I'm having a stroke. I'm going down. Come and get me, Betsy. I have no uh, idea why anybody listens to this podcast. <laughs> I'm having either. trouble right now. I don't either. I am too. I am too. And you know what's the, the issue right now is is we, the we are ending. In? Well, they did. They really. I'm telling you. You want to know where they kicked in? About a quarter of the way through the flag is when they kicked in. Uh, but what, what's happening now is, and I just bit my tongue. What's okay. happening now is I actually have an hour to kill before we end this, and I have to go pick up Ethan. And I have nothing to do, so I'm trying to extend this just to talk to you. I want to I eat tonight, talk to you, buddy. Hey, you want to eat tonight? Hey, hickory to- I'm done with those. I'm done. What would you give this? Four out of ten, just like The Flash. I'm telling yeah. you, art's better here, but I can't even say the story's worse. Just, I love the art. Nothing I actually I don't love really, it. I think it's okay. really like the art. How dare you? Sir Monaco's one of my, my favorites. He's a friend of Juan Ferrer. How dare you? He okay. ended up, I told you. I ended up talking to Sir Monaco one time and said that he had, I wanted to oh, know. Oh, so you're uh, biased. I got you. The idea of his name because I thought that was the coolest name. Yeah, I'm biased. There I am. Johnny Biased is what I am. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'm actually going straight up five is nice. what I'm doing again. Nice. An FU5, Positive. actually. And an FU5. And uh, <laughs> it's a lot to do with the art. But at the end, again, this is another one that if I was buying, well, I'll admit, I, if I was I buying this, this I wouldn't have made right it after this and, and this is the thing with Wonder Woman. It's really unfortunate for the book, I think, is that we've had so many people since Rucka and things going bad that every time somebody jumped on, I would probably only give them one or two issues and then bail very quickly. I'd have a very short leash uh, with this book and I would have already dropped it. I, I will admit I would have dropped it. So maybe will be pleasantly surprised. But I think that what happens in this, we need, if the end game of this, the end game, Eric, I, just saying that, do you realize, just saying end game on the podcast this week ends up getting you 3,000 more listens. Wow. That's just how it goes. It's what it is. Hell of a um, movie. If the end game of this book, or, or at least this bunch of arcs, is to get Themyscira back, cut to the chase, do that, and then, you know, get to a regular story uh, maybe this whole thing that we're seeing she's kind of got her you know hands cuffed here because she has to beat around the bush and they don't maybe there's something maybe there's something going on with say uh the justice league book the year of the villain that she's not allowed to have their mascara back until a certain time and this I is just she gonna can't keep going stories. on and on Yes, but she can. She really can. And and one of the strongest points of her is her character work. Her character work is incredible. Well, yeah, it's on, great when she knows who the character she she's doing. That's my problem is that's why I, I sit there and say at the end that 
I, I'm just going to give her a pass. This book is not for her, not for me, not for you. I'm going to pretend for that it doesn't happen. For a lot of other people, though, it seems like. I know. Well, a lot of people like it. And I, again, I think that that is showing you how much she's respected and loved that they are – they might have a blind eye. I'm, you're so telling the bias, bias. You tell me. I'm not going to say bias. It's going to just say – I'm not going to say bias, but hey. Whatever you want to say, you can say. But yeah, there's a lot of holes in every issue. Uh, so I don't see how you can give perfect scores to this book. I'd love to. I'd love to give perfect scores to every book, and especially you, because then I can get the hell out of here. I, I could end up sleeping on I Friday. Thought, I thought you were telling me I was a perfect 10. No, no. Are um, you from Tennessee? Because you look ugly. Because you look ugly as shit. <laughs> are, you, are you from Tennessee? Because I ain't seeing no 10s around here. What you doing? What you doing around here? Oh, that's right, Quasimodo. You don't have a home no more. That's right. But yeah, we're gonna go now to our book of the week. I do not think that this is gonna be it, right? Do you think that? What just happened? My cat just attacked me, Eric. It did. It actually just. Ch- you know what it did? I, I end up. Here's the thing. It is too, isn't it? Yeah. I, I end up having my the door because we're not allowed doors in the house here. Uh, especially music wise, but even uh, even physical doors, we're not allowed to have them there. So I end up having a door, but it's not connected. I have that leaned up against a bar that goes across my deal with a there curtain. Go. Keep bar, your problems to yourself, all right. So I have that right, and then I have an old bedspread that I'd lean up against the deal. Now we had the problem where the box spring hit me in the head. This time, the cat tried to climb up the the beds the the bed deal and ended up oh, at the, bed the top. Deal. Yeah, the bed deal, the mattress. And at the top, it didn't quite get to the top. Let Jimmy here paint you a picture, boys and girls. <laughs> it it ended deal. up trying to get to the top. It fell. And what you heard was the cat then jumping, bashing me in the back of the head, falling on the ground, and then the bed hitting me. That's what you got. But I kept going, right? That's that's uh, that's <laughs> yeah, professional. You told all about what just happened to you <sighs> after screaming. I kept yeah, going. Really? Yeah, and then I didn't you know yell at happened. me. I make a little click because I might have micro master yeah, in my right. hand. No, you're making the clicks. I can't help what the cat does. The cat's going to do what the cat's going to do here. You're there clicking away with your, your headmaster. And then I say to you, like, man, I wonder what that is. And then all I hear is this. <laughs> like, well, Are you know. looking it up? You looking it up? Right, no. I'm not. <laughs> Next thing you know, our whole recording process slows down. You get disconnected. I'm left, you know, holding my chalk in my hand. All right. What's, what's you doing with that chalk? Uh, <laughs> what you doing with that hose? Uh, what you are you? We're going to go off now, Eric. We're going to go off to the book of the week. All right, Eric. And what is your uh, book of the week? I have a tie this week with Detective Comics number 1002 and Freedom Fighters number five. What did you tell me? We needed a theme song for the book of the week. Is that uh, what you I said? I said we should have a small little something. Yes, I believe I did you, say that. Could it go like this? We're the best. <laughs> I was singing to your son. <laughs> You're the best. Around. Nothing ever going to keep yeah, you down. I, I'm pretty sure Do I you said like that. No, none of this. Nothing like, like that. that. No. You're the best. Around. I'm pretty sure I said something high pitched like Steve Perry. Okay, like that. You actually said like the darkness, actually, yes, or Steve like Perry. <laughs> You're the best. All right. Uh, Quiet down, mine Margaret. is also mine's pretty much uh, the same. Yes. It's going to be Freedom Fighters and Detective Comics. So that is what I would consider the best around, Eric. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I wish I had the deal. I, I wish I had the sun. <laughs> this You're is the this best is not it. Around. <laughs> 
gonna get you down. You're the best. Do you like that? No. You told me that that <laughs> my die. singing voice is Margaret. Uh, here are the books that we're gonna be talking about next week. Two of these will be as a Patreon only spotlight, Ooh. and maybe those two would be. The best around, Eric. Who the best around? I don't like this voice. You don't like that? That's one of my best singing voices that I have. I like that one. You don't like that You know what? I would agree. Hey. Oh, my. Now you upset me. I like that that voice. Hey, Eric. Why do you have to say about that? You jerk. That's how I'm just going to talk from now on, just to annoy you. We got a bunch of books coming up here. It's about time you use your real voice. I just didn't want people to know the real me. Uh, that's the thing is, I could pretend all I want, but can I ever pretend what's really inside of me? I'm sure you no, could high pitch, Jim. I can't. I love everything. I'm a big fan of the Tom Kings. I love them. Adventures of Super <laughs> Sons number 10. We also got the Batman number 70. We're going to see Batman come out of what we think is the nightmare. Stop this nonsense. And, Just stop it, please. he's going to punching people left and right up and down. Did I ever Spoilers, tell you? Spoilers, madam. Did I ever tell you that I had a, a dating app I was going to have where you swipe up? It's called the Update. <laughs> Batman TMT number three, number one. That's TMNT. what it's actually called. TMNT. T-T-N-T. <laughs> it's TNT. Fight. Fight. Who thinks well, that? what happened? Uh, that would be ACDC, and I'm going to let them, you fucking jerk. <laughs> Every time. I don't care. I don't care, because I like my version. TNT, fight. Is Gilbert Godfrey sick of this? Hey, what's going on over there with the TNTs? You got the TNT, you got the explosives going on. That's what happens. That's not a bad Gilbert, right? On the top of my other. I've heard you do better. Oh, you are a fucking asshole. The next book's dedicated yes, to you, you deceased number one. You're going to be de- deceased. DC's year of the William, the William number one. And that is, you know, we're right away, we're having some really important books. In case you don't get that reference, it's DC's year of the villain. Yeah, it's DC's year of the villain. And, and really, right there, two of the bigger books that we're going to be having, DC's year of the villain number one and Adventures of Super Sons number 10. No, 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 Death no, deceased. number four. Oh, Deathstroke, uh, who writes that? Let him. Deathstroke number 43. That is the end of the Terminus Agenda. We hardly knew ye. I don't know anything. (laughs) Yeah, I should read that, find out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you should. Since we're going to be reviewing, you review that. I mean, now. Oh, oh. I thought you were saying something like you don't read them for your reviews, which, you know. I just go by solicits (laughs) myself. Little column A, column B. Female Furies, number four, which Reggie will review on the site, and me and you and him will talk about. And in a surprising, uh, you know, turn of events, you really liked that last issue. And I I liked it enough. I thought thought it was getting – I needed to do something more. Well, really, uh, that's that's you know, positive city for Eric Shane. Actually, it's pretty uh, one book. Yeah. I have to talk. Uh, we're gonna take a vote with me and you. Do you think that Reggie will end up doing Harley Quinn and and forcing me and yes. you to do yes, it I on do. the podcast? He he cannot. He has a, a problem where he does not want to leave something lie like that. It's gonna bother him 
all week to not do that, I think. And I think he'll end up doing that. But if, if he hears this and he can tell me that I'm full of crap, I just know it, it, it gets to him. When I say, ah, eh, we're not going to do that anymore, he'll agree. But then he won't agree anymore. He'll be like, no, we better do it. Uh, Just League number 23, the Dreaming number nine that Reggie and Chris will do, uh, the Green Lantern number seven, which I look forward to that. you... I, we seem to be getting on the trolley a little. No, no, I was off last. But then issue. we were off again. That's what I'm saying. When me and you had that one issue, we were we issue were like, number five. You know, I was all about the planet of the vampires. Yeah, is what it was. They was the Draculas. These was and the Lestats. Yeah, and uh, young and the Nosferatu's. Young Justice number five, which uh, I think is going to drive you insane. Yeah, I heard something about this. Yeah, I think that you uh, might end up doing your best crazy Eddie impersonation because you're going to be insane no tax evasion tax evasion i believe uh but yeah that's it there's not a ton of books again uh we have talked about i expected way more even though you're going to have a better order no that's it dang yeah really i don't know yeah the zoo crew is next i guess Uh, that would be a lot of fun right now the triple x-men yeah, that would. Actually, the Zoo Captain Crew, Carrot, Zoo the Crew, Zoo Crew right now? would go very what? Throw it in the Wonder Comics. Do what it. the heck? Seriously. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would like that. That'd be cool. Reggie would love it. Reggie would demand that book. That's his jam. Fastback uh, but would be yeah. doing stuff around there. Probably do a Force Quest. I don't know. Probably a Force Quest there. You'll have, all of a sudden, you'll have uh, Captain Carrot. He'll say beep, beep, and end up running into a sewer and become the Joker. Yeah, back to suicide I, it'll for be me. Some, it'll be some nonsense. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's it, Eric. I, I am I am so giddily tired. And I think that people would think, uh, oh, Jim, why are you so tired? I think they would think uh, Jim is on drugs after hearing a so lot I of this. That's think. No, no. The, the, yeah, really. The, the reason uh, what's going on now, and it just dawned on me, Eric, is because Jimmy ain't on drugs. I forgot to take my medicine what is wrong with you? today. I, I can't keep a schedule with this stuff. I, I told you, I stopped taking it. Do you want me to start messaging like, you when you're time taking no, medicine? I need you to have one of those, you know, little cases with the Monday through Fridays so, or the like, Saturday it's, through Sunday. It's not enough that I message you to take it. Over I here. have to bring it. Well, I have yeah, to have it all made and give it to you. Over here. Put you it said to me something. the other day, you're like, yeah, really crush it up in my applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking puppy. Uh, I got worms. Stop feeding your uh, puppy applesauce. I, I said, uh, man, I keep forgetting it. And I come back to work and then I'm screwed. Like right now, it is now 1048 at night. I, I could take it now. And stay Why up would you all do it day. Now? I would, but I'm saying when I'm at work and I tell you, oh, I forget, I'm done. I have to wait until I get home and then I'm up, but I, I still want to take it because we got shit to do. I, I end up when I don't take it at the right time. This also leads me to take it for the wrong reasons later. I wonder. Like, I should just. Oh, uh, this skip is no it. longer medical. Now it's recreational. No, and it, it, it's not even that. It becomes work things for the podcast and, and the site. Jim, I don't but, know if you know but, this. By this that is point, recreational. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, so at this point, what else though, do you do for fun? <laughs> I, I wanted to. Yeah, that is true. I, I wanted to stop taking it because, but now that I've started, and I, I well, explained all. I got you. Oh, I ex- no, I explained all my problems that I had with it to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Well, would you mind? Like, would you? How about taking it at lunch?" And I thought, well. That's a good idea until I keep forgetting to take it at lunch. Today, I was at Rafe's football, 
And that lasted like three hours. By the time I got back, I ended up taking a nap. I woke up. We had to get ready. I completely forgot to take my med. Now I realize this is why I'm exhausted. I'm so exhausted right now because, and this is what ends up being the reason why I stopped taking the stupid medicine. Because now I realize it's like, no, it's like when you sit there and I tell you, uh, oh man, you know, I love the coffee. I drink 10 coffees a day. And then I'll have that one day that I don't drink coffee and I have a raging headache and i tell you this shows me how addicted i am to caffeine (laughs) fuck this nonsense i don't want to have a crutch like this i don't want to be held hostage by you know evil villain can you wrap this up i want to go have a smoke really (laughs) (laughs) good living over here boy (laughs) you fucking addicts yeah really yeah so i'm telling you they they really want me to take this medicine mainly because I, I can't really function without it, it seems, but yet I can't function with it. It's like having a it's second life. life. <laughs> it's like a wife. Yeah, it is. It is life. I, I remember the guy we work with, Sean, he went on a, a freaking tirade the one day about how people are, you know, ADHD. ADHD is just us being humans, man. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, pal. Uh, chief. But yeah, that's it. There you go. We we finished with a little bit of uh, philosophy of Jim. Uh, public service if, announcement. If you got them, take them. And take them when you're supposed to. Please. I, I got an email the other day from Manship. Actually, I think it was today. Did, was like, it take yeah. your medicine? No, no. You this got is him Manship. on this too? No, Manship is, is a bad influence. Oh. Manship says to me, hey, I just got back from work and I want to read all these comics. So I'm taking a double dose of the Adderalls. All right, man, Chip, whatever. He's taking medicine for the wrong reason. He's like, I got to take – what? Disc golf? Wait a minute. I got to pop one of these blue Bettys. That's what he said. (laughs) What? Daddy's little helpers. Yeah, you want want to go to the movies? Uh Uh-oh. Looks like it's time for a yellow jacket. (laughs) What? What? Yeah, I'm supposed to watch my kids? (laughs) Looks like it's time for the – Let me have a hit of this crack pipe. Looks like it's time for the red apples. All right. Yeah. And then, then he's like, what? He, what? Is he eating fruit now? What's a red apple? I'm screaming right now and people are sleeping. They're going to be so mad at me. What? What's that? Y- you want to go out to dinner, baby? All right. Pass the meth. I, I love it too. <laughs> the whole idea. You're screaming right now. All throughout different podcasts, you're like, God damn, Logan. He keeps screaming. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm like, it's because you're always screaming when he's trying to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He's waiting for me. We're going to watch uh, Spider-Verse again. No, this is what happened last night. We got in this little argument and I said, listen, you know, I I always yell because he got mad again because I'm like, Logan, you have to be quiet. But I told him legitimately when when I'm done the podcast. you get off, little man? Yeah, really. (laughs) He's vaping. (laughs) Fuck off, daddy. I love you, daddy. I love you, daddy. I, I told him, though, when I go downstairs, like I could sit here and go. You fucking assholes, you shut the fuck up. But the minute we're done, I'm I'm no longer upset. It's just while we're recording, I just want the recording to sound okay while daddy fumbles through his words. Daddy. But when we're done, I don't go down and like, you fucking asshole. You I forget no, you about it completely. The talking. I got it you. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, no, because I've, I've knocked him out. He can't hear me. No, and I, I said that. And he's like, yeah, but the worst is when you're up there singing your fucking songs. And I'm like, really? 
You, you don't to, like what does I... Does he ask who sings that? No, he doesn't, but he said it. And, and this is the thing. Everybody's like, oh, you know, when when's the next solid gold hit coming from you, Jim? And I <laughs> say... Logan lets me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know because I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do them anymore because that's the trigger. And then he ends up complaining. And then, I, then I'm told just because I did a parody of some Beatles song... You know, to to throw shade at Tom King. Next, I, I'm told that means I don't love my family. <laughs> and I said, no, usually when I tell you I don't love you is what that means. I'm the Beatles songs about just, this. What are you, you know, talking about? Yeah, really, I'm not beating around the bush. Like, you were I'm doing this. Play games, you guys. were doing this song based on Let It Bleed called Logan Will Bleed. <laughs> you're up there singing the song i think it's to get back but it's it's get out is what you're singing i'm like that's right get out get out i wish i never got married there you go that's the thing i know i know really but that's it that's that's, that's it. the end that's it. What, what do we say at the end, Eric? What, what do we say at the very, very tippy top end of the podcast? <laughs> at the tippy end. The tippy end of the All podcast. All right, everybody. Don't forget. Have a great week. Keep it Little weird. Little nipper. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!